What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Look, I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to say, Bloke Shorts, 6 p.m. Wednesday. Grab a case of Bloke in a Bar from your local. And as usual, let's get straight into it, baby! Just a Bloke in a Bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by the smoothest, crispest lager in all the land. But before we get to it, Bloke Shorts dropping. This Wednesday, 6 p.m., we got black, brown, and grey, $39.95. Get to the website, bloke.shop. That's 6 p.m. Wednesday. So limited supply, guys. Heaps of people missed out last time. They sold out in five minutes. We've doubled the amount that we ordered this time so that more people can get it. But that may not uh, – that doesn't guarantee that you'll get it. So make sure to be there, 6 p.m. Wednesday. Set your alarms uh, because I'm a sh- I think people – these will drop and uh, they'll go pretty quickly. So be there at 6 p.m. But I've got the great – Kanguru here. How you going, brother? Going well, mate. Round four, done and dusted. Saw a few more points this week, which is exciting. Very interesting. What about yourself, Shandor? What have you been doing, bro? <laughs> you have a week off the gym. Does it look like it? I, I, Come on, mate. Oh, I don't want to have a crack here. I'm, I'm wearing just... these. I've actually, my shirts are getting big. I'm wearing these oversized shirts. Is that a medium? To to take the heat off. Is that a medium? <laughs> I think it's a three. Is that itself. a slim fit medium you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've been good, brother. We've, um, the old, speaking of vintage, the old vintage mode just dropped another NFT. So back in that space, back Boom. in that game. Yeah, a bit of a club membership. So yep. that's pretty cool. And then uh, Airlock is on tour. So we're hitting the Sydney studios, getting in there this week, getting around the community mm. and uh, doing a little bit of a member drive. So it's good times. Nice. So if you want to sign up to Airlocker, yes. what do you do? So uh, especially for Sydney, we have two studios, one in Bondi Junction and one in Penrith. So mm. Western Sydney and the East. Yep. So if you're keen, head to the website, get a free trial or a seven day pass, get in there and just experience it. Altitude. Mm. I know you're going to love it. It's something different, not yep. something to be feared, but um, yeah, just get in there, try it out, experience it, and yep. hopefully I can get to catch some uh, new members and new people in the community over yeah. the next couple of weeks. And so, like, training in altitude, does anyone else do that, or is it mainly just air locker? They don't. There's there's a couple of little site locations, but really it's been exclusive only to the elite athlete, high-performance environments. So now yep. this is the first time it's been available commercially to everyone. So mm. look, Altitude has a heap of benefits. There's a lot of good reasons why it's it's you know it's good for me or it's good for someone on the other end of the spectrum. But the best thing is it's just a great program, a great So when workout. you say other end of the spectrum, yes. are you saying you're at the top of the spectrum? <laughs> Is that no, what you're saying? I said other end. Okay. So I'm on one end. Would that no, would be relative? Would that be relative to being at the top? Uh, well, <laughs> Is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> Look, that's it's your it's up to your perception of it. <laughs> I think it's horizontal. Okay, so it's just okay. one oh, on the left, okay, one yeah, on the right. Yeah. You know? It's all about everyone's just equal. Yeah, that's no it. one looks any that's better it. than anyone else. Altitude is for everyone. You don't look any better than me. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. that. <laughs> I mean, you're not going that far. You're no, not going no. that far. Um, now, 12 stores in Spotlight. Lismore Celebrations, Burke Sellers, Throsby Sellers, Wickham, uh, Panania Sellers, Coogee Bay Hotel. Where's the Coogee Bay Hotel? Oh, How yes. good. I didn't even know that. I was in Coogee yesterday. I remember seeing you there actually when I was I was young as maybe 17, 18. Yeah. You were there at the bar with Hodjo and that. I was like, oh, oh wow. It was, that was I crazy. I just remember had that. a little flashback of <laughs> you, know what's, you, you and me. The Coogee, that, was, that was a classic spot back in the mate, day, the Coogee you know Bay. You weird about like when you used to come down to Sydney from like when you're playing with the Broncos, I had no bearing of where anything was. So like I would go to a place that was popular. I didn't know what it was called. You know what I mean? I yeah, did, like, yeah, because so, you're not from there. Yeah, so I was just like, this is just a bar to me. So I wouldn't even remember that we went to Coogee. 
but obviously we went to Coogee. he seemed like, I remember just thinking like, oh, you were like Jack, tight shirts. So yeah, tight shirt, obviously, yeah. obviously. Selena's used to be but... a who's who of rugby league. Selena's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in there. And... You can guarantee yourself a footballer yeah. back in the day. Now they all pretty much get uh, barred from entry, pretty much, <laughs> as footy players. Uh, but Coogee Bay Hotel, great place, great on a Sunday, Arvo, beautiful weather. Uh, Blacksland Cellars, Blacksland Cellars, been with us from the start. Aussie World Celebration Superstore, Saltwater Creek, Helensvale. White Lion Hotel, Maryborough, N17 Burger Company in Port Douglas. It is on tap. Mm. Celebrations, Baringa, Sunshine Coast, Eaton's Hill Liquor Barn. Baringa, that's just uh, that's where my older brother lives. Lives around that area. So get in there, Baringa, Sunshine Coast, and Eaton's Hill Liquor Barn. But major topics coming out of the weekend. Uh, first of all, quickly, we'll go over it. Cambosis has announced he'll Oof. fight Devin Haney. Uh, I think it's the June 3rd, uh, April 30th, around that... I forgot the date. I think it's around the 30th, but uh, you're obviously, you're a boxing fan. Yes. Thoughts on this news? Mate, I'm stoked. I think it's great to have a big fight in Australia. We've got a couple of people doing some good things, but Cambosis is the big ticket for us. Devin Haney is a quality fighter, confident. Um, mate, I'm just excited. Fifth I definitely want to try Fifth and get June. to this. Fifth yeah, I was going to say, yeah. April seems... Yeah, <laughs> April I was like, that's pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> it's on tomorrow night, boys. It's on tomorrow night. Um, but it's going to be a cracker fight, like... What Cambosis did is unreal, but Haney ain't coming over here to lose. So oh, I'm absolutely. Excited, it's uh, going to be massive. General public tickets are on sale fit, uh, Friday 22nd Marvel. of April. Mm. So the 22nd of April, that's when um, the tickets go on sale. Pre-register register to get early access at tegsport.com.au. That's not an ad or anything. He didn't pay me for anything. That's just, hey, an Aussie boxer doing something that has never been done before. Crazy. I don't think there's ever been an, a, like an Aussie boxer that was you know brought up here, came through our ranks that... If he wins this fight, he is the undisputed champ. And that is extremely rare mm. in any boxing weight category. Usually the belts are all over the place. To get every single belt. It's insane. Um, it's at Marvel Stadium. I'm definitely going to try to get down there. Same, and yeah. Look, I, I'm really backing Ken Bosis for this. I, I know Haney, he's very skillful. Mm. He's very dangerous in the first few rounds. His last two fights, around 8, 9 and 10, he's really struggled. Mm. Uh, not really struggled, but that, when he's when he... Uh, is unable to use his speed and his uh, reach. He, he does seem to struggle, and uh, I think Cambosis will take advantage of that. Uh, I think that technically Cambosis is a much better fighter than the last two people that uh, Haney has fought. The last guy that Haney fought, he was fighting upperweight division. He was more of a, a brawler. I think his last name was Lopez or Diaz. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, Cambosis, I think he's going to be too skillful. It's, it'll be the biggest boxing night we've had since Pacquiao. Yeah. Um, I just Horn. don't want this run to end. Like, if he beats Haney, then it's like, who's next? Lomachenko's coming yep. to Australia? Like, yep. I just don't want it to if, end. If, so. he, if he beats Haney, I want him to fight uh, the the Instagram boxer guy. Oh, yes. Um, oh, my God. He's really fast. Ryan, really really quick. Ryan Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. No. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, Ryan someone. Yes. Garcia. Ryan Garcia. Garcia. That's it. Uh, I hope he fights him because he'll towel him up for one, but it's a huge payday. It's huge So get payday. your payday and then wow. do whatever you want after yeah. that. Uh, but I think I think he's got what it takes to beat yeah, Haney. I, I think if I had to predict right now, Haney outpoints out him for the first round or two, mm. but then eventually when the, when the going gets tough, I think Cambosis puts him away. I just don't think Haney has enough power. If, if Lopez can't put Cambosis away, mm. I, unless uh, Haney outboxes him for like eight rounds and fatigues him and then puts him away. So, and I don't More see that fatigue. happening. Yeah, I, like the only way I see Haney putting him away is via volume, mm. not one punch, just bomb out. Mm. Or like it could be one punch, boom out, but that's at like round eight and he's just had his head boxed off the whole mm. time. Whereas Lopez can just switch your lights out 
like that. And I just I just don't think Cambosis with his counter punching and his volume and speed and pace of the fight, that's where I think he he has the little bit of an edge. So fuck, it's going to be a big fight. Oh mate, I'll so definitely be trying to get down to there. there. I actually I put a post up yesterday and it's um, basically Devin Haney going. Um, and I just want to make one thing, thing clear. I'm not a kid. He keeps calling me a yeah, kid. Yeah. And so I just <laughs> put that, that up in my story. Like, uh, Cambosis already starting the mind games. And then Cambosis was like, um, he's like, the kid's rattled. The kid's rattled. <laughs> and so he's very aware yes. of, like, what he's doing. Uh, I love that. And the mind games from Cambosis, very underrated. Uh, one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard in boxing is when he said to Lopez, these belts are your curse. And you could see, because like Lopez's personal life had fallen apart, you know, he'd broken up with the missus, everything, you know, he had new trainers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, get behind our boy Cambosis. 20 yes. seconds is when they go on sale, but let's get boy. to the rugby league news. Uh, huge news coming out of Brisbane. The ambush has been delayed. Um, now, I believe that this is my fault. This is, this is all my fault. Uh, don't blame the boys. Don't blame the club. I didn't relay to you that we'd had, you know, because obviously an ambush is army, we've, we'd had a changing of assignments. So the ambush right. may come, but at the moment, we're actually standing at the door of eight and you've got to beat us to get in there. That's what our duty is for this year. We'll stand at the door of the, the eight. We're the gatekeeper. Mm. And then next year we ambush you. So apologies for the breakdown in communications. Uh, there's been a changing of assignment, but the ambush, it will come eventually. Uh, in serious news, uh, <laughs> Payne Haas and Albert Kelly have allegedly been caught in a bit of a brouhaha on film. Mm. Now, very interesting timing of this video, and I'll get into that in a second. But first of all, uh, we'll just talk about this quickly because it has to be talked about because it is big news and it's all allegedly, you know, the Broncos have referred it to the NRL, so you would assume that it is those two players. Uh, interesting thing from the video is that uh, uh, Kelly is not in a moon boot. And he was injured. So this seems like an older video from a while back. It's probably more than likely. More than likely, yep. especially if it come out like this. Yep. What are your thoughts when you see that? He's brave Albert Kelly, isn't he? Yeah. Bloody <laughs> oath, Yes. A bit of liquid courage will yeah. do it. Wow. Far out. Um, yeah, not a great look. Obviously, two of your leaders. Payne Haas, definitely a leader. And Albert Kelly wears the six. Yeah. You know, he's a leader on field too. So... Not a great look. I think, as you'll talk about, timing is very interesting on this mm, one, though. Very fucking interesting. What are your thoughts, Shandor? Yeah, like you said, it's it's all alleged at this point, but it's disappointing. I think I think potentially it is something that happened a little while ago, mm. and yeah, just to, just to back up you guys, yeah. timing is always it's always a big factor in rugby league, isn't it? So. It's uh, well, it's it's and again, this doesn't absolutely doesn't excuse it. Both players. Poor form, representing the club extremely poorly, mm. representing themselves poorly, mm. and representing you know their families poorly. It's it's really that simple. Publicly, you just can't be getting in those situations these days. Like, no, there's look, just no way. It's just whatever the situation was, you, how you shouldn't you just walk away yeah, you from have to. whatever the blarp is. I mean, it's one thing you're on the drinks on a mad Monday and you're in a closed Kind-kind environment, doors, yep. and as something happens, yes, it's not the best. You know, you don't want them to happen, but these things happen at drink ups between men. People carry on. But this in a public place, acting like that, very disappointing, regardless of who's at fault. Like, I'm sure there's one bloke here that says, I didn't really do anything. I was trying to defuse the situation. Everything's just got to, you just got to walk away. Uh, I do find it really interesting that during contract negotiations, a very old video drops. Very weird, mm. very weird. Mm. Uh, thoughts on that conspiracy theory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to push back on, isn't it? I very mean, weird. Yeah, very weird timing. Um, and we all, we, there's, it's not it's, like it's a one-off in rugby league. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. It happens all the time. Yeah, so yeah. It's, in these important moments, something drops. Yeah, mm. and it, I mean, 
dare I say, if the Broncos are four and zero at the moment, I bet you don't see this video. Absolutely, mm. and that, that's where I want to, I guess. Don't again to be really clear. This is a bad look. It's not on these are adults. They need to handle themselves way better than this. Uh, but as you said, if they're four and zero, just like last week um, with the Tiger situation, and yep. it, this is. This is the tiger situation was nothing. This is actually something. Yeah, so agreed. please do not say that I'm. The, but if the, if they're four and zero, this doesn't get put out. Yeah, there's and, no way. Yeah, as you said, Albie doesn't have the boot on the leg, so you would have to assume it's not from this weekend. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, this is the reality of when teams are struggling. The media will come after you like yep. this. It's uh, yeah, it's and and tough. and this is not the media's fault. Like this is yep. this is purely one hundred percent Albert Kelly and Paynas's fault. Uh, so. It's just really disappointing, and I think that the, the disappointing thing is, you know, Pay now, he's had a few issues, and I just think if he wants to be one of the greats, this is where he's... Look, we, we, we were all young and we didn't do this, so the, the young excuse, you could use it to a degree, but in my opinion, it's not an excuse. You know, one stuff up, one time, you know, it could be a thing, but then it happening again... It's, it's tough because he's playing such good footy. So what do you say to a young man like that? You, do you say, mate, your footy's not going well because your off-field's not going... You mm. know, you can't say anything. His mm. footy's killing it. And but those just, type of players, you, can, you don't want to curb their aggression in any area of their life. Yeah. But at the same time, like, he's a genuine leader at that club. Yeah. And at some point, the penny needs to drop and he needs to take on that leadership role. Mm. Yeah. I also think just, just this, the, the optics of it as well, that he's, you know, your 120-kilo front rower. Going with Albert Kelly. Yeah. Like, I think if it was two front rowers going at each other, people look at it a little bit differently mm. too. But it's just, it's not a good look. Yeah. It, oh, it's a, it's a poor look. And, and you know what, Albert Kelly, you know, you're a mature man, bro. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not a teenager. Uh, it's yeah, just, sorry, that, that's not me putting blame no, on Payne Haas, but it's just the optics the of optics the situation. Of it. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. And I, I'm just looking at it more of the perspective of this is a young man, young, you know, one young man and a man making an error. But in Payne Hass's situation, like, you can be one of the greats, bro. Yes. Don't allow this to derail what you could do in your life because the, the saddest uh, result in Payne's life would be if he doesn't become one of the greats because he should be one of the greats. That's how good he is of a player. Um, so I'm, I'm of the mind of very poor look, big mis- definitely a mistake, shouldn't have happened. But, like, let's not make out like this is the end of the world kind of stuff. Like, this is two blokes pushing and shoving each other. Got a bit of a stink. They'll be fined. They'll be sanctioned. Um, I, I just hope people aren't making out like they've, you know what I mean? Like going out and king hit someone. No. Made the it role, out the, role made a, the role model chat is a fair conversation. Absolutely. But outside of that, it's it's a it's two teammates publicly. Unfortunately, yeah. if that had happened behind closed doors, completely different story. But you know, two lads, things happen. Mm. I'm sure they would have sorted it out. I'm sure they would have. You know, dealt with it, and then as you said, they're going to be they're going to be fine. They're going to be punished. So let's let's move on. Let's not make a big deal out of it. Mm. And let's not combine that with how they're going on the football field and try and mix the two together. Yeah, for sure. And and I hope that Payne and Albert um, use this as a real growing yeah. experience. A uh, because you know the last situation that happened, you could say there was a grey area of. Payne had loyalties to his family and rah rah rah. rah. This is no grey area in this. Like this is a stuff up. This shouldn't have happened. And if you want to be the leader at a club, especially one as glamorous as the Broncos, you just can't afford to be doing stuff like this. So hopefully he learns from it. Um, you know, do you think there'll be much of a fallout from this or do you think it's a I was about to say to you, obviously Albert Kelly, he's out for the next four weeks anyway. 
Well, sort of a punish, like if the Broncos are going to punish Payne Haas and maybe give him a few weeks off, like they probably can't afford to, to be perfectly mm. honest with you. It'll be, it'll be, it's a good little test of character for Brisbane, I guess, depending on you know, how the situation plays yeah, out. But well, I think the Broncos need to ask themselves, you know, are we, have we stooped so low that we're not going to discipline a player the way we should discipline them? Is that where we are with our standards? Um, it would be extremely disappointing if, if they didn't discipline him in some regard. Now, how much that is, you, we can debate that, but he definitely should be disciplined for this. You it's know. a tough week to take out your best front rower, though. You've got Flegler, who looks like he's going to miss but game. This, this, is, this is where I feel like a lot of get, and I'm not saying that you, you think this, a lot of clubs get caught up in the short-term mm. wins. Broncos, no matter what we say, are not winning a premiership this year. Nah. We're not winning a premiership this year. I'm sacrificing my win-loss record for a cultural hit, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the right decision. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it'll yeah. be interesting yeah. to see if they it's do it or not. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I just and thought I'd point out that the Broncos' next two opponents are Roosters and Panthers. Mm. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think that's good because it's, it's an even stronger message then. You know, we're trying to build this young team to be premiership winners. If we, we, we just band-aid over stuff like this and it go... It is a great opportunity, you're right. Great opportunity to go, it doesn't matter, you could be one of the greatest forwards of all time. If you stuff up, we need to show that, we need you to learn from it. We, you know, treat it as a pain learning mo uh, moment as well. Uh, and that's all very easy to say because we don't have our jobs on the line if we lose matches. You know, yeah. for example, Kevy Walters, you would have to say that if he continues to lose like the way we have been losing, regardless of how much of a club legend he is or how right or wrong, the pressure will mount. Yeah, so we're making the decision from a completely um, – we're not vulnerable in this situation. We lose nothing by saying, mm. you know, you should do this. Whereas there are people there that have their livelihoods, their contracts, rely on getting wins, and Payne Hass is the guy to do it. So disappointing, but how many times have we seen young – absolute stars make poor decisions where they're younger and then turn out to be great role models you know uh, uh, a perfect example like Sonny Bill when he first started and the reason why I use Sonny Bill is because I think they know each other and, and I would put them in the same category of superstar mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that's the only reason why I'm comparing the two because when Sonny Bill came through obviously we could all see like this guy is his own level and Freak. same with Payne Haas Sonny Bill had his issues when he started everyone and look at look at the man that he's turned into and so Payne Haas I think he could do the same. It's just a matter of does he take the advice from a guy like Sonny Bill? Um, thoughts? Yeah, I think the other thing with Payne, without excusing him, I mean, fuck, he's had a lot go on in his life the last few years. Mm. Like being the face of this club that has really struggled. Um, obviously, the family stuff that's happened too. So without excusing it, but like it's been a lot on the shoulders mm. of a young. I think we forget how young he is. Absolutely, he's doing so things good. that we've never seen a front rower do before. Yep. So I do have a bit of sympathy on that front, but. Unfortunately, his reality is that he's the faith of, you know, one of the biggest brands in Australian sport. Mm. So whether he's ready or not, he kind of has to be ready to be that mature yeah. head. Mm. And we've said this before, but, you know, you always judge a reaction. So hopefully this does, as you said, create a spark for some development. But regardless of what's going on, maybe he just acknowledges this is where I'm at. Like, mm. I am a leader at this club and I just need to take that on. At all costs, you need to avoid these situations. Mm. I know it's tough, but that's, that's just where you're at. Yeah, and, you know, the reality is this is a 19, 20-year-old bloke. Like, it's, it's very young. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. It's People quickly you, forget that context. Yeah. Oh, man, when I was that young, like... Yeah. I, Ask anyone things. who's listening, remove yourself from the football world and think, shit, what was I doing? Yeah, you when I was 920. <laughs> yeah. And as you, as you said, Guru, that's not excusing it. That's just yep. putting this situation into context. Mm. 
Uh, and so hopefully he bounces back from it. I think pain will bounce. I think it's a, it'll be a, a good learning curve. And you just have to look at guys like Sonny and the incredible men that he's turned into. Um, and he had some troubles. Now, he obviously you know, didn't have a fight or anything like that. But I'm just saying that people often forget because Sonny is such a great role model right now and the, the incredible things he does for different communities that he had to learn and grow yeah, himself. Yeah, he was young once so too. We, yeah, we all, we all learn and grow. So hopefully Payne, can, uh, Payne and Albert as well can uh, bounce back from this. Now, uh, forward pass technology. Forward <laughs> pass technology. Now, I thought this was more just like a bit of media reporting and now Albo, uh, Peter Abdo has come out and basically said that they're looking into it. Kangaroo, thoughts? Love it in theory. As we always say, execution is everything. <laughs> It is the biggest speed bump in rugby league mm. consistently. Um, it really is. I mean, like if you would have said 20 years ago, to help out with decisions, we're going to have guys sitting in a room watching replays. They'll never get it wrong. Mm. How often we still shit the bed every single game somehow. I just, <clears throat> yeah, I worry about the execution of this and that it could cause more troubles. than mm. yeah. And if you're a, a hooker in rugby league... How many forward passes out of dummy half don't get called oh, man. every week? Teams trying to get over the advantage line constantly. But I'm kind of okay with that. Like, it's part yeah. of footy. Yeah. Like, these little things are going to happen. Yeah, especially in that circumstance. Like, you're pushing the boundaries on the advantage line. Mm. You're not throwing a pass for a try. Yeah. Uh, like, people would want the game to be black and white, but it's always going to have grey areas. Yeah. There's always That's what makes our game so good is that there are so many grey areas yeah. too. Like, anyone can beat anyone on any day. And mm. I mean, yeah. I always think, though, that the game was unreal for a hundred odd years before mm. we brought in a heap of technology. Now we're putting fucking chips in the ball to see if they float a yard or a few centimetres forward. It's just, I don't know, it just experience and from what I've seen in rugby league just tells me that this might be a little bit above mm. our heads to be able to nail it. But Well, if they put it in and it like doesn't disrupt the flow of the game at all, then you would say, great, awesome. Yes. But we know what's yeah. going to happen here. We know what's going to happen. Like... There's going to be a pass that no one thought was forward, that technically was forward, stops the game. And the last thing we need is more reasons to give penalties. We watched on the weekend, uh, we won't go too hard into it, but I thought the refereeing was pretty poor overall on the weekend. And, you know, yes, I know the Broncos got a few tough calls, but, you know, I think even the Cowboys got a few tough calls. Um, You know, even the Storm, I think, got a few tough calls. Uh, But anyway, neither here nor there. The last thing we need is more reasons to slow the game down. Is, is anyone really sitting here saying that forward passes are a huge issue in the game? Is anyone really saying that? No. I don't, I don't think it's on the top of the priority list as problems in the game, for sure. It would, like, I'm kind of like, it would be nice to have a definitive answer yeah. when those, when the crucial opportunity is like, was it forward, was it not? Or it blatantly wasn't. Yeah. I'd love to see it corrected, but at the cost of what? Disruption yeah. to the game? Like, how's that going to work? I get the technology and, I, like, that's cool, but... The actual execution, like you guys said, on the field, yep. communication with refs, like, fuck, that's scary. And like, I, you know, it's easy for me to say because I don't have a team, but to me, it's not like forward passes to side games all the time. And I know fans are saying, oh, yeah, but what about round 17 last year when this happened? It's like, fuck, it. if one forward pass call from a referee decided that game, mm. I'm sorry, you didn't do enough to win it. Mm. And, but, al- and also, like, let's say on the one occasion in all season, it truly did dictate the result of the game. Is that worth changing the entirety of our game no, and the flow of it because of one match that you'll probably get back later in the season with mm. a call that goes your way? Uh, look, if they can do it perfectly, love it, love it. If we can, you know, tries that get called for that aren't, then that's awesome. But I just am concerned about the execution. It's one of those things that 
because we've been on social media, you can see where the problem's going to arise. Yeah. How quickly are we going to get messages saying, yeah, but it was backwards out of the hand. Yeah. And that, that all of a sudden that whole narrative's going to be dead. It's just, yeah, it's, 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 how, we, it's how we put it into the game that worries me. I want to know the technology that can feel that it's back well, is that if what's it goes happening? Forward. Is the chip just giving you a definitive like trajectory of the ball well, and creating I, like a line? I'd assume it's it's so accurate that it can literally track the ball millimeters, mm. so it could feel that it's gone like that and then gone forward. Have you, do you, have, yeah, the article said that it didn't go into like the you know specific like the scientific specifics, but it did say it would be able to judge whether it comes backwards out of the head. Are we challenging forward passes now because we have the tech at our disposal? Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, far out. I yeah. thought we were going down a path where we were less penalties, less disruptions. Yeah. Less, I don't know. We're slowly teetering back. Bunkers having a huge play. Like, I don't know. I don't know that'll be interesting. You, surely, if you've got the tech, you've you got to be able to challenge it. Well, that's, yeah. And I mean, every try that's scored, but, you know, they, they, they have a look at it all. Are they testing every line pass to see if any of them were forward as yeah. well? Like, it's... it's I just think I it's know. an extra... No, I don't think there's really... The bulk of fans aren't sitting there going, man, forward passes are real issues. Need a real issue. yeah. Whereas when we brought the six, in, six again rule in, there was a overwhelming majority of people going, the wrestle sucks, get rid of it. Whereas I, there's not people going, oh man, forward passes are killing the game. the game, yeah. But what can kill the game is having way too many... I just sometimes feel like we're looking for reasons to stop the game. Mm. Like even sometimes like in tries, we're looking for reasons not to give the try sometimes. Uh, and so I just think the game is in a great spot right now. It's in a great spot. We've got lower tier teams beating top tier teams. Uh, you know, the, the game's is the closest start we've ever had. Let's just take our hands off for a second. Let it unfold over a couple of years. Um, so yeah, gonna be interesting. But leading into that, so Vlandis has come out and said, we are noticing that the wrestle is working its way back into the game. The commission has previously given an edict to eradicate the wrestle and make sure players aren't slowing down the ruck, but it's sneaking back in. We also feel it's important to have the fatigue factor in the game so that we see the likes of James Tedesco, Tom Dravojevic and Caelan Ponga. We'll address those issues at the meeting. I, does anyone think that Tedesco and Tom Dravojevic aren't in the game enough? This is classic outthinking the room. Like, it's, it's good. Mm. The game's good. Like it's good right now. And also, did we not learn from the six again rule by when we when we took it too far? Took it way too far. Took it way too far. And then all of a sudden, we're back again, and we're trying to tinker with it again. Like it's like, I think we're in. It's everything has been brought back into a, a competitive landscape outside of this weekend. There was a, one, there was two blasts. That's it, and that was bought from Melbourne Storm against the the, the Spoon winners. So that should have happened. Uh, and then you got Dragons against a Premiership threat. And then Warriors versus Broncos. You know what I mean? Like against three of the lower tier teams. Mm. So it wasn't like, you know, Storm blew out uh, the Eels or Storm blew out the Penrith Panthers. But like also you actually look at that, like you look at the scoreboard yesterday, you look at that actual game, Melbourne scored about four tries off turnovers yeah. from their own end. Like mm. I, I don't know, I, I, you know, we spoke about the numbers last week. It's the closest competition we've had in 20, 30 years. I can't believe this is being said a week later. I love that first line. We are noticing that the wrestle. Who's noticing? Yeah. Yeah. And how are you noticing it? <laughs> like, what are the stats and the data? Are you reading Twitter and nothing else? Like what? And what like, do you mean? Even if you've got the data of like the play the ball is a little bit slower. It's like look at the broader picture though. The broader picture is the closest start to an NRL season. That's the stats. That that's in my opinion. That's really is it exciting? Are there tries being scored? Yes. 
is Tom Dravojevic and James Tedesco getting their hands on the ball heaps? Yes, more than ever before. And also, it's the closest start to a season. So, I just think, let's leave the game alone. I think we're at a bit of a middle ground. What happened with that six again was off its head, completely changed the game. And what was happening before was, yes, you could get a genuine advantage with wrestle. I'm seeing a good mix now. Mm. I'm seeing some some players have the opportunity to wrestle with their way through a slow play the ball. But I'm seeing heaps of guys find their front, shackle off players, get quick play the balls. Again, back to your point about the forward pass. Are we sitting here going... Mate, wrestling's a problem. Let's mm. fix it. We're not. So We've had, why bring up these controversial topics when the fans aren't even talking about it? Yeah. What are you being reactive about? Because then it also plants a seed in the yeah, fans' head exactly. this weekend to start blowing up about something that's non-existent. Non-existent. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Vlandis has done so many great things for the game, so I guess we've just got to trust his judgment. Mm. Uh, but in my opinion, with the information I have now, I just think let's just leave it alone. We have to remember as well, it's the closest start to a year we've ever had. I think we've had 22 sin bins compared to six sin bins, I think, at the start of last year. Like, that is a huge change to the game. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, as fans, we're copying it. We're like, you know, some, a lot of the sin bins I don't agree with, mm. but we're copying it, we're enjoying it. So, like, it's kind of like far out. Not only are you – you are tinkering with the game with the sin bins and we're, we're allowing it, but it's, I don't know, sometimes I just think That's that – That's also 220 minutes of football where – your wrestle becomes more important than it ever has. Ever has. Wrestle's a part of the game. It'll yeah. never go away. It'll never go away. If it's a contact sport, unless you want it to be like, you know, it's just it just won't go away because there'll always be ways to tangle yourself up where it looks like the refs are never going to know the deep intricacies of like actually wrestling in a tackle unless they play the game full-time themselves. I mean, as you know, like I was, I was there part of the wrestle when it came in. Mm. But the level that they've reached now is like half the boys would be, I don't know, some kind of belt in, in jiu-jitsu. Like that's how good they are wrestling. Well, every team has a jiu-jitsu wrestle coach. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know I mean? yeah, I, I don't Hero, know. I expect some stats next week on this one. Yeah, brace yourself. Some serious data. Some serious go, data. Go like mind coaching. Drown yeah. us in data. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so look, again, I, I guess we've just got to give, uh, we've, we absolutely have to give Lanny's the benefit of the doubt. He's done some fantastic things. And maybe he's seeing things that we're not seeing and he's got access to information that we don't have. But just from the eye test of watching the game, I think it's in such a good spot right now. And this is coming from a guy that's team is at the bottom of the table pretty much. So it's not like my team's winning. So I'm like, yeah, I love the game. Anyway, uh, we've got a deep dive. Well, we've got a stats here. Yeah, uh, so the first month of the NRL season done and dusted, four games down. Um, I thought I'd just go and have a look at the last 20 teams that won premierships mm. and how they started that their premiership winning season. And then also grand finalists as well, which is really interesting. Penrith, they're the only undefeated team, 4-0. and Of the last 20 premiership winners, only 20% of them started 4-0. and Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, of wow. the last twenty grand finalists, only twelve point five percent of them started four and zero. Wow. So not as many as you would assume. When you look a little bit closer over the last ten years for the Panthers, um, twelve teams in the last ten years have started four and zero. Three of them have won the comp. Uh, none of them have lost a grand final in the last ten years, and six out of twelve, so fifty percent of them in the last ten years have gone on to make the prelim final. Mm. So Penrith. I would argue I think they're one of the better 4-0 and sides that we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, And it's going to sound like I'm ruling Penrith out based on these stats. I'm not. But the numbers do indicate that you're more likely to get a Premier's or a Grand Finalist out of your lesser records, which is pretty crazy. 3-1. Mm. and one, The current teams that are sitting at 3-1, and one, Storm, Parramatta, Cronulla. 
Same as the 4-0 teams, of the last 20 premiership winning sides, 20% of them have started with a record of 3-1. Wow. That's where it gets interesting, though. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> I love that. Grand finalist. Say, say that you've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Grand finalist from the last 20 years, 42.5% of them start with a 3-1 record. Oh, wow. that's okay. a better. That's, that's, that's got me interested. Crazy. Yeah. So you think about... 42% of teams that have gone on to play in a grand final started with a record of 3-1, whereas 12.5% of teams that started with a record of 4-0 have gone on to play in a grand final. That's interesting. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, teams that are 2-2, two and two, this is something I've noticed. <laughs> um, Roosters, Cowboys, Warriors, Knights, Gold Coast, Manly, Brisbane and the Raiders. This is the group that the most premiers have actually come out of in the last 20 years. Wow. So 40% True. of the last 20 premiership winners have started with a record of two and two. Wow. Crazy. So it's more than double. Yeah. It's more than it, it's teams that started three and one and four and oh combined together, got the same amount of premiers as teams that started two and two. Wow. Um, also from that two and two record of the last 20 teams to feature in a grand final, 32% of those teams started with a two and two record. Then you get down to the one and three, which is also wild. One and three, there's been four teams that have won premierships. So it's also 20%. It's exactly the same as four and zero. Wow. So the same amount of teams have won premierships that started four and zero is the same amount of teams that have won premierships that started one and three. Um, we had Manly in 07. They lost a grand final when they started four and zero. Yep. And the Warriors in 11, they lost a grand final when they started one and three. So the numbers wow. for 4-0 and, and one and three over the last 20 years are exactly the same. Far out. So it's all about runs. It's all yeah. just about runs. Yes. So it tells us that the teams three and one and two and two, if you've got one of those records over the last 20 years, it's like a 75% chance of mm. you featuring wow. in a grand final. I'm not wanting is... to go undefeated for the season. Yeah. I, yeah, I said this was uh, Panthers... Uh, Went the year, so after the year they had where they went essentially undefeated, I actually said the year that they won the comp, you would rather, I would rather Penrith hang around like fourth or fifth. They obviously went a bit better than that. Lose some games, win some games, because it just it's better for the run yes. into the final. Look at Storm last year. Tell me you weren't thinking... Guarantee this, win. Oh, but it's... but. I just knew that run, and then you come into the finals. I was like, "This is too much." Yeah. Not only is the pressure so much on you, yeah. but it was like you've just got yeah. like you just need a bit of adversity there mm. coming into the finals. So but if you looked at like stuff outside of, you're right. I thought the same thing. Like it's mm. got to have to stop eventually. Kind of like the Penrith Panthers one. Uh, but if you looked at how they were playing, you were like, "These guys will." There's no one that can beat them. Mm. Like they're so much better. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, the Penrith Panthers, when they won, they pretty much did that. They dropped a few games here or there, timed their run perfect to perfection, were literally just frothing at the mouth when it comes to defence for the grand final. They get the job done. And if, you know, if history does sort of repeat this year and based on the last 20 years, it tells us that the likely premiers will be one of the Roosters, the Cowboys, the Knights, the Warriors, the Gold Coast, the Seagulls, hey. the Broncos or the Raiders. What? Well, Roosters are the... Based on the... Ba Based on where teams are sitting right now, yeah. and his so so obviously that's incredibly unfair on the Panthers. But the reality is that not many teams have won it from going four and zero. It tells us that the teams that are likely to feature in the grand final but lose, one of the Storm, the Eels, or the Sharks. Mm, so see, that's I mean, would I'm a Roosters at. v Storm or Roosters v Sharks really shock anyone at the moment? I'm going to say Western Sydney grand final. 
mate. How good would that be? That would be epic. I'm feeling it. Like, I, I, I would love that. That's your content for the week, the little crystal ball guru. And that's <laughs> hey. what I'm saying. Western Sydney Grand Final. Eels versus Panthers Grand Final would Bruh. be outrageous. So good. So hectic. I, I'm, I'm, I believe if it. You, if, if they have Eels versus Penrith and they don't have 1-4 as a <laughs> – they are kidding themselves. Like, I know they 100%. have – 100%. I know they have questionable content. You could go to the boys and say, look, can you we not talk about clean, shanking clean. blokes? Like, just <laughs> choose the songs just where you don't shank a guy. Choose that song, please. Uh, you know, for example, like Sydney's Realist, like I'm sure they could mix some uh, – sorry, spot the difference. I'm sure they could like change some little lyrics clean a little version, bit. radio edit. Yeah, like, the, you know, I'm sure they could do something or, or just, just have like the first verse because I know like the third verse is pretty hectic where he's like specifically talking about someone. Um, <laughs> Imagine so, the scenes though. Mate, one four at the NRL Grand Final, whether you like or hate that kind of music, would be off its head because the energy of that music is so aggressive. Like and you know so the boys are coming in with the boombox, oh, walking into the Grand Final playing it. Mate, it would be off its imagine head. like, yeah, that would be, it would honestly go, like to our generation anyway, it would go down as one of the greatest uh, halftime performances of all time. 100%. Um, yeah, what do you got there? Oh, just to finish off on that, as you said, fucking hell, he's got more. Back us up with this. Well, but wait, I, I there's more. But wait, I didn't want to mention please. this one. Don't I didn't want to mention this one. It's never going to happen. <laughs> don't, but don't kill my <laughs> we have one team that unfortunately hasn't won a game of football this year: the West Tigers. No team has made a grand final in the last. So you're going to say that there's there a chance yeah, in the grand final? No, hundred percent of teams that have lost their first game, we won the game. But once again, this reverts back to what we said last week: that we only have one team that historically can't win this competition right now, and we're four weeks in, which is a pretty. Pretty good. It's great. It's yeah. sensational. No, I think it's pretty solid stat, that one. You know what? I think they should change a few things. They should change rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's flip it. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking terrible. Sucks that all these teams can win the comp. Um, oh, that's really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, now, just a quick little, uh, I don't know how true this is, but there has been a report that Volkman uh, is reportedly in talks with the Warriors. Now, Volkman is an absolute gun mm. in the Roosters reserve grade. And I think it was a Buzz Rothfield uh, article. So obviously, uh, you know, just, you know, could be true, could not be true. Uh, but I tell you what, if it's true, the Warriors are chasing the right man because this kid can play, can play. But if you're the Roosters, like, I wouldn't be so sure getting rid of a half at the moment. Like, it's not a, it's not a, a sure thing that this is the – like, obviously, Walker and Kiri are incredibly good players. But I don't think that they've – you know, Kiri obviously has, but I think Sam Walker still has some development to go before you could say that he's absolutely going to be here for the next 10 years. I, I think mm. that's a fair, fair shout. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the thing that worries me about Walker, we've always said, is that he's too tough for his own good. Mm. Um, so it's always a worry, but this Volkman, he can really play. Mm. I, I think that there should be 15 clubs that are looking to sign Volkman, but... You've got to remember the Warriors have signed Metcalf as well. Like they've got, if, if they get Volkman as well, they've got a couple of really exciting young guys going there. I mean, at the moment, they've still got Chanel Harris Tavita as well. So I'm not quite buying this one just yet. Neither do I, because like they've got so many halves right now. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they need a Volkman. Uh, it'd be great if they got him, but I don't think they need him. Um, I know he 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 went to Waverley College in, in Sydney's East, and I'm pretty. I don't think he grew up around here. He might even be from New Zealand, Maddie. Maybe if you can deal that. It wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the guys that the Chooks have brought over from mm. New Zealand in their yeah. lower grades, which might help. The have course. you seen Volkman at all play? Yeah, I've seen some seen some highlights. He's yeah. a quality player, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. It does doesn't fully make sense given the Warriors roster, but if they're trying to build up some good cattle, I mean, the way you if you were looking at like the Warriors believe SJ only has a year or two to go, maybe a year, then you can understand it because you like they do. If they lose 
when they lose SJ, they need someone, I'd mm. say. Mm. Uh, unless Ash Taylor steps up and starts playing really good mm. footy. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, very interesting. Uh, very interesting. Maybe it's, yeah, contract, it's contract time and the managers put out who's interested and to make the Roosters re-sign him It's quicker. interesting if you are Volkman, though. Like, I would imagine he would have – like, there's so many fucking teams in this competition that need halfbacks. Yeah. Like, he, he would have his pick of the bunch. Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Warriors is the best fit for a young guy that's going to come in with nah. a lot of expectation on him. That's my other worry. If no, I'm Volkman, definitely not. I'm staying at the Roosters. Unless I can go to, like, top-tier Storm, you know, Rabbitohs maybe – one of the top tier clubs just stay at the roosters for at least another year or two just to get those reps under your belt and then you'll be such hot property to another club where you you're basically seamless you'll just fit straight into their first grade side but i think that like right now is he developed enough to go to a club because if he gets signed he's getting signed as the guy the warriors is a tough gig we've spoken about this tell to me about d- it to do <laughs> tell me about it to do that like yeah. Oh man, like the it would there'd be a percentage on that, it'd be real low. Really, Going over really there, low. taking yeah. on that role at the Warriors, like fuck it Mate, would be hard. I reckon if I'm Vol- if I'm his manager, I'm saying Stay here for another year Do or two. Apprenticeship. And I would even say, mate, the, the jury is not out on that six or seven role. Like the jury is it is not like you're looking at the Panthers where Luai No no and Cleary have that shot and it's just it. That's going to be it for the next, you know, I, th- I think Sam Walker and Luke Cleary, although they were fantastic mm. on the weekend, still have some time to, to mould together. And footy's a funny thing. Like a young guy comes in, yep. let's say Sam hurts his ankle, injured. touch wood, mm. hopefully doesn't do that. Volks come in, has incredible four, four games. You, I think the Roosters would probably allow Volk to stay in that position and bring Sam Walker off the bench. As much as you said, like, Kiri's got that spot locked down and touch wood, I'm wrong, but... I mean, it was only a year ago we were, or a few months ago we were saying, fuck, if he gets one more head knock, mm. really worried about the career of Luke mm. Keary. I was, I was just thinking before, like, if you flip the narrative, if Volkman was two or three years older than what he is, it would have been him that would have got that opportunity last year for the Roosters instead of Sam Walker. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Sam Walker could be the guy going to the Warriors. Like, it's Volkman is really talented, but I don't know if I'd be leaving that system just Especially yet. Especially to, to the Warriors, like... Bro, that's a mass to be the main play playmaker at the Warriors. So much pressure. He's going to play in a role like this. Yeah. You know, just uh, it's very hard because, like, as a young man, you know what it's like, yeah. bro. That will literally come down to personal decision. Hopefully, it gets good mentoring to say, yeah. you're in the Roosters system. You're going to have to sh- sacrifice short-term benefit for a long-term gain. You know, not only your development, but potentially an opportunity with the fucking Roosters. Now, this is a bit of a spanner in the works. Let's say, let's say Munster and Storm aren't getting on. Ma- at all let's say there's a bit of bit of pressure there monster feels a bit slighted because he's getting a pay cut offer you know the dolphins are offering him like 1.5 wayne bennett's whispering his ears sweet nothings about his bender and origin and he went on killed it and how great that was <laughs> if you're the storm do you make a play yes i mean i think you make a fucking big play yes straight away mm. and i think he's one of these guys that if you get him in a good system whatever you pay him will be unders mm. Yeah. He just needs to land in the right system. He's in one at the moment. Imagine him at the Storm system. Yeah, be, imagine him with Hughesy playing off the back oh, of Grant. That spine is off its head, yeah. literally. For, for those that haven't seen Volkman, he is – I would describe him as Milford at his best. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. He's, ju- he's yeah, just like Milford at his best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like he's very – I think he's probably got a slightly better kicking game as well. He's, he's a real sort of all-rounder. So, yeah. suits, uh, he suits today's game. Like and, and this is where Melbourne could sign a Volkman for unders and they could invest more money into that pack and re-bolster yeah. there. And, um, You're onto something. If I'm Bronx, I'm going at him 100%. Like, we need a six. You know, we've got, we've got Ezra Mam, obviously. But 
you know, he hasn't debate, debuted yet. And he, either is Volkman, obviously. But if you can have those two players coming through and then you can pair them at six and seven, yikes, that's scary. <laughs> you know? Like, anyway. But Bronx are, I mean, we're not in the... We're not in the best. Position. I was about to say I don't like. I'd, I'd probably go to Brisbane before I go to New Zealand. But oh, I, yeah, I don't think sure. there's a huge gap between the two at the yeah. moment. Respectfully, nah, it's just so, what, what nah. comes with it in terms yeah. of lifestyle change and all the yeah. rest. Oh, of it. for sure. I'm speaking from Broncos' perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm not talking about Volk's, Volk's perspective. I'm sending feels out to Storm, asking how that monster situation's going down. Because uh, going actually, to Bronx next year, fucking on, on board with the ambush, mate. mate get on board. I'll tell you all about the ambush. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> hey, Matty, uh, have you got where he was born? I think he's Samoan Heritage. He's a bit of a ghost on, on Google. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't okay. find him. I think he's Samoan Heritage. I'm pretty sure he's Samoan Heritage. Okay. But he's a good kid. Good kid. Yeah. Last time I spoke to him, he was very patient. Like, I, I just said to him, like, mate, be patient. It's going to come. You've got so long to play first grade. I wish someone fucking told me that. Like, do you wish someone told you that too? I'm not sure if they did. Did they? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> mate. I debuted when I was 19, just about to turn 20, or yeah. had just turned 20. Well, when, when did you leave to go? To soccer, from soccer to league. No, oh, to, well, to Warriors. I when debuted I was like young as well. 21. Oh, yes. So yeah. dumb. Yeah. So dumb. But my manager didn't tell me anything about, like, mm. the the trappings of, of going there. The you, you can succeed. Look at Brent Tate. He went there, went really well. But I just wish my manager had been like, mate, just stay at the Bronx. Someone's going to get injured. You will get mm. that spot. Mm. But anyway. Uh, Really interesting, really interesting. Now, I guess we'll speak about it now before we get to the rest of the news. The Storm situation. So I think it's incredible how they've been able to sign Hughes, Grant, uh, Coates, Coates. Uh, Welch, using is on a long-term mm -hmm. deal. First of all, massive props to Hughes' manager. I, like, I didn't like the way that all went down, but he did his job. It had to be done. He did his job. But like to, the, the balls to not take an option in 2024, mm. like his manager, again, I don't, I don't agree with how it all went down, but it got the job done. So they've got more information than I do. What a, what a recruitment push by the Storm. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a textbook way to go about things, but it has worked he's out. He's nailed it. Credit. He's yeah, nailed it. Sure. You've got to give it to him. Yeah, Whoever yeah, it is, yeah. he's absolutely nailed yeah. it. And well-deserved. Like, Hughes, he's a phenomenal player. He's come a long way. But to your point, he's had his injuries. Like, I'm I'm still going, fuck, if I fuck this up. <laughs> Mate, they, but but you got to remember. It, before the ball's on the line. Yeah, risk, massive reward. risk. And on top of that, like, from a club's perspective, it's like, bro, we took you when you had played one game with mm. the North Queensland mm -hmm. Cowboys and the Titans, turned you into a superstar that's now on six to 700K, like, and all of a sudden you're turning around and saying like, nah, I want more. It's like, far out. Like, look what we've done for your, your career. Mm. I mean, he did it as well. Hughes did as well. I think Hughes is top five player in the competition. 100%. Incredible player. Yep. But yeah, massive. The, the manager has pulled off one of the deals of the century, in my opinion. For him to get that done, a storm that is like usually so ruthless and... You know, five years ago, I think the Storm turned around and go, mate, pack your bags and see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas nowadays, they must just be more willing to compromise, I guess. Uh, but specifically on those three players, what an incredible re-signing. Unbelievable. Yeah. To think that they got Grant, Hughes and Coates all in one swoop is incredible. And Coates is a freak, we know that. Mm. But 
they've seen we're, we're seeing the development yeah. but they know they know what yeah. they've got they know what they've developed and they're like we need to lock this down a couple of the missing pieces are what they're going to do with their forward pack they're going to have to go old school melbourne and just recruit people out of nowhere and just bring them up which they'll do second rowers is going to be a really interesting position how they figure that out mm. i think they've got some stock but yep. they're going to need a signing but um yeah munster and Olam are the ones for me that are going to get very interesting both are going to command big money big attention from any club so I don't know. If I'm Munster, I just I can't leave. Well, how are you going to leave that spine? I think that'll come up no. later. But the spine, like okay, that, let's say it. let's say all the reports are true, and we we don't know. We absolutely don't know. But so we do know he's been asked to take a pay cut. So let's assume that the pay cut is to 900k, which is very conservative. It could be to 800k. Yeah, I just you'd have to assume a few hundred. Yeah, you'd have to assume it's he's taken a pay cut of about. I I would say they've asked him to play for 800k a year over the next three or four years. Dolphins, if they're offering 1.5, which they probably are. No, you reckon 1.5? Mate, no they way. haven't got anyone they've got else. No they've got one. money sitting there. They've, it can't be 1.5. But they've got no one else. Like, who I else have they got? I don't think we'll got? see a 1.5 contract. I reckon that they I would go that high. They, the, I reckon they need a billboard guy. They need a DCE's main guy. DCE is on 1.2 right now. So people are already on 1.2. <sighs> If you're getting 1.5, you're going. That's you what I'm go, saying. That, that's what I'm saying. I am <laughs> saying. Not, surely not. Let's say he's getting us say a pay cut and it's 800K. That is literally, what, 700K more. Yeah. It's I mean, too appealing. It, it, even if you put him on DCE's contract, it's still, it's almost half a million dollars. It's too appealing. Like it's you're back in Queensland. It's a foundation team. It's not like, that's a great experience. And the reason I say that is premise. because we've it's so celebrated the history of the storm yeah. when you see those guys from the founding uh team and then the success in 99 it's the coolest thing yeah, ever yeah yeah i know that's in the back of my plus you got three of your boys going up there from the storm that's what I mean. like, mate, and bennett he loves bennett monster does but then you sit back and you go fuck what a spine what a team like it's, it's the, the argument like so i think the friendship side of things is what will keep him there you can I, easily see how he could go, though. Yeah, easily. oh, for sure. No, no, I think if he does say, it's actually more because he's friends with, they're really close. Obviously, you know, Hughes, Pappy, mm. uh, Hughes, Pappy and him, don't they like do, they do they're going to do like podcasts together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut, all that kind of stuff. Like they're really close. That's what would keep him. But so I, I don't think the winning of premierships and that is going to keep, he's already run two. It's like, okay, like I might win four. Like that's hectic. Like, don't get me wrong. Whereas like 1.5 is like, I truly believe that the, there's, a, there's a world where the dolphins get that desperate, they go up to 1.5. No, I, just, I can't believe it. Like it's too much. I know, it's hectic. <laughs> I'm not saying it, it's, it's absolutely gonna happen, but I- But I let's say hypothetically it's 1.2. To all of the argument, that is still super appealing. And the Queensland, Tell me and this. the boys leaving If you're Munster, why would you take the same as DCE to start a new club? You would want more than DCE. You're going to a whole new club. You've won more recent premierships. You're younger. Uh, actually, you've won more premierships. You know, you're gonna be the Queensland six for the next at least five years. So you're at the minimum, you're looking at 1.3. You know, that's where what it's What about the fact up. that you're bargaining with the current club and the other team knows what they're offering you? Does that not, that's gotta be a problem. Oh, as in the Dolphins are like, mate, you're only getting 800 here. Well, yeah, show us the show us something that's close. So like, but they, they may, they've got leverage. They, but they might just say, look, like they 
They need to get him there. They need to get someone there. And if they don't get him there, I think someone else will fork out 1.3. Munster says, is a franchise change. Yeah. He says no, then at the death, 1.5. <laughs> just puts it in there. Well, I got it. Again, I'm, not, I'm absolutely not saying that at death. We, we don't know how much they're offering. I'm just comparing it. If, if DC truly is on 1.2, and I think even um, Luke Brooks goes up to over a million this year. Yeah. So, like, the, the, this, these numbers. Million dollar contracts are a thing. They're yeah, a thing sure. now. They're a thing for sure. Yeah. We've got Tamalolo on a million dollars. Uh, I think Teddy's 1.1 now. Like his next, we'll, we'll update to that. So, to say that they could go as high as 1.5, it is outrageous. It is, it outrageous. is outrageous. But I don't think it is so outrageous that it couldn't happen. And in saying that, if you would have said 10 years ago we're going to have one million dollar players, you would have said that's outrageous. Yeah, that's true. not going to happen. Like it'll be interesting to see where we are in 10 years' time. Oh, I hope. I hope we see. More and more money. Like yeah, absolutely. Just get get paid. Get paid, Young Kings. What do you got there? Uh, so a bit of breaking news. Now, nothing's official yet, but the Taylor Telegraph are reporting that the night, night superstar Caelan Ponga is set to reject Wayne Bennett and sign a monster deal at Newcastle worth between 1.1 and 1.2, and it could be announced as early as this week. Wow. Yeah, that's great. If that's, that is that's such good news. Great for the Knights. Oh, such good news. So he's taking 1.1.2. 1. 1.1, at the Knights. But that's his club offering it to say. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the only difference with Munster and the Dolphins right now. The club that he's at is offering him eight. eight there there are other clubs that would offer him a mil. There's 100% And I other think clubs. now also Munster's also sort of sitting in the box seat going, well, you're not going to sign KP. Who the fuck are you going to sign? Yeah. It's me or who? Yeah, that's true. It's and, really, and also, is there another big dog I, now? There's no other big dog. There's I think Munster's no. holding the cards now. Absolutely he's holding fuck the yeah, cards. Fuck yeah, man. Money. <laughs> hey, they don't call him Mad Dog Money for no reason, baby. Um so, but but even still, like I know you're you're saying if Storm were offering 800k, there are 15 other clubs that I believe would give Munster a million dollars. Like they would do move heaven and earth to surely, get into the club. Surely. Like they would sack their halves, they would just push them out. They would though. We yeah, know yeah. that. That's yeah, just they, the way footy is. Yeah, they would. And so, I I think the minimum offer to Munster from Dolphins would be 1.3. That'd be the that'd be their like, here it is. Let's go. Storm are obviously in a position where they're going like. <sighs> We, we could lose him like this. Oh, I think they've accepted they're going to lose him, to be yeah. honest with you. That's, that's yeah. the way it's that I a, read it's it. It's been a crazy run for them. Like I, I, don't, I think they're just battle-hardened at the moment. Yeah. Smith, the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, like, fuck. I also think with Munster, too, like, as you see, he's already won premierships there. For me, there's nothing Munster can do in his career that will ever elevate him above Smith, Slater, Kronk either. It's true. He's, like, legacy-wise, as you said, if he goes to the Dolphins and wins a premiership there... It's crazy oh. scenes. It's, it changes everything. It flips the entire narrative. Man, it's, it's wild times. Foundational I, success is big. Yeah. That's like Huge. crazy shit. Huge. I, uh, I just love that we get to talk about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Huge fucking contracts, new starting clubs. Like it's all just nonsense. We don't know what's going on, but we're just like conjecture. Uh, but it's, it's awesome. Just quickly on the Ponga thing. If that is true, what a, what a great deal by the Knights to keep him in that. the club. What a great win by the Knights who six months ago you would have said they're no chance yeah they're no chance they come out battle their dicks off in the first four rounds and we and we did say the first six rounds first six to ten rounds are a club defining uh so if it is true that he stays great get so good for rugby league mm. I mean I, I just think even the energy that's going to give the club and the, the fans as well I'm stoked for nice yeah, fans. I'm stoked, I'm stoked for nice fans I, I actually didn't really want to see KP at the Dolphins. I wanted him to stay at the Knights. I, I want him to be under Joey. I want them to be premiership threats. I, I just think there's other players that probably could go like Munster. 
um, to the Dolphins. Do I want to see Munster at the Dolphins? Do you want to see Munster at the Dolphins? I do, yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you don't, Storm Man. Well, I, I, well, I'd low yeah. like I like both. I low key do like. Yeah. I would love to see. I can see Munster yeah. being the founding I want to see there. someone at the Dolphins. Though. Yeah, it's if true. it's not Munster, who's it going to be? And it's him and Kenny there. Like, yeah. fuck. that's a, a huge get Juzzy there. Sign the him fact, on a heap of money too. Yeah, there's what three people there. There's three people there from the Storm now. Well, no, f- yeah, what Felice? Crazy. Jesse. Yeah. Imagine saying that your new oh, team yeah. is going to sign, basically your two biggest leaders. Yeah. The best, like the best second row for years, and then money. Wow. <laughs> he yeah. couldn't ride yeah. it. Well, well, both both back rowers, so their edges are so set, Crazy. so set. And if people people may not know, but the impact they have oh. in defence, I just can't explain. They're the reason why oh. they're the reason why Storm's defence is so good on the Mate, edges. It's ridiculous. Your four ins are your keys. If your four ins are bad, your everyone else is bad. It doesn't matter how good they are. It's insane the work they do. You guys would know more about it than me, but every single time I have someone on my podcast. And the way that they talk about when they play Melbourne, those two are in defence. Yeah, bro, he's incredible. Like, just take take Branko Lee for example, who arrived down there. With all due respect to Branko, and he'll say it himself, he couldn't tackle a two-piece feed when he arrived in yeah. Melbourne. Standing next to Felice, <laughs> it turned his life feed. <laughs> two-piece feed, you reckon? Turned his life around. <laughs> the guru, one of the greats, did two, that couldn't tackle a two-piece feed. I think that might have been his words, not mine, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, and and you're, yeah, obviously you're saying that they helped him. Yeah, he was like, leader. you don't understand how like Felice made me such a good defender. Yeah. It's not even funny. It's their movements, like, bro. It's their movements. It's the back and out yeah. and the protection of the half. Such a big impact. One of their most underrated things is, is when they tackle you, they like sting you. Mm. Like they just hit you hard. You know, you know how like a lot of tackles. Kafusi's a fucking proper hitman. Proper hitman. But a lot of tackles, when when it looks like you've been shotted, they actually don't hurt. Mm. It's the ones that are just they hit you like right in there all the time. You're like, ah, oh, fuck me. You'll take the big shots up to the here mm. all day long. Um, I love that they're different too. If you look at them, like Kafusi's a hard ball runner, mm. great defender, and then you got Kenny, who's just so silky, so silky, like, underrated, mate, underrated silky feet yeah. as well, yeah, and sure. the moves he's doing with Saint Olam, who's also a hard ball runner. Yeah, crazy. So interesting times. If you were a betting man, after seeing the news that they've got those players, so you would assume that it is locked in 100%. They need Munster to take a pay cut because no one else has been talked about taking a pay cut. Everyone else got upgraded. You would assume has to. Has to. I think it's a nail in the coffin. It's the first thing I thought. You reckon he's gone, Skis? Yeah, I reckon he's gone. I reckon reckon they've accepted it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I can't. I just can't see a world where he takes a pay cut to stay there when the other blokes that have been there for less time than him are getting. I would be stinging. Yeah. If I'm Munster and I and that that let's say everything is true, I would be stinging like that. I have to take a pay cut when I've been here battling it under Smithy Cronk and Slater for so many years. As the yeah, that dog. perspective is hard to get your head around. For sure, I agree. It'd be so stinging and like some you know, Hughes is in his what third good year of first grade. Grant in his second good year. You'd be He's like, carried a lot of injuries so far too, Grant. You'd be like, the, and don't get me like, absolutely Hughes and Grant, like you want them in the club. Oh, you you yeah. want them getting upgraded. But if you're Munster, purely selfishly, you're like, hang on a sec, like I fully did my time. And when It's it, actually a real tough decision man, yeah. for him, like real tough. And but when it, both good outcomes. Yeah. And when it came time for him to get his upgrade, he gets told to, mm. to fucking nah, bruh. But I also think at the same time, if one of them is <laughs> going to be the face of the Dolphins... I think Munster is the best fit for Oh, he suits I, I, I think it's a good little win for rugby league if he ends up at the Dolphins. Interesting. I'd tell you what, if Storm do it, greatest, like one of the great recruitment. Do you think they can? Ever. Like, if you, if you had, had to put a percentage on it, what, what are the chances? I think it's Munster's? 50 50 right now because oh. the fact that he is still negotiating, the fact that he's, he's still at the table, 
means that he's still undecided. KP News has to bump that percentage. Yeah, maybe. I have a question. Do you think he'll break his contract if he does go to the Dolphins? Like, will it be next year or will it be 2024? Oh, the, the Storm won't let him break his contract. Oh, yeah, right. They won't break his contract. No way. I doubt nah. it. No they, chance. There's no chance. Like, they're trying to win games. They're not trying to... Which is sad because then the, the relationship ends a bit weird, you know? Yeah, interesting times. I'm still 50-50. I don't know where he's going to end up. I want to see the Storm continue to just be this outrageous machine that dominates. But seeing Munster rolling around in a Redcliffe jersey, just carrying on like a pork chop, I want to see that too. And he, like, he'd be the first guy they've had to. That, like, he'd be their social media guy. Massive. He'd be the billboard guy. Like, he'd just... Yeah, it's it goes so much further than just on the field with Munster. Yeah, maybe it is one point five. Queensland six. It's <laughs> the uh, more you talk, like it's crazy. One point five sounds. The more you think about it, the more you stew on it. Yeah, it's, you're getting closer and closer to it. It's just it sounds outrageous because we came through a time where like Lockie was on five hundred k. You know, <laughs> was he? yeah, around that the four five hundred k. Now, team of the week. Here we go. This is tough. This one, actually, you know what? This actually wasn't as tough as last week for me. There was only one position where I really struggled. I've got Papin. Are we in position this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. This, honestly, coming from these two. I'm seeing slashes literally as well. Had What's your thoughts on that, Guru? Seven front row. One player slash another player. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen at number one. Is it Hausen or Husen? Hoisen. I thought it was Hoisen. <laughs> no, I, I say Hausen, but you, you always say Husen. I say like Husen. Me, yeah. I, I say thought it was Husen. I'll say Hausen. May on the wing, my boy uh, Talon May, he's a boost. boost. He's a boost. Uh, Manu taking the absolute piss in the centres. Talakai, what the fuck happened there? Where did that come from? I mean, we know where it came from, but holy shit. Um, now, this is the one where I had a lot of trouble. I thought Coates was fantastic, but yes. I think Wanga Blake had probably the best game of his whole career I agree. last night. Uh, Brown at six. Moses at seven. I think he just pipped DC, but I thought DC was incredible. Haas at eight. Grant at nine. Adam Fenor Blake at 10. Kikau at 11. Papa Lee 12. Uh, 13, Radley. 14, DCE. 15, uh, Fisher Harris. 16, The Cheese. 17, Isaiah Yo. 18, Dylan Edwards. Yeah, mine's very similar. I went Papi at fullback. I've got Coates on one wing. I reckon the other wing you've slept on is Mulatalo. I thought oh, he, he was, was really unreal. good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are um, right. Talakai and Manu in the centres, they picked themselves. The six and seven, Moses and Brown, uh, they were great. I've got Haas and AFB up front. Mm. I've got Harry Grant at nine. My second row, I thought he was great as well. Britton Nakora, Cronulla. Mm. He got yes. through a heap of work heap the of other work. night. I've got Kikau's mother back row and then Radley. Uh, fuck. He hurt, he hurt us last week, didn't he, Rads? Really hurt Came us. back huge. And then my bench... I went Turbo, DCE, Papali'i, and my controversial one. I went TPJ. To be the side, mm. I thought he had a real crack. 18 hit-ups, 140 metres, four tackle breaks, seven offloads, 30 tackles, no missed tackles. I thought he had a real crack. Don't feel like you need to back him up with stats, mate. I felt like I did. No way. No one's coming. No one's coming about TPJ. What do you got there? Had Paps. Foreign Pappy. He was back. Crazy. Coats. I'm loving Coates at the moment. His development in the Storm. He's the player we think he was going to be. Exactly know? right. He's incredible. Uh, I had Blake as well. I agree with you. I think I think he danced between the two positions, but he's 
fuck, that was a mad game. He's a winger, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Think he's a winger. And fuck, he's huge, athletic. Manu was crazy game. The fridge back in four, Talakai. Oh, that's your boy. <laughs> my boy. He's oh my it. god. Uh, he's absolutely. Seventeen tackle bro, When he took when he took this run, bumped for his L straight on his ass, I was like, mate, this guy, what's he on? It's literally it's in my crazy. notes. Did that it literally like Talakai just bumped for his L. <laughs> like, are you fucking? If you're doing that, you know you're on a tear. Yeah, I think it was Brian Fletcher said last night at the Matty John's show. He had seventeen tackle breaks. You remember that game that Turbo had against the Cowboys last year? He had twenty that game. Fuck me, dude. Fuck. So Talakai one on one with I would argue the best defensive centre in rugby league. 17 tackle breaks. Incredible. Oh, crazy. Uh, same boys, Brown and Moses couldn't go past them. Um, I went for Noah Blake and Haas as well. Haas has been with me every week. Mahoney, uh, Mahoney I thought he did well. I had uh, Kikau and Papali'i and then Radley at lock. Boys called it last week. I thought he stepped up, had a mad game. And then my bench tried to mix it up a little bit, but I liked Nath Brown, Collins, Whiten and Grant. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Collins was good this year. Yeah, fight. he was real yeah. solid. He's and a, then Whiten, mate. He's, he's, I know he's a losing team, but he dead set without. Imagine them without him. Without them, man. they would honestly. They'd be would. Some of the I shit mean, he comes up with and controls the game. To, yeah. Insane. And he, every time they need something big, he delivers. And then he shout delivers. out to Ronaldo, DCE, and my boy Jerome Hughes. Yeah, Jerome Hughes is big. Um, now, NRL games. Uh, <laughs> Wowzers. Start so off with a banger. Start off, <laughs> mate. This was the str- this is the strangest game I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> strangest game, I've never seen anything as strange as this. Titans <laughs> versus Tigers. Um, interesting. Tigers were actually robbed of a try, or at least another video ref this game. Uh, yeah, look, this was this was tough. Get I, the win, never think about it again. I messaged a mate after and said, what a nightmare that was. And he said, right. I watched the AFL and I just went, you lucky bastard. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I'm filthy on that. Yeah, look, it was a very, <sighs> pretty disappointing game. Um, uh, that's just two teams that just played so poorly. Mm. It, was, it was hard to watch. And the way it finished was just, it's the most Tigers thing to ever happen to the Tigers, isn't it? Oh. Poor bastards. Like Holy. a shit kick that hits the post that your 5'8 catches and he knocks on and the other 5'8 touches the ball with a finger. It was like, it was like you, saying he'd like, score in, in the backyard. That only happens you to took, the Tigers. And you took the two you points. Two, yeah. <laughs> and like, so, and Peachy's on the field, literally like, you can see him going, Brooks like, let's keep going. And Brooks obviously must have got the message to take the two points. Mate. That club is just... I feel so sorry. It doesn't I'm happen same, to another bro. club. Yeah. I feel, just, I've, I'm past the point of like... I just feel sorry for them. Yeah. Because like, it doesn't matter how hard they try. It's just not going to work. <laughs> it's just not going to work. What did you think of the game, Shandle? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was tough to watch, to be honest. I think just the Tigers, I just don't know how they're going to turn this around. Mm. I just don't see... Oh. Where or what? I mean, looking forward to Hastings getting back so they can, you know, have some sort of adjustment. And the Titans, I know you've mentioned it, but like, just there, I know we're talking about them being a young side and what I'm actually glad they won just so they can sneak it two points in, but just their attack, I'm just like, it's so disjointed. I don't yeah, know. Which is crazy because they have halves where they're. That's what you think a, they'd yeah. fall back on and we'd be talking about their defense, but yeah. <laughs> it was a tough game. Just kick off yeah, the week. Well, I think from the Titans' perspective, this is like, you, these are the games you're going to have for the next year or two mm. until these boys find their feet. Mm. I think Sexton was a bit rattled from last week. He mm. seemed like he wasn't the same player as he was the first few weeks. <laughs> wasn't anywhere near as confident, wasn't anywhere near as dominant. And that's just all part of the growth. If I'm the Titans, I'm staying super positive with Sexton. Like, do not allow this outside noise 
to damage your confidence. Like allow him to make his mistakes, allow him to make the wrong call. Um, I just thought that he, it seemed like he was lingering from the effects of the week before. He didn't seem, you know, the opening two rounds, he was fantastic. Mm. Then he was really good in the first half last week. Second half, he throws that intercept, pretty much changes the game's momentum. Um, and so I just think if you're the Gold Coast, I understand you can't coddle them all the time, but this this has to be expected. If this is a five-year plan, yes. stay the course. I yes. think you've got to get four walls mentality and just go internal, mm-hmm. just build confidence. You want to see that camaraderie around the team, but yeah. knowing that we're developing, we're a young side, yeah. and everything is just internal. Like everything from building the confidence of your players to tactics to yeah. you know reviews, everything just has to be directed at, we're just going to improve this year mm. and focus on that because there's going to be, there's a heap of players that are going to be relying solely on confidence. Just and, stay the course. Mm. Just, yeah, and you... Just look back in the history of the club. Look at Ash Taylor. Mm. You don't, you cannot, like, I don't care what anyone says. Ash Taylor is supremely talented, but I don't think they handled that. No way. Well, and they can't do the same with sex. They can't afford to as a club to do that. Yeah, again. they no. can't. Yeah. Like, and literally. That, and, and good on them. Like, like I, I've been a bit critical of them, but I love the fact they've got all in on these young guys. Mm. But you just got to stick to it. It's a, th- it's a three to five year mm. thing. It's not a four week thing. Culturally, yeah, there's a way to lead this, though, I think. I think yeah. whether it's language, the perception that's being given off from leadership, from coaching staff, from media, I think they need to seriously sit down and say, hey, this is where we're at. This yeah. is who we are. This is what we're building. Mm. And everything we say and do needs to reflect that yeah. yeah and these are the sort of games sexton's going to learn more out of this than them winning 38 to 36 yeah for sure for sure um this is this is a great moment for the club to not only do they get the two points so so they don't have to deal with the the, the, the struggle of losing the game but just refocus it's a chance to like remind themselves because when you're always winning you, you never have to remind yourselves of the negative side of having a young side just remind themselves of like, just stay in it, boys. Let's stay happy. Let's stay positive. If I'm the coaching staff, I'm all getting in together before training session, boys. I want over, so happy, so hype. Everyone, high energy. Life's good. Life's great. Because, and obviously there are certain players that need a rev up. So you give them a rev up, you know, maybe privately. But it's just so key right now that they just keep pumping up um, Sexton. Cannot allow him to get swamped by negativity and worry and concern. Uh because at the end of the day, even though it was you know shocking display of rugby league, they got the two points. They stay hung in there long enough to get the two points. Yeah, and I mean, I, I love the, uh, I love the way that at the end of the game, how happy they were and how much they sell it. Like AJ Brimson, I mean, like if the Roosters win that game in that situation, it's almost like a, well, yeah. thank fuck. Like there's no reaction there. I mm. love the way, like you can see how much these Titans boys, they just love their footy. Yeah, they just sure. absolutely love it and. Stick with them, and they're, they're, they're going to be a painful side over the next. They're, they're a painful side now to play. Realistically, you're not. It's, it's always a challenge taking them on, and you know they, they had a new fullback too. Osako jumped in there, and um, it was a, a little bit disjointed. Let's be honest here. So, so much upside in the Titans. Yeah. One, my play of the game. It's seventieth minute. The game's on the balance. Tino Fatsu Amalawi try saving tackle. Like the guy's a beast. Gun. Beast. And so what I love about that is like at least you know that those things that you can't teach, your captain has it. He has it, he has it in spades. And that wins him the game. Mm. So without that, obviously they don't win because they score. Uh, so some of the calls were like, you know, there was a, uh, an obstruction. Anyway, we won't get into calls. I don't want to bag the rest too much. Uh, so look, Titans, this just is a real moment to circle the wagons in positivity. Stay up, stay upbeat, stay happy. Uh, because at the end of the day, the two points are there. Now, 
First, I want to talk about reports came out of Tigers that Hastings and Adam Dewey wanted to go up with the team. They knocked it back and saying that it sets a bad precedent. So Hastings went out and purchased his own ticket and his own um, accommodation to get up there. I just think this is such a good example of be- not being in touch with like oh, bro. the way footy clubs work and footy teams are. Because I th- and, and to be really clear, I'm pretty sure it was Madge that went. So what? Let's don't conflate this with Madge saying no. I think Madge went to the board and they said this is, and like that decision is so out of touch where it says a bad, bad precedence. You would know better than anyone. As, and myself as well, as a winger, I don't expect to go on the team away trip if no, I'm injured. No. If a half goes on the trip, I understand it because he's our main guy. Your like, main guy. You get that in footy clubs. This whole, like, everyone has to be equal. No, that's not true. That's 100%. Not everyone is equal. Mm. There are leaders in your team and they get treated better and that's the way life is. And this whole, for Hastings to not only pay for it, but for to get to, into the media. How did that get into the media? Like... I just think that's such a good example of a disconnect between the playing group and the admin there. What are your thoughts on the situation? And, and ju- just to confirm, it, it isn't a match thing. It, it isn't a match. No, thing. it is not a match thing. It was a no. I believe they're given their relationship. Yeah, yeah and he match wanted him up there, and it's just, as you said, it's just a disconnect from reality. Mm. I mean, fuck, name me a better player for the Tigers this season. And he's played his first game back. He couldn't walk for the entire preseason. Like, why wouldn't you want? And he wants go to go up. If yeah. he wants to be there, let him be there. I've got genuine belief in him, and not only as a person, but his passion for the club. Mm. I, th- I feel like I've seen little snapshots, even of him in the box, like very animated. He clearly wants to make this work. She's rallied around the boys. Yep. He's a leader. He's their best player. Like, let's just go back to the cultural impact, stuff like that has. A, getting out in the media, that fucking sucks. But he wants to go up with the team, support them, get around the boys, do everything he can because he's going to be back soon. Like, just just think about that opportunity for what it is, not the cost of the flight in the hotel. Yeah, it's, in, it's insane. And, like, you've got a guy that wants to lead the club that is desperate for a leader. They are mm. crying he, out yeah, for I a leader. I truly believe he does. Yeah. And they're not giving him the resources to be that leader. Like that's like you. In my opinion, the one job as admin is to give these players. There was always a saying that before you walked out to Broncos training. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's still there. Basically, it said we will provide everything for you. All you need to bring is a good attitude. That was the. It's a similar. There was a similar message. So they do everything for you, literally. Just give me your best effort. Exactly. Mm. It's real, real simple. And when you read that, you're like, oh, that's easy. That's Mm. easy. And I just think this. Tigers in that situation, they have not given them everything they need to be the best club they can be. I spoke to him on Thursday, Arvo, and he said that the only reason why I wanted to, well, not the only reason, but the main reason was because he just wanted to help out his halves. Yeah. He wanted to help out young Jock Madden. And, you know, this is a guy that, you know, the, the, these two guys are in his jersey. He said, fuck, I hope one of these two gets man of the match tonight because they're like, I feel so sorry for Jock Madden as well. I think he's been really good over the last few weeks for him to have that moment where he drops that ball. So fucking unlucky. Yeah, just, that's just unlucky. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that didn't lose the game. The but fact that's that, where yeah. him walking into the change rooms and Jacko would have put his arm around him straight 100%. away. Uh, Why is that so undervalued? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we sitting here talking about it? Like, like, And to them, that's some crazy fucking over, thought. Like, I don't get it. There's times to send a message to the playing group, you know, when it comes to disciplining players, when it comes to setting standards. Not giving a flight and accommodation to a player 
is not the time to set to send a message about equality and everyone getting treated the same. And people might go, well, this is such a small thing. Why are you making a big deal of it? I just think this is representation of like where they're at as a club, where not only does it get leaked to the media, but the key guy they've brought over to lead them out of this isn't being given the resources to be the leader he wants to be. And it sounded like they didn't want to put other guys out that were in. And it's like, you've picked seven out of your 13 captains in the last two years. Like, fuck, I'd be feeling a little bit out if I wasn't a captain, to be mm. honest with you. Yeah, it's it just, it, it's just so... And then we're forgetting Adam Dewey wanted to go up too. And he, he didn't go up. Adam Dewey, the guy that you desperately are building, literally building the club around. It's Again, it, it, it just blows my mind. Maybe there's way more to it, but with the information we've got right now, you need to give your leaders every resource possible to be who they need to be. They, you would, if Hastings and Dewey want to be around the side, you need to get them around the side as much as possible. What I love about these conversations is to give fans a different perspective. We're really highlighting how fucking significant culture is oh. in a team and the impact it has. Like, yeah. yes, we can talk about player selection, recruitment, the different strategies and tactics, but... It's, we've been coming back to this topic yeah. time and time again. The impact cultural decisions are making on these teams, it's so obvious. Like, oh, how you're not seeing the value in something like that, they are, like, and Hastings, let's just highlight him, he is the light, the small light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> yeah. for the Tigers to do yeah. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for their team to come together in the face of adversity. Yeah. Oh, I don't get it. And, like, it can <laughs> only benefit those players by sitting in the coach's box for me. I, it's, I, that's what I'm just not understanding. Like, like, there's just there's no else to take out. Yeah, to be there. Like, like, that just changes yeah. the feel and the, yeah. t- the, the, the and dynamic. And even for to be able to sit there and go, Jacko, this is what this is where I like. There's just there's no disadvantage <sighs> to. I just yeah, it's such a no-brainer. It's, it, yeah, it's very. Strange. And unfortunately, if if I said to you this situation on a blank resume, which is which team is doing it? Yeah. Tell me, you wouldn't guess the Tigers? And you know, like you know what this kind of does? Like it makes me question. You know, I'm, I'm of the mind, like, there's a lot of stuff Madge does that I don't agree with, like, tactically, the way he plays. Even watching the doco, there were certain things. And, again, that's, you know, he's got his style of coaching and then I've got my opinion on uh-huh. it. That's, that's all it is, just an opinion. But now it's starting to make me feel like, is he getting the right support from above him to be the best coach he can be? And maybe that's making excuses for the team. I, I don't know. But a little thing like that, if they're doing that on little things, what are they doing on big things that you know, he demands or requests. Like, you think if Wayne goes to the, the admin, oh, we need to fly these boys down, they go, oh, no, no, no. Because what's, what's really interesting about it as well is like, they're making a judgment call on what is best for the squad by not sending the guys down there. So they're actually saying to Madge, no, no, we disagree with what you think is good for the squad. This is what's happening, which is really interesting because it should be the coach's decision. It can't be about money because West Tigers, minus saying they've got decent cash. It's 60 bucks. Yeah. Oh, I know, but that's what I mean. Like, well, not even that. Like, in, yeah, in my opinion, and looking back at what is arguably the culturally, the best cultural team at the Storm, like the football team is never would never be in the mercy of the administration in regards to something that's going to have a positive impact. Yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and to the game, uh, you know, there's really not much to say about that. Uh, just a, a really... Yeah, I just feel sorry for everyone involved at the moment. Like, it just, everything that can go wrong is going wrong. It's just one of those situations where you rock up, they defended their asses off, they, they had a, a, a red-hot crack, they still didn't get the win. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough time for the Tigers. I feel sorry for the players. I was looking at Madge at the box, felt sorry for him. Defeated, yeah. You know, he just looked defeated, man. I mean, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for the moment. Madge was told by a board member, 
you can't take your injured half back up there. Like, how does that conversation even go down? How know. do you? It's. I, I just think there's there must be a rift between admin and coach at the moment. Like, where yeah, there will. must be a part of the board maybe that doesn't believe Matt should be there. So. There's this whole uh, – that's all assumptions. I, I can't get into that. You know, we, we could sit here and speculate all day. Um, when are the boys back? Hastings, do we? Hastings another week. Yeah, he's oh, got, got, he got three week. weeks. So he's missed two, though. He's missed two, so he's got one more week. Uh, but, yeah, Tigers, look, the positives you can take out of that is they defended their asses off and their completion was okay. So, you know, I know it's really hard for Tigers fans right now. I totally get it. You know, you're just so sick of seeing your team lose. Uh but I'll just check here. I think you like it. it even like if you're, you know, when, 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 when the board asks you to go and do extra media or whatever it might be, like if I'm chasing some sort of sitting there going, are you for real? <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't that even let me go and watch the football team? Yeah. So they completed at 75%, which is, a, you know, decent. Um, where is the missed tackles? Tackles, and they missed 21 tackles, which is less than Titans. So it's it's so tough to lose the way that they are. But these effort areas that we're looking at, you know, they conceded way too many penalties. But when it comes to missed tackles and completion, that's all effort. And they did that. They they've did that. Mi- they've missed 30 tackles in two weeks, the Tigers. Yeah. 15 on average. Which is, which is, that's really hard. That's really hard. So you've got to, when you're in these situations, just try to look for those those shining lights. And 75% completion, only 21 missed tackles, which is less than the opposition. That, that's a win. There's a win there to be found. There's a win there to be found. So as fans, yes, it's tough, but just try to look at the the little stuff that they are doing. They are having a crack. They, they had a crack. At least this week, they definitely had a crack. Yeah, definitely. They definitely had a crack. So tough times. Hopefully they can bounce it back. Now, on to the next game. Wow. So the Sharks defeat the Knights, 18-0. <clears throat> what a game of footy And I actually picked the Knights I thought Ponga coming back You know he, They were going to add something extra to it I thought the, the, the Knights were going really well I probably think That Ponga should have had an extra week off It looked like his knee was still He wasn't yeah, the same player It wasn't as agile um, But it's very easy to say that When you know He's the main guy And all this pressure is on him To get back and play uh, And you know Even we were talking about Last week how there has been a couple of years now where it's been in and out, in and out. Mm. But I think the story out of this is, holy shit, the Sharkies look good. Yeah, they're mate. looking scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this night side, I think, what, they, they, they've lost 13 plus the last two weeks. Still not really riding them off that much. No way. They've just played two good footy sides. The mm. Sharks are a genuine, like, uh, I, uh, I, I had people say to me that like, they were a bottom eight team last year. They might have been, but I think they're a top four team this year. I really do. I, what was weird is like, and this is going to sound like, oh yeah, of course you. I wanted to say that they could challenge top four. Yeah, there was like this this quiet, quiet voice. Well, like, we, we we said all preseason that out of the bottom eight teams, they're the most likely to. Yeah, but I, I didn't think they'd do it. Nah, but they they ha- had this potential that all came together. It's just scary how quickly it's all come together. That's what I mean. Like there yeah. was this little voice, like daring to dream in me, that was like. I I really like it, but I didn't want to say it because I'm like, nah. You know what? Most of me is like. In reality, they don't make this much of a jump. Like, no, no team usually, other than the Panthers, go from like can't even make the eight to challenging this top four that is so far above the rest of the comp. Huge recruitment, though. I mean, huge recruitment. I just didn't think it would have clicked this quickly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. You know, I didn't think that Hines, recruited as a six, never played really seven at all, 
would go into seven and fucking be killing it. And in, in Knight's defence, though, it was 12-0 until the 75th minute. Mm. Yep. So that 18-0 doesn't really explain how close this game mm. was. You know, set at the 74th minute, if the Knights score, it's a tight, tight clash. So, you know, for Knights fans, I still think, still a top six side right now. Sharks fans, I think you start saying to yourself, we may have the squad to be top four. And I think as well, the other thing you've got to consider with the Sharks, round one was the first time Moylan and Hines had ever played together. Mm. They didn't play a trial together. Like yeah. it's... It's unbelievable how quickly. Mate, it's I don't all want to put the together. mocker on it, but Moisa is looking sharp. Yeah, it's great to it see, it, great. isn't it? I, and I didn't want to believe. For him. You're more bullish on him than me, but I was always with the mind he's just too injury prone. He mm. just too many soft tissue injuries. They're gonna happen again. Mm. But right now, I am loving the way Moisa. What do you think of the game, mate? He's. So, I love Moisa. It's good to see him back at his best. My concern is, I'm just wondering, like, have Yakloon uh, and Clifford developed a game and a style and a system, which is crazy to think, but you know, that doesn't adapt around Pong. Because I was just like you, I, I seen a lot of effort, but mm. I just didn't understand the gameplay and the style and his inclusion. I didn't find him getting a lot of opportunities, getting into good positions. Mm. So, I'm hoping that you just put it down to a little bit of rust and we can see that because for the Knights to be successful, a Ponga has to be firing for them because yep. they're, they're going to get into close games. But um, I think if you pull up, the Sharks had like something like nearly 700 more run metres and I think we spoke about it last week. For me, they're the most aggressive team in attack. Um, and I was just happy to watch my boy, the, the, the fridge Talakai. Mate. Like I said, bro, when he, when he put Frizzell on his ass off a little casual hit up, it's like this, this bloke is off his head. But yeah, loving him. Yeah, the Sharkies are looking just so top fours. I'm I'm happy to put it out there. Now it's that it's them and Roosters. Yeah, look, the Sharkies just look so good. Battle for the four. They look. It's just such a long season. It is. That, that's the season. thing. I mean, I'm doing a lot of crystal yeah. balls. Today. I mean, yeah. it'll be scary to think if if in a few months' time, if the Sharks have got more levels to go to as well. So they quite possibly they do. Could. Yeah. Well, they do because yeah, Heinz's kicking game was a little bit off. Well, that's it. Like, as, as, like as you said, it was twelve nil after. Yeah. In it was seventy-five so to go. I mean, if he kicks those three goals, which you know, it's not that crazy nowadays for guys to kick all their goals. Mm. I mean, all of a sudden, then you are looking at eighteen nil. Yeah. Um, and that's I'm not. It probably sounds like I'm trying to kick the Knights. I'm not because I just think the Sharks team is just a really fucking good side. Like, yeah. like if, if they lost 18 nil, nil to the Roosters, you probably go, Fuck, it's a pretty good effort to hang in there. Yeah. I think the Sharks are almost one of those sides now. Yeah. Sharks have the roster. Like, they've got yep. they've got the pieces of the puzzle. The spine's solid. The wingers, like, you know, Mulatalo and Katoa, they, they run for a 1,000 metres, them two blokes. And they've already had they injuries in so many spots. They've covered every single one of them. Mm. McInnes wasn't there to start. Wade Graham's still out. They lost to centre on the weekend. Connor the Tracy didn't start the season. And... Mm. They've got Ikevalu not in the team. Wade Graham's not in the team. Fafita uh, taking up a large chunk of the cap, and he's off the yep. bench. Yeah. you still got, like, your Franklin Pellos, your Royce Hunts, these sort of guys that are going to come in on the bench. They're going to be a nightmare. And, uh, I mean, Aiden Tolman scoring that try. Imagine 300th game, the front row. I think it's his 21st try of his career. Oh, yeah. Scores unreal. the first media off the bench. And, <laughs> I mean, without taking the moment away from Tolman, the deception by Braley. He's like playing he's so good. Season. He's having a season and a half. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, thoughts on the, I think it's Dominic Young sin bin. I, and I can't remember what the sin bin was. Do you remember what the sin bin was? I don't, I don't all, remember. All my, note, all my notes say sin bin for that. What a joke. <laughs> That's all my notes say, <laughs> but I can't remember it. Anything? Maddie, could you search, yeah, could you search <laughs> Dominic Young sin bin? Whilst you are looking for that, hasn't he improved though? 
Donald yeah, Young. Like he's massively. still he still can be up and down, which he's he's gonna be. But nah, he's a he's a gun he's, player. Yeah. Well, look, I just think good. Dane Gagai has just helped him so much. Yep. And it's that you know that inside experienced player that gives him confidence, also teaches him good lessons about you know being consistent. What do you got there, Matt? That's right. It was slightly above the horizontal. Yeah, oh, and he got sin right. bits. Yeah. He got sin bin. Oh, because yeah, Mulatalo. He ducked his head. Let's all be honest. Mulatalo did duck his head, uh, which is fair enough. You're, you're getting the penalty. All good. Uh, it was eight nil at that point too. Yeah, that sin bin was a joke. All over the sin bins, bro. I'll be honest. That, tell me how over slightly it. over the, sin, the horizontal. How is that a sin bin? It's not even intentional. Like it, Mulatalo was sweet. Like I, he didn't go off for a HIA or anything. Like I uh, understand you shouldn't be calling on if they're why sweet. Why do we always but need to have one extreme in the game to just, start the year? Like why yeah. do we need to sin bin everyone? And so that's why that's why I'm reticent. Like the Knights, it was eight nil at that point. One try, they're back in the game. So I still think the Knights should take a lot of positives out of that game. The, the Sharks are playing really good. But that sin bin, we have to chill on the we sin We have bins. to, bro. Honestly, it's changing games. Way too many. Like, it is smashing games. Like, 8-0 and you get a sin bin over slightly horizontal. Meanwhile, we're inserting chips into the football. And That's what I mean. It's got to be five minutes there. The if you're going to give sin bins out it's like just, they're penalties, yeah. It's, yeah. you've got to change it. I just reckon, in that situation... Penalty, like yes, a little bit dangerous, but when you watch the replay, it was fine. Like, yeah. put it on report. Penalty, we move on. Ten, ten whole minutes in the bin. What's that like? Five or six sets? It's a man down. Like you like, can't do that. Far, You're dictating just, games with that. How yeah. is that more beneficial than eradicating a few penalties? It's not. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But the the Sharks were definitely the better side. Like, let's be clear. Sharks yeah. were definitely the better side. So, Knights, Knights fans, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Um, yeah, back to Braley, though. He is playing such good footy. Mm. He's so silky now. He's just, he's just elevated himself into that different tier of hooker. I wouldn't say he's in the top tier yet. No. But I would say where he's at the start of the top tier mm. in basically – if he continues this over the next 12 months, it's like what Reed Marnie was at the start of last yeah. year. And this has always been the guy Blake Braley is when he's been coming through. He's always mm. been this sort of a hooker. It's just taken a few years for him to, to find his way. I, I thought, you know, all the attention went to Talakai, which was fair enough. He was on board. I thought the other centre was really good too, Ramian. Um, he's been really good this year. Oh, mate, one try assist, errors, one line break assist, six tackle breaks, 130 metres, 14 tackles, none missed. I, I thought he was really good too. Look at this for a damaging team. 45 tackle breaks compared to 19. Right. And we're just, you know what we're seeing as well is like when, when Fitzgibbon signed, I actually said he's the perfect, if you could sign one coach for the Sharks, it would be Fitzgibbon because their biggest issue was their defence. They could score points. There was no, I think there was a period there where there was last year or the year before where they were the second or third most points scored. It was just their defence that needed to be sorted. Fast forward, their defence is sorted to hold the Knights to 18-0 uh, their attack is crazy. It's even gone to another level. Uh, so good. An extra 700 metres, as you said, Shandor. Mm. Uh, five line breaks to one. The Sharkies are looking so good. And I still don't believe they've gotten the best out of McInnes yet. I think he's got a fair bit to go. Like, he's coming off the bench doing a great job. But I think he's got another level to go. Uh, Wade Graham to come back. I mean, uh, Will Kennedy, he's... he's uh, So yeah. solid. Last year, so Guru, another hot take. He believed that just that year... Kennedy was played better than Ponga last year. Like you would have Pong, uh, Kennedy above. And I said, I still would have had Ponga above him form-wise last year because I thought Ponga had some real game-defining 
uh, moments. But I think like right now, if you were to rate form, Kennedy's right up there. Like oh, I, I think he's overtaking Edwards. So most consistent, underrated bro. fullback. So consistent. Like he's just every Edwards week he so delivers good. every single week. And like yeah, Edwards. But like we, we talk about Edwards more and more now. Mm. We still don't talk about Kennedy. Yeah. Like he does this every single week. Mm. He's silky, eh? Yeah. He's just. And the context of what team you're playing in is such a massive factor. Yeah. And Kennedy just week in, week out, regardless of the result, regardless of performance, he always turns up and has a solid but game. We're, we're saying that we think this team is a top four side. I, I think the vast majority of people, if you ask them to name their top ten fullbacks, I don't know if people put Will Kennedy in there. Yeah, that's a good point. No. Mate, I most, honestly most reckon a lot would, of people would forget yeah, about him. No one got, mentioned yeah, forget him. Like got, doesn't exist. You've, true, got, true, true. you've got Gutho, you've got Pappenhusen, Hausen, you've got um, Reese Walsh, you've got... Um, You've got, oh my God, Chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're starting to get up, like, so you're at five now, and we haven't even named uh, Tom Dubovic, Teddy, Trell. So and you haven't even named other guys that have played fullback previously, Edwards. like a Nico Hines, yeah. mm. like a Munster, like a Hughes, that other that people like to throw in as well. Like, oh, he goes under the radar. The like, I honestly reckon people would put Selwyn Cobbo at fullback over Kennedy. Some genuinely some, would. Some honestly yeah. would. Like, <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, it's a fair shout for sure. You've got Hamiso still, Hamiso at fullback. Mm. So it's a, yeah, it's a fair shout. Uh, he's just silky man. Far out, he's silky, and he's not that big of a bloke. But no. he doesn't really get dominated at all. So so good at the back. Uh, Moyes are obviously playing good. Nico Hines, uh, mate, I can't believe how good he's playing. He might be playing better than, than at the he's storm. So good, bro. Like, and you know the best. Like I, I thought that his game the other night was good, but he wasn't. Braining it outstanding nah, and they nah. still got the job done mm. convincingly. Yeah, mm. convincingly. And to take a team, like he's the guy, get signed from outside the eight to now considering a top four threat. That's you know how hard that is to mm. do for for a let's say they sign Nathan Cleary. You would say that's a successful jump for Nathan Cleary. Hines, who's a fullback, to come and do that, it's crazy. He's got it? so much upside too. Like so much just upside. about his kicking game last week, I, I said it was the difference in the game. I know this week it was off, but like yep. imagine his development in a halfback role going from fullback, all of the yep. like genuine halfback attributes, when he picks them up and adds them into the game yep. on top of the class he's got with his touches and skills. Mm. Oh. And I mean, take yourself back three weeks ago, round one, they have to go to Canberra mm. without their coach, yep. without McInnes. Without Wade Graham, with their halves playing their first ever game together, they lost by, off the top of my head, two or four points. If they win that, all of a sudden, they're undefeated with the Panthers. Mm. It was one, it was should be. one should error. Be, yeah. should it was one error that made Raiders, like, I think, kick the ball down yep. and get a, a good set. If they don't do that error, they win the game. It's yes. Spine's first game together without their coach travelling with them. Yep. And Moylan has played barely any footy as well. So it's super impressive. Um, I think you'd have to say, like, right now, if you do the Dally M Awards and rah rah, You'd have to say Fitzgibbon's coach of the year. Yeah, and I think you'd be close to giving mm-hmm. Hines a Dally M, wouldn't you? He's been since like, there's been other guys that've been great, but he'd be right up there. Yeah, you, if you if you gave him the Dally M now, I wouldn't argue. Yeah, he wouldn't against push it. back on it. Yeah, you know, you've, you've taken a team that was like nine or tenth last year. Yep. All the way to what are they sitting third or fourth at the moment? Yep. Uh, yeah, really, really impressive. So Sharkies fans, a lot to like. Uh, interesting. Does Talakai stay in the centres now? Got to stay in the team somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but uh, he's one of those guys that if you're playing against Cronulla, you hope he's not on the team shirt. Yeah. Put him anywhere. I think you don't – look, give it a crack. Leave him there for now. See if it works. If it does, you've literally got the most damaging centre in the game. Yeah, but he is a guy that 
you can catch out in defence as well. That sure. has always been a thing with Talakai. So he's going to have these games where you just think, fuck, he's a world beater. Um, but, uh, you know, we spoke about in the offseason, I've said for a while, if he can just find consistency, he should be a top 10 forward mm. in rugby league. He just mm. went into centre yeah. and dominated the, the form centre of the competition. Well, I just think that it may be true that he gets caught out defensively, but until he shows that, until it give it a crack. Yes. You know, instead yep. of being like, oh, let's not do it because it might happen. Right now, you, like after that one game, you've got the best centre in the comp, literally. Like other, Joey Mine, obviously number one. Uh, but 17 tackle breaks out there, I'm, you know, I'm willing to leak a try for 17 tackle breaks. And they're now turning game. guys that I thought were gun depth in the back row into first choice centres. Mm. You now don't have Connor Tracy, Nikavalu in this back line. I mean, like that sort of depth is unbelievable. It's crazy. Great signs. Uh, to the Knights now. Uh, look, I, I thought I thought it was a good game by the Knights. I, I thought they really hung in there, especially like, there was like, you know, Saifidi brothers probably didn't have their best games, mm. few errors. Uh, I think that it was a good game to show that things didn't really go the Knights' way. The bounce of the ball didn't go their way, but they were still in it all the way up until the 75th minute against a red-hot shark side that seems to be playing really well. I really like what I'm seeing from the Knights. Really like it. I mean... They've lost. They lost to the Sharks this week. They lost to the Panthers last week. They had sin bins in both of them. They've they've hung in in both contests. So, yeah. full credit to them, mate. I think that you know, I feel sorry up there because it seems like Joey gets all the compliments and Adam <laughs> O'Brien gets all the negatives. Yeah, it's like hold on, you can't you can't just compliment everything and put it towards Joey, and then the things you don't like go fucking Adam Bryan. I think Adam O'Brien's done a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, and I think he deserves more credit for what's going on up there. Definitely. What do you got, Shandor? How do you rate the Knights game? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think they're going along at a good pace. I just, I'm just keen to see the injection of Ponga now uh, working what with what is in our opinion uh, inform halves mm. um, across the board. Even losing um, Fitzgibbon and uh, what's his name from last week with the send off. Barnett. Yeah, Barnett. Barnett. Like, yeah. they're big workhorses. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see this next three weeks, how they come together. I do I do feel like they need to get back in the winning circle. Oh, for sure. Good, solid start. Good signs for fans. But um, let's see now how it can all gel and if they can actually compete with the better teams. Yeah, and you're, you know, we're getting closer and closer to Braley walking back into this side too, who was mm. one of the form hookers of the competition last year. How, how obvious is it how important the nines are? Oh, like, it's, today's game. you talk about the Sharks, like Braley being where he is is crucial. Mm. With the spine, I think, has never been so... It's never, like, highlighted itself so much, and the nine is such a big factor for that. So, Braley back for them will be huge as well. They have Manly next week on Thursday, so huge clash. I mean, I, I just think big this year's so good. Big opportunity for them. Yes, yeah, I was about to say, like, the, this opportunity for the Knights mm. is, like... This is the one. It can kind of erase the last two weeks. You can kind of go, okay, yeah, we lost, but let's look at the circumstances. Couple of sin bins, rah rah. Whereas if they can knock off the, the Sea Eagles, uh, it's it just kind of goes, oh yeah, we are who we say we are. Mm. We are who we I think they are. Hundred percent. You know what agree. I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, whereas if they go and lose against the Sea Eagles, even if it's a, a to the death last minute, all of a sudden that doubt of like maybe. We yeah. aren't yeah. who we, we got, say we three are. Three losses can turn into five all of yeah. a sudden when yeah. they're a better team than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and when in reality, it's just one extra game. Like, nothing has really changed. They were really close against the Sharkies. They lost to Penrith. Like, Penrith and Sharkies, two of the form teams in the competition. Then they lose to Manly, who has found their form again. Like... That's actually not that dire at all. You, you guys weren't even... You were wooden spoon favourites to a lot of people. And then you're losing to Premiership... The Premiership winners... And your Sharks, the hottest team in the comp right now, and Manly, who are also supposed to be a premiership. So it's actually not as dire. But I think that people will start thinking in the team, like, get that feeling of, oh, shit, 
we are nowhere near where we thought mm. we were. So huge, huge game. Yeah, I really like, hope they knock them off. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question about that game. Just I want to throw it to three of you. Do you reckon there's a clear favourite in that game? Manly versus Knights up in Newcastle? No way. No way. Because, no because way. Newcastle are paying $2.60 to win. Know, Hardest game that. of the round. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's a 50-50 call for me. Proper 50-50. Um, and yeah, the, the fact that the, the Seagulls are $1.50, it's crazy to me. The Knights look fan- And it's at home. Really? It's at Knights I'm home. A, I'm having a sneaky. Thank you, Matty. Hey, I tell you what, it's good value. That is good value. Knights at home against a manly side that's only really put together one good game. Pretty inc- pretty good value there. In saying that, they, when they do put it together, the Seagulls are crazy yeah, good. They're, they're, they're getting better every week. They could week. be close. Yeah. I still think I, they're winning on effort. Yeah. I, I just think that the reason why they looked so good last week is because DCE took a step back, yes. allowed foreign. Yes to do what he does. And then the game opened up for DC later on in the match. Whereas if it's, it, whenever DC starts and he's got his hands on everything, he, he almost outworks himself. It's it just becomes too much. You pick your moments. And all, yeah, exactly. And it becomes too predictable. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, whereas I thought DC had one of the best games he's had in years on the weekend. Like he was outstanding. Uh, I actually, ha- I had him in my team of the week, but that last try from Moses, I was like, I can't keep, no. yeah, <laughs> could, you know, yeah, you yeah. just couldn't keep Moses out of that no side. Geez, t- t- 260 Newcastle in Newcastle. I know. Anytime, that's good value. Good value. Uh, I do agree as well with the sentiment of it is going to be interesting how the they adapt to Ponga being back inside yes. now. Do they need to change anything? Does Ponga need to change something? Find that balance? Because it seemed like a lot of Ponga's work on the weekend was one-out hit-ups because it was like he, in his mind, rightly so, was like, I need to get through a bunch of work. Like, we've got all these other fullbacks getting 20 hit-ups. Oh, I need to have my hands on the ball. Whereas maybe they do need to find that balance of just injecting himself where they need him. Uh, I did think we were kind of going to see that, but yeah. given all the chat, like for me, Joey basically went there to make sure Kalen has the impact he does on that team. Now, first game, I completely agree with you, and respectfully, I like what he was trying to do, mm. roll the sleeves up, get involved yep. with the team, but Kalen's best impact for this team is going to be working with the halves, making sure that he's got players around him, getting yeah. him in good positions. So let's, next week, fuck it, Ponga, Turbo. Oh, how good. Like Ponga, we want to see it. Yep. Turbo, we're, we're, de- we're going to see it. Like, yeah. fuck, it's going to be a cracker. And like for the Knights, you know, in the Knights' defence as well, and you alluded to it, look at their swan. It is Randall, Clifford, Clune, uh, all three guys at the start of the year, you wouldn't say are definitely first graders. Mm. They've never played together before. Ponga has never played with them. So if anything, it's actually really impressive that they're clicking even to a degree. They shouldn't be clicking at all. I agree, yeah. That, that could have been a reserve grade spine last year. Outside of Ponga, without any, sure. Outside of KP, yeah. yeah. But the rest of them, like it wouldn't be out of place if all three of those guys were running around in reserve yeah. grade. I know? really like what Clune's doing, yeah. man. Like yeah. I like what he's doing. Same. I think as well with KP, like... Uh, maybe I'm overplaying it, but like obviously he's trying to play his way into this team and find his spot. Fuck, Shark Park's a hard place to do it. Oh, that. yeah. And then like we have to remember, the Sharks are red hot red right hot. now. They're, it's not the Sharks that are a middle-of-the-table team. This is, a, this is a Shark side that can put it to the top-tier sides. Yeah. Mm. No, they'd be pumping there. Like, yeah. You can see it's good vibes at <laughs> Cronulla killing at the moment. It. Uh, now, on to Panthers v the Rabbitohs. What a, what a match. What Crazy. a match. Uh, again, Rabbitohs... Huge issue is their completion. And it's like what we said last week is like the Rabbitohs, in my opinion, are going to be a week-to-week team where you just you don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get 80, 80 to 90% completion and they bash teams? Or are you going to get this 50% completion where passes aren't sticking, blokes are dropping balls? Uh, we'll talk firstly about the Panthers. Holy shit, their backs are good. Bro. Speak to me, Shandor. What do you think? Mate, it's outrageous. I'll tell you who's... 
like of all the players we know, the Tago's, the May, Crichton was like his try was fucking elite. He's so good. It was so good. But Luai is going under the radar mm. just because the halves at the moment are just off their head. But for me, he's so good. The the setup, the way he's playing, like his impact is just unbelievable. And I think building around Kikau, you're starting to see like they they were running a play where I don't know if you've seen they would have done it about three times where Luai's wrapping around Kikau now. Mm. It's it looks like a block shape, then he's coming around, and then you've got Tago and May. So their shape, their ball play off Luai, the impact Kikau's having. I'm on the Dylan Edwards train now, definitely like massive respect. I know yeah. he's that under the radar fullback in a in a pool of freak fullbacks, mm. but. Um, just loving him, but mate, how exciting are they to watch? It's like, yeah. I'm loving watching the Panthers and to have Cleary back to top it off. You know, they, they were never going to get beaten, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the the Cleary coming back after what they'd done the first few rounds. Uh, just on Edwards, we don't really say it because it's a a crazy comparison or whatever, but his statistics are similar to when Teddy was killing it. Now, I understand Teddy is one of the greatest fullbacks of all time, but if you were to say. Edwards is only 5% less than Teddy. People are like, no way, like Teddy's the Australian fullback. But Edwards puts up these numbers and he put up these kind of numbers towards the finals run uh, pretty regularly now. It's, it's, not a, it's not a blip on the radar of, you know, he ran for 250 plus metres, he had six, seven tackle breaks. He does this pretty regularly now. Mm. So I believe he's beginning to force his way when we're just talking about form into that top echelon of fullbacks. For sure. You look at the Panthers run through the finals last year, they lost one game. Guess who was missing that one game? Yeah. Edwards, he played the other three games broken. Like mm. you heard Ivan Cleary talk about that he was waking up in the middle Crazy. of the night going, he's not going to be able to get through this game. I'm going to be without a fucking fullback in this game. He had and a he broken just, foot. Yeah, it's incredible. He's he's so impressive. And I, I think we said it last week that, you know, this. I, I look at their back five, I honestly think it might be one of the best back fives ever. And Toto isn't playing at the moment. Yeah, it's sick. insane. Like I cannot believe. And these two kids have played 10 games combined out on the left sting. And like Crichton is on the other wing who, you know, is compared to Israel Folau when he was coming through. Now, I think Izzy was probably a little bit further along, but Crichton is such... He's got a, that something about him, though, something. And he might oh, not yeah, even be playing his position. Yeah. 100%. He's a superstar. For Edwards, the two big attributes that have developed, he was just a ball-running fullback. Mm. Now, does he have the game-breaking ability? Maybe not yet of the Tedesco, but his, his passing has gone through the roof. Yep. As well as there's just no errors. We don't see that from him anymore. So that was a huge issue. That's what's taking him up. I think the other thing that holds him back is that he's sort of hampered to some extent by the way that Penrith play. They don't play him on both sides of the ruck. Mm. He Mm. sticks exclusively to the right, whereas Teddy pops up left and right, as as all these fullbacks. But I mean, if you're the Panthers, why would you change it? Plus, Brad, do your best. Mate, look at their back line. You're just doing your best to try and chime in how you can. Oh, their back line on the. The crazy thing is, is that. So I put a post up, their back line essentially did the same amount of numbers as the same grand final back line, and they only have two of the same players from that back line yep. from the grand final. That, to be able to do that, like think about other teams if they lost three of their starting five outside backs from the grand final. You, I mean, we look at the Rabbitohs, they just lost one. They lost Gagai and their back line is struggling slightly. The Panthers lost three, crazy, and that's bro. not including Naden. That's not including Nathan. And even Staines, like, he's a guy. How, yeah. how good is it when he runs the ball? Oh, mate. Ever, know, ever since May has come into the side, yeah, he's got to rock up his up ass, in. and yeah. he's been fantastic. So good. Fantastic. So good. Um, I think also on that left edge, and we've spoken about in the last few weeks, 
kick out like you spoke about all, all the shapes and stuff they run you imagine if three years ago someone would have sat you down with a whiteboard and showed you the plays that they run and go this is the role that kick out is going to play yeah you would have just said crazy not a hope in hell is he going to be able to do that he is four games in he's got two tries three tries his five line break assists in four games if that was a halfback you'd be happy with that yeah yeah it's, it's such a, a smart way to play him because you're expecting that big barnstorming run every time. And even if he isn't doing it, he makes you stop because he, you have to. You have to stop for him. They're using it so well. But that overs line where Luai sweeps around and creates the yep. numbers and overlap, if we keep seeing that, and then next week, who knows, maybe they start to hit him short. But what he can do on ball and off ball well, that's it's the thing, off-ball is where he's the most yeah, dangerous. Exactly. And you see him so many times, he goes out the back of Tago and he's in that high-pressure situation. He's made three errors this year. There's no other second brother can do like, that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, he. Oh, I said on Instagram the other day, he's the biggest guy on the field. He could have made a career out of being the biggest guy on the field and not added anything to his game. Mm. He's gone and added this new skill set, which got, is yeah. incredible. It's how good like, is it? I said the other day, I think if you had a scale of, like, the Fafita second rower to the Wade Graham second rower, Tell me Kikau's not closer to Wade Graham now. Mm. Like the way that he's able to ball play and it's it's and I incredible. I think we've spoken about that, but that's that's where the second rails are going. Hard running. Like, yeah, there's 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 the corners of the world who are just tough and will always get you to where you need to go. But we're seeing the development. I, f- I feel like games are going to be won and lost around mm. second rails. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of people say to me, oh, yeah, he doesn't run at the big guys. I'm like, you're not, not valuing him on the to. footballer he is. You're valuing him on what he's not like. Yeah. Look at, like, sorry, his team's lost... lost Four games of football in two and a half years. He's not my man, Tyler like either. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's like, okay, so to prove that he's tough, <laughs> you want to change a system that wins premierships. Yeah, Just so change, you can yeah. say he's tough. Uh, let, let me let, let, me right, let you in on a little wingers, secret. Yeah, you're not wingers. <laughs> let me let you in on a little secret. If you're an NRL player as a forward, you are tough. Yeah. That's simple. That's simple. Doesn't matter how soft you think they are. <laughs> I promise you, Kikau is hard as fuck and would run at anyone. He, anyone that you asked him to, Kikau would be like, sweet. His job is to isolate smaller players with his big size and footwork. If he if he didn't have crazy footwork, he would be in the middle as a front rower, running straight at people. Mm. But why would you waste? It's like, for example, people say, oh, for feeder. You know, oh, he only runs at the little blokes. It's like, I can show you tries where Fafita literally bumps to Tola. Mm. Like, oh, is he a little bloke now? Like, it's all game plan. These guys would run at whoever you are. And you know what? Any NRL player would run at any other NRL player if you ask them to. Mm. It's all of part course. of the game plan. Like, it's just... And it's choices. If I see a nine or a seven, mate, I know who I'm running at. I can either... Okay, so just to show you I'm tough, I'll fuck my whole game plan up for my team. Like, what, what, are, you t- what are we talking about here? I'm trying, I'm trying to win a match, not show you how tough I am. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, the Panthers just look – I mean, they've just got a system there now. Like, they've proven it with the, the clean out of their backs. They lost Kurt Catewell. We haven't even spoken about the loss of Kurt Catewell. Think about that. We haven't even spoken about the loss of arguably a, a – Franchise team, bro, you said it. It's crazy. That's where, that's where they're at. Like, Catewell was so good last year. A lot of people would have picked Capewell over Kickout. Mm. That's how good he was as a player. We haven't spoken about him once, that's, and that's no knock on Capewell. That just shows you that's Storm Roosters shit. Like, doesn't yep. matter who's leaving. These guys have a full stable of blokes coming through. Yep. Something else I thought about, um, and I, and I, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone or anything like this. Is just, I guess, an assumption. You know, having been in, uh, I guess, rugby league circles, but think about if you're, and you probably could speak better on this, um, Shandor. If you are a young Polynesian boy, the Storm and the Roosters aren't your team anymore. 
you look at the Panthers and go because oh, the yeah. Panthers celebrate that quite a lot. Like they yes. they have such a Polynesian, I guess, core of players. They embrace it. They embrace it. I I just think that as a young Polynesian boy, you see things you relate to. It's fun. It's cool. They seem to have a very similar thing to, you know, what are the like the young boys like. And I, I just I look back on the weekend. I'm like, think about all the because our bulk of our best athletes are the young Polynesian mm. boys. There's no denying that yep. they come over here, they kill it. And if they're given the same uh, training as all the young Aussie boys, they're usually can kill it. And I was like, that's such a big advantage for the Panthers because they're like the mecca. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it just goes back to the, the foundation of it. Like for us and our upbringing and the culture we've been surrounded in, if we were to go to a storm of roosters and it's a real hard line and there's, you know, no mucking around, no no entertainment, no personality, mm. you, we can kind of conform to that. We get yeah. it. We're happy to just work hard and put our head down. But for these guys, they have that personality. We've yeah. seen them. You know, they like a laugh. They like to be outgoing. So to curb that is probably not bringing the best out of them in a team environment and situation. Yeah. So to go to a Panthers, to have it celebrated, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's matched with hard work. Yeah, but sure. to, to allow these guys to be themselves and mm. feel comfortable, yeah. I think for Polynesian players, that is massive because yeah. they go into their shell already. So if you're curbing their personality and who they really are, so in an environment where that comes out, I think you're going to see the best of that style of player in yeah. that environment for all sure. day. And that's for massive. Sure. Yeah, and what do you think, Gary? Uh, it's credit to the Panthers and Ivan Cleary. He, they're coaching and they're pulling through the squad that they've got, not the one that you ideally want. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they're actually coaching the team that they've got. And, mm. you know, like f for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, whenever I look at, you know, whenever like a Tonga or a Samoa team are playing in a, a test match, I look at it and you always look and you go, oh, geez, the halves are a little bit weak. Mm. Like a, a guy like Jerome Luai, he's just flipped the narrative. Yeah. Mm. Unbelievable. And it's, it's so good to see. And I imagine for a lot of young you know, Polynesian ball players, it must be huge. Mm. And to get the opportunity to be part of that system would be massive. Well, so it's good, like, it's, and again, it's not specifically to Polynesian boys. Like when I went to New Zealand, you have a tendency to gravitate towards Aussie players. Just, it's, it's this weird, like, comfortable. You, of course. They, they, they know the same things you know. They've got the same kind of upbringing. Whereas I just think that, that that's a, a real underappreciated thing the Panthers have done have allowed those guys to flourish the, exactly who they are, like To'o, Crichton, uh, Luai. Like these guys are all very big personalities mm. and it's very easy for footy teams to go, no, no, that's not the way you do things. Whereas Panthers have just done it so well. And I, I, I truly believe that there's a lot of young Polynesian boys looking to that. Now, kind of like there was a period there where the Storm had so many Kiwis. Yep. So a lot of Kiwis looked at the Storm like, I'm going to be comfortable there. They, there's a group of men there that understand me. And I, I just think the Panthers deserve point. a credit for the way they've handled that um, and allowed everyone to kind of be who they are uh, because and it's a credit to the game like think of the we, we take it for granted but think of the game two years ago or even three years ago it was storm and roosters and like that's how you did mm. shit we have the storm and roosters do it that's how you do stuff whereas panthers came along and they just add so added so much energy to rugby league yeah. these loud brash kids that you know love to have fun and on the field they were like india but off the field they were very polite very respectful very you they know what i mean who they are they embraced who they are and it was almost like oh there is a different way we can do these kind of things mm. and i think panthers don't get enough credit for, uh, for being so good at embracing that. Yeah. Uh, it was just something when I was, you know, again, I could be wrong. I don't want to speak no, for anyone. No, no. It to was your just point, a bro, to change the narrative as well, first thing people will say is, yeah, that's good, and they're winning. You mm. know what I mean? 
Now, let's not say, oh, if they weren't winning, it would be an issue, the way no. they're carrying on their personality. Let's more attribute the winning to yeah. the fact that they are allowing that. Yeah. And maybe that's a big cultural reason why. Absolutely. So I think that's important because I know that's where people's mind would go, oh, it's, yeah, it's all good if you're winning. Yeah. Well, no, let's let's look at maybe that's having an actual yeah. impact on the result. And they are winning. Like, exactly. They are winning. And just to add on to the culture stuff, like they're doing the tough shit better than anyone. I would argue they're doing the tough yeah. shit better than yeah. anyone has in a long time. As a team, yeah. they just yeah. that that's a fucking yeah. that is a team. That's a that unit. Like, they're bro. playing for something much more than a jersey. Yep. Is it is a bond there that they've they've been able to and there's a bond of people from all different walks of life that they've been able to um, kids that have been core group of playing yep. together since they were fucking yep. twelve. Like, and I mean mate. like I think Charlie Staines is a cracking example. Mm. He came into the game, scored four tries and you know, he, he he would sometimes finish the game with four tries and seven runs. Yeah. You know? And you can see that Right. Obviously, someone's chipped him off, or he's looked around the room and gone, "Fuck, I've got to buy in with these yeah. boys." And the amount of runs, like he's taken more runs in the last three weeks than I've seen him take yeah. his whole career. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I just think they deserve a lot of credit, and 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 I guess it's proof that there are many ways, different ways to play footy, to bring people together. And I think the Panthers do it extremely, extremely. You say well. it all the time, can be as well, because I've I was under Ivan when I was there before, and like his, you know bit of a different cat yeah very so like different. the the energy and the culture there was like so i would love to know what the big change was yeah. what the big catalyst was i honestly think to your point i think he sat back mm. and that core group elevated they know they've played together i know they were young yeah but i think it was just a decision to be like you know what i'm gonna let these guys go yeah i'm not gonna try and over manage or take control yeah and like and just let them let their personalities yeah. come through and just i think that, i honestly think that's what must have happened and you look at ivan cleary's coaching career as well when was last time the warriors made a grand final mm. 2011 yeah. under Ivan, he gave mm. James Maloney and a young Sean Johnson in his first year the keys and just let them play mm. their rugby league. Yeah, yeah. It's what he's done at Penrith and it's yeah. paid huge dividends. Oh, yeah, I just think they, yeah, they absolutely, Panther, the Panthers deserve a huge rap of bringing of an energy into the game that we hadn't really seen much before. And oh, I love it. So, yeah, fair, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Uh, and, and like there's an argument that before, you know, three years ago, their team was built around James Maloney. Mm. They were going down that manly, yeah, Storm sort true. of avenue yep. He leaves And I sort of went mm. Shit poor old Nathan Cleary's not going to have The best winner in rugby league Next to him anymore yeah. And they just back their boys in And they, so they fly and, and you can't tell me You watch them play And don't see a difference oh, like yeah. it, it doesn't mean One's better than the other Not at all It just means that They just have a different vibe A different style um, and they seem to celebrate it. They seem to allow yeah, their players to really celebrate who they are and happy to play footy. They own the losses. Yeah. They celebrate the wins. For sure, for sure. So, no, really good, really good there. Um, outside of that, yeah, fantastic play by the, the Panthers. They are in a league of their own right now. I think that it's Panthers, there's a gap, then there's everyone else right now. I don't yeah, think I there's any other... I don't think there's any other part of the table where there's just one, one team. You know, even at the bottom of the table, I think there's a clump. Whereas at the moment, the Penrith Panthers are absolutely on another level. But it's a very long season. How do they stay at this level is the hard question that has been obviously answered for year on year. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. you want to ask that question, but then you're like, fuck, I've seen them do it. Yeah. And they've been doing I mean, it for two years I now. I don't see it not happening. Yeah. yeah. We, again, in their defence, they've gone grand final, grand, grand final loss, grand final win. So basically for, what, nearly 30 months now, they have been working at this level. So... They're probably going to continue doing that. And then they've started this level this season without their halfback, yep. without their front row, without Liam Martin. They've now lost their best winger. It's crazy. 
Incredible. The more you talk about it, the more impressive it gets. Yeah. Now, onto the Rabbitohs. Uh, I actually thought, I know they lost. I thought this was Ilias' best game. Yep. I was so impressed with Ilias. He yep. is the coming stock is rising. leaps and bounds. Yep. This guy's a teenager. Mm. He's a teenager, and he is putting in performances the way he put. Like I loved his his calmness. I loved his ability to to read things. He was uh, to all the way to the end of the game. He was battling. There wasn't a single really part of his game where I was disappointed with on the weekend. I thought he was really really good. And we have to remember, this is a teenager going. Chicago's twenty one. He's 21. I keep yeah. saying teenager. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's because he's so, so he hasn't played much football. But he's played the football of a teenager. Yeah. That's the thing because he didn't play rugby league last year. Yeah, people yeah. undervalue that. So he's 21 going up against Nathan Cleary, who is on the path to at least be one of the greatest halves of all time. Like he has the same stats. You name it. Any any great half that you want to put in front of him was Thurston, Joey, whoever you want, Fitler. Cleary's resume stacks up. Now, he may not eventually get there, but it stacks up right now. So for Ilias to come out and play the way he did against a guy like him, I think that speaks massive volumes. We've been talking about it for a few weeks, and we yeah. said last week that was the game he needed. Fuck, I thought he was imp- – like, considering mm. he's coming into a side – like he's came into that game against the defending premiers who are undefeated. His team's got a losing record, a little bit of pressure on him. I thought his game was great. Fuck, I wish he would have got given that try. Yeah, that, was that just would have been – no one deserves it more nice. than him in that game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mate, if you had to rank the best halves on the field, I think Elias was a top two half on the field. I tell you yeah, what, I saw this week competitive. He's yeah. very competitive. He's got a big engine, works hard. He's everywhere. This, the the typical halfback attributes. I think we've seen that. But we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, which was maybe not his best game. But we said there's a trajectory here where if yeah. he's just given confidence and given an opportunity and a chance, I feel like you're starting to see him become a bit more comfortable. Yeah, and I, I sort of I looked at his game the other night and thought. Wow, it felt like he had a lot of touches. Mm. Went and checked the stats. He's averaging about 10 more touches than Cody Walker every game so mm. far this year. Mm. It's confidence. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. Thought, thought on the instruction call that seems to be like fully black and white. There is no room for context. Do you like this? Do you think it's? Do you think these black and white calls are worth howlers like we saw on the weekend? At least two of them where the obstruction clearly didn't affect the play. What are your thoughts? Can't be black and white, bro. It just can't be. There has to be. There has to be context allowed. Why? Why do we have context around? Even what's what's another controversial topic? The put down for a try is is now trying to be black and white, but it's so hard because inside and outside shoulder. I'm not saying players can or are manipulating that, but they probably are. But I think we're seeing some missed opportunities off the back of what seems to me to be quite obviously something that didn't really affect the yeah, play. Like there's no way he's getting across to no, do that. Like it sucks. What are your thoughts, Guru? Grey areas. We can't handle them. We just can't handle we, them. I just, I, yeah. I, I think there's always going to be howlers, and there's always going to be ones that, I mean, if they did put a bit more leniency in it, I, I think we'd be sitting here in a few weeks going, how on earth did they come up with that? Yeah. Like, I, I just. The ones that are so obvious, though, where it's like, bro, that had nothing to do with the play. Like, let it, let's be real here. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence with this one. I understand the black and white mindset because we have a tendency. But I just think that it's gone so far. How often do we see players now immediately pull up, even though they haven't obstructed anyone? Like, for example, Wonga Blake literally stopped running last night because he was scared of an obstruction, even though Reid Marnie was like, ran way through the line, like intentionally sprinted through the line. Wonga Blake shat himself and stopped on a try-scoring opportunity because broken field play. 
that's how far it's gotten where players Sucks. are scared. Sucks. As soon as they go behind a player, immediately it's like, oh shit, obstruction. And that's yeah. the thing, like, you, you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if, if, you, if there is an obstruction and you go through and you're 50 50 on whether it was or not, you're almost better getting tackled yeah. and get a quick play the ball because then we never talk about it again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I think, like, have we gone too rigid yeah. with the rules? Like, Because I do think that last year there were some times where they said here it had no impact on the play play on. There were absolutely times where they did that. And then there were some times where it was like, nah, it's black and white. So I thought that was uh, pretty rough on um, pretty rough on the Rabbitohs, but I do believe Panthers were the better side. Anyone else that uh, stood out from you from the Rabbitohs? I, I kind of, I was a little bit disappointed, especially, you know, I'll, I'll kind of get quite judgmental on the, the um, back line and the edge defence and stuff like that. I gave Tane Milne a big rap last week. It was, you know, I just I was hoping for a little bit better from him. I thought a couple of the decisions had a huge impact on some of those Panthers tries. In saying that, some of those Panthers tries, the hands, only they could do that. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe the top four teams, but only they could do that. So, um, yeah, but otherwise, mate, Cook with how many tackles? 61. 61. <laughs> from Cookie. 61, yeah. only one miss. Massive. Wow. Impressive. Massive. Oh, another thing about Lockie Ilias too, just to, from a personal little a little source, and uh, speaking as a former captain and to head of recruitment yourself, Kempi, there has been a request to be considered for our <laughs> Bloat FC. So look, sorry to put him on the spot mate, there, but you know. We'll take it on board. We'll yeah, take it look, on board. Just wanted to. I mean, I can see it. I can see it for yeah. sure. There, a lot of potential there. A lot of potential. <laughs> um, Campbell Graham, once again, big game. I know we Done. had a couple errors, but 167 metres, 68 post contact, uh, five tackle breaks. Uh, I thought he was really good for them. Uh, but I do believe that this completion stuff has to be fixed. It's going to kill them. Yep. It's going to kill them. 56% completion in the first half. Like, how Lockie Elias even played close to decent <sighs> is beyond me. Imagine that bloke with 80% completion, what he could do, and what Cody Walker would do. That game's compl- If they completed 80%, it's a, a barnstormer of game. It was still only 26-12. Now, I know... Cleary missed a lot of kicks, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. A shocker. Yeah. Um, but, mate, this Rabbitohs team, and Maddie, if you can get up their draw, their draw over the next 10 weeks, it's close to perfect. Turn it on, them. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so they, I mean, you know, they, they might be one of the best one and three teams I think we've ever seen. Just the next like, three weeks are Dragons, Bulldogs, Tigers. Where are we at with offloads? So that? have you, no. so you, I personally, I actually think they've gotten through the start of the year Better than I thought they would. This is a win. Agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mate, if you, if we go to extra time and they beat Melbourne, all of a sudden they've got a two and two record. Mm. If mm. they score one more try against Brisbane, yeah, three and one. Like they're, I, they're, I just can't believe they're still in games when their completion is so bad. Like any other team gets good signs. blown yes. off the park. Like their completion the other night. So uh, Panthers completed eighty five percent. The uh, Rabbitohs completed at 65 to 26 of 40, bro. Like, far out. At Penrith. At to Penrith. To hang in the game. Against the Nathan Cleary-led Panthers. With Fisher-Harris back, with Liam Martin back. They had every reason to get done by by 40 the other yeah. night, I thought. And if they completed 85%, that's a, this is a flip the coin who wins. And that's a flip big that's a big stat to fix up. Like, that's very purpose-driven. You yeah. know that you got, you're playing quite well, but to have an impact on wins and losses, you just need to tidy up your completion rate. We know that you just need to go back to basics, get to your kicking, get to your field position. So Look there's a the lot of good signs. the line breaks and the tackle breaks. Line breaks, six to South Sydney, four to Penrith. Tackle breaks, 40, 40. tackle breaks. To 18, Jesus. South Sydney's way. South only had three more missed tackles than errors. Yeah. They're damaging. They, they, they just need to. The Rabbitohs are right there, man. It may not seem like it when you look at their record. You go one and three, you go, oh, shit. But 
when you look at the roosters versus Rabbitohs, mm. guess what they completed at? 81%. And then you go back to round two. We all know what happened in round two. was Horrendous. terrible completion rate. Yeah. Um, their completion rate was 61%. 61% round one. Um, where is it? And I'd love to know what the completion rate for South in round two was at the 60th minute. Yeah. So, so round one, 66%. So it's like it's right there. You know what your answer is. Mm. You know what your answer is. All you got to do is complete and you can literally beat the Premier. Or, you, you know, you can put yourself in a position to beat the Panthers, which is the number one side in the comp right now. I mean, if, if that try for Ilias was given to him, it's a completely different game of football. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, look, like... I, they're I, in a good position, though. Said, I think bro. they're in a good Coming position. Out of that four rounds. I know it's one and three, but when you've actually, if you were to not watch the games, you would go, "Wow, that's a bad start." Mm-hmm. But if you watch the games and you realise their Achilles heel is their completion, uh, I think it's a great start. Twenty-six twelve against the reigning premiers, and you've lost Adam Reynolds and Wayne Bennett. Other Wayne Bennett sides are getting towed up by forty right now, and the whole club is the it's burning. It's literally burning. So, and they're still working out who's playing some pretty key positions as well. Yeah. Like, and they probably need to recruit. I reckon yeah. they need to go on the market for an outside back for sure. Guru, just on your deep dive before, South were one in three in 2014. Yeah, they were. They, they won it, eh? Yeah, so. There you go. <coughs> Boom. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, Rabbitohs, I think uh, plenty of good signs. If you're completing that low and uh, still, <laughs> still taking it to yep. – think about the teams they've played. Broncos, obviously lower tier, but other than that, they've gone Storm. But, but the Broncos, Panthers. there's more to that. It's Suncorp, it's round one. Yeah, for sure. Like it's the worst time to play Brisbane yeah. as much as they are a lower side. Yep. Um, but to go Storm, Roosters, Panthers and come out, obviously they lost those games. Oh, well, they didn't lose against Roosters. But to come out looking as good as they have, I think they're looking great. Mm, they're yeah. looking great. Much, way better than I thought they would. I thought this was going to be a dire first six weeks to eight weeks. And then after that, things would kind of click because Ilias would find his way, but he's found his way way earlier. So yeah, they're in a good position. Good signs for Rabbitohs. Uh, Warriors versus the Broncos. Mm. Thoughts on this one, Shandor? Yeah, another tough one. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't my favourite game to watch. <laughs> I was waiting for the ambush, but uh, it didn't come. But yeah, just... I mean, Warriors are hanging on to to their credit. They're they're racking up a couple of wins, but for me, it's just it's just watching the Broncos and and the disappointment across a couple of the players in their side, key players as well. It's just really hard to watch for them and just searching for answers as to what's going to be the catalyst for a little bit of change. And then you know we're talking about off field incidents and whatnot. But give it to the Warriors. I thought they they had a good crack. The efforts there clearly, but what's the way forward is for them? I don't know. It was nice to see Sean Johnson back in the Warriors How jersey was he? running around as well. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I thought SJ was outstanding for his first game yeah, back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I Very involved. Great. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane, I mean, they scored one try. It was Adam Reynolds just being Adam Reynolds off the top of his head. Yeah. Oh, I got so excited. It reminded me so much of what um, Alan Langer used to do back in the day, that little kick and yeah. regather. But, I mean, such a brief highlight and such a disappointing game for them. I'd what do you do at six next week? Do you consider playing Stags there just to get hit the ball in his hands? No, I, I think at six you Tyson Gamble there, but I think you you genuinely start considering Ezra Man. Like I know you don't plug Walters there. Oh, sorry, Walters. Yeah, he's got an issue Walters. at centres though. Like I'd we'll get into just... that. We'll get into that. Don't <laughs> worry. We'll get into that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, look, Go I don't on, want man. I don't want to be too harsh. I, I you know you guys know I fucking love love the club. 
But I just want to read you the errors from their outside backs. It's bad, man. Tessie New Zero, Corey Oates 3, Katoni Staggs 2, Herbie Farmworth 2, Selwyn Cobo 6. The rest of their team made one error. The rest of their starting team made one error. Let me repeat that for you. The rest of their starting team made one error. As an outside back, Shanda, what's like the one thing you have to do? The one thing you don't want to do is make a fucking error. Make errors. Make errors. And it's just so disappointing. Like when you put that jersey on, you cannot be making multiple errors, you know, week after week. I'm, I'm concerned for like because Tony Staggs, what's going on in his personal life? He doesn't look he's like not himself, he's he? not himself yeah. out there. Yeah, I don't want to talk out of turn, but this it's something's not right. Yeah, something's not right, and something's going on. He does not seem happy. He does not seem like the happy, aggressive, loves his footy, wants to be out there. Um, so, and and we have got no evidence that there no. is other than just seeing his body language. And so when I say concerned, I mean, I'm genuinely yeah. like, I hope he's happy. I hope but losing and having a crack compared yep. to like, there's just a genuine disheartened. Yeah, you know I don't know I mean? where like, it is. And where's that coming from? It can't just be coming from football and losing a couple nah, of games. No, nah, no way. You, you know? Uh, so whatever, if, if there is something going on, I hope I hope it gets fixed. Uh, because at the, right now, like when you look, I, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I already had alluded to this earlier in the year, but I probably think Selwyn needs a couple more weeks in reserve grade. At this stage, it's detrimental for his yeah. development. Yeah. For what I'm saying, it's I think confidence is going to take way too much yeah. of a hit. Because, like, last week he made five errors. Mm. He's made six errors this week. That's 11 errors in two weeks. Mm. As a young fella, that we literally – he's the next superstar, in my opinion. And it's the reason why we spoke about this ad nauseum before the season started. Selwyn Cobo is the next superstar, but don't rush these young no. boys. They don't need to be rushed. A lot of people are calling for him to be at fullback. This is why you don't put them at fullback, you know, because you don't want to get them in there. They make a bunch of errors and then they're scarred for. I think um, the best thing for Selwyn would be getting back in reserve grade, playing fullback, get him really confident, killing it like he was last year. You bring in a guy like uh, Jordan Pereira, who's got yep. plenty of NRL experience. And you've also that too, someone running hard. Running hard, strong runner out of his own end. You've also got uh, Mead in the reserve grade. Uh, I just think the best thing for Selwyn would just be give him some time, some patience, because the last thing you want is Selwyn to come out next week and struggle again. Now, we've seen this time and time again. Dan Gagai makes his NRL debut for the Broncos, made a few errors, he got dropped. Mm. What did that do for his... For his game, look where he ended up. One of the best origin wingers that you've ever seen, really. Like, if you if you take his origin and compare him to any other origin winger, it's right up there. It's right up there. So, you know, sometimes you've got to take a step back to take a few step forwards, steps forward. Uh, with Stags, I, I just hope whatever's going on field uh, can be sorted. I actually thought Corios was really good. I know yeah. he made a no, few I, errors. I, I did too. But I thought he was pretty good on the yeah. weekend. And one of those errors... Could have been a 90 meter try. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you take that away. On top of that, he was they were bombing to him all mm. day long. And his defense was sound. Defense was sound, took a lot of tough carries. So I actually, you know, I was pretty happy with uh, Corey Oates. But as a backline as a whole, you've really got to get together and be like, boys, we cannot afford to be letting down our forwards like this. Imagine, imagine this same game happens, but they all just make one error each. Imagine how different that game different is. Different game. Um, I'll tell you the play with Selwyn. It's a, and you would know, bro. It's Kevy saying that it's it, nothing. It's just going. Look, I want you to go back and work on this. Yeah. With not a guarantee, but you get this done, 
you're coming back into first grade 100%. and I want to see it for our team. Now, yeah. if Pereira kills it, then you're not disheartened if you sell one and you don't feel bad if you're Kevy. But it's just a simple chat. I want you to go back and work on this and you stay true to your word. He goes back, he kills it, sharpens the defence, no errors. Mm. You bring him back in. That's how you would treat and develop that player in that situation, in my opinion. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And make it very clear to Selwyn, mate, you are with us long term. Yes. Like, we love you as a player. We want to build... We have plans for you to be fullback mm. next year. This is your year. platform to go and work yeah. on shit. Cup. This is because we rate you. Yeah. You know, if we want to just use you up and spit you out, we'd keep you in first grade and you do do some great things. You you have some really tough carries. You've got a bit of X factor about you. But we want you to be here for the next 10 years. And the, and the best way to do that, we put you back in reserve grade as a young fella. Mm -hmm. Go and work on exactly this and be really clear about yes. it. Don't be vague. No. Don't be like... Go Not back that and play the coaching. Oh. Just fucking direct. Work on this. And when he does it, yep. fucking glorify it. Yeah. Be like... So I want, I want 15 hit-ups a game, zero errors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's our aim. If you get one error, we can live with it. Anything over one error is too much. Yep. And be really specific. Like 15 – and then if you, if you do that for a young bloke, he can go back. If he does it, he can come back to you and say, I'm doing it. You know, when's the and next And then it's crack? why. Is it, yeah. is it high balls? Are you putting yourself in the wrong position? Yep. What's off with defence? Work-ons. Like, have actually develop him yep. rather than leaving him out there in a back line that's already getting pizzled and the pressure is just going to keep mounting. That's yep. not the place for him. Especially with – we know how good he can be. There's yep. no denying this kid is so special. So special. Humble, respectful. He is the guy you can build a club around. Like, he's the guy. I know myself, if that approach was done to me – I, like it would it's not even like the hurt or the emotion of it i fully understand and can wear that yeah especially yeah. if you build the respect and honesty from the coach yeah go away this is why we're doing it go away and work on this i yeah. execute bang you're rewarded yeah. that's the cycle a player should be going in at a yeah. young age and someone who's in and out of form absolutely and on, on top of that like you'd be surprised how many coaches just drop players and don't even speak to them I know, like, they that's just what get I'm named to which yeah. is fucked they, like you get you walk in on tuesday and or they'll pull you aside and go, mate, we're not going to go with you this week. You know, just you, you just need to go back and work on your game. And you're like, I don't what know makes what you that think means. You can do that. Yeah, I know to it's bizarre. And, and get and think you're going to get a yeah. result or buy in. Whereas Come the on, best man. coaches like Bellamy Robinson will be like, reassure the young lad that you aren't on the way out. You're you're here for the rest. We want you here long term. This is what you need to do. What you got, Guru? I was just about to say, and Maddie, can you just get up there, draw? I think it's a huge three weeks for Brisbane. I think off the top of my head, they've got Penrith and the Roosters oh, no. in the next two weeks. <laughs> they've got if, Roosters next week. Net Roosters next week. I think they've got Penrith the week after, Take Maddie. It. Roosters, Penrith, Bulldogs, Sharks, South. Manly. Doggies are good. So they've got five in the next five games. Next six games, they've got five, in my opinion, top six teams. Mm. If they make that many errors, they'll be begging for a 20 to 6 yeah, score. That'll be a win for them, 20 yeah. to 6. Man, what do yeah. you do? But like, so, what are you doing there to just go like? Fuck, I don't know. I, 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 and I guess we're going to speak about the other, the big elephant in the room. Uh, Flegler gets put on a port four times. Now, <laughs> I personally believe the first three weren't fucking even penalties. Has that been done before? Oh mate, <laughs> maybe MG. He's the most unlucky bloke. Like, what? What do you? I don't think the first three were penalties. Die. I thought that was bullshit. Like, yeah. come on, on report. Like, for example, the e Egan one, he hit him in there. No, sorry, the Curran one, hit him in the hips and his legs flew out. They didn't even get dropped on. And then the, the Egan one, that was from twisting. That wasn't from a, le yeah. a hip drop. Mm. Uh, and then the late shot, like, give me a break. Like, the last one, though, absolutely report. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What's bizarre, though, is the one that you should have sent him for 10, <laughs> you didn't send him for 10. <laughs> and, then, and then Tavunga does one. And I, anyway... I, 
yeah. Okay. I, I don't think you're being biased at all either. Uh, but I, I just th- think it is. It, it's I, I I haven't spoken to anyone that didn't have the same opinion. Yeah. It was just bizarre. And the Broncos absolutely deserve to lose. This is not saying that they, yeah. you know. But I just, it was bizarre. Like, it was really bizarre, these calls. Like, they've got replay as well. And, you know, they, I just don't understand. Anyway, I don't want to bag the refs. I just was very, uh, I couldn't understand those calls. Let's just put it that way. He's one of those guys now. He's got a target for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. There's like, no way you're, you're if that, that was like Adam Reynolds, there's no way he's yeah, getting no put way. on the court four no. times, reports four times. Uh, outside of that, look, you know, obviously Payne has had the, you know, the incident off-field leak after the game, but... Just on that, sorry, I just I thought it'd be important to add, it's just come out that that was after round two, that incident. So it is relatively recent. Yeah. After the Bulldogs game in okay. Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. I'd point that out. Hope you can learn from it. I really do. Um, but yeah, Payne has, like, on-field though, he's a beast, man. He's an, he, listen to this. 176 metres, 91 post-contact, six tackle breaks, 45 tackles, only one miss. <laughs> No errors. And so, like, if I'm a back and I see that, that stings me to my core, that this guy is in there working his ass off and not making any errors, and, you know, I'm making a bunch of errors. I just... Insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Herbie, good again. Yeah. You know, again, those two errors, you obviously want to get them out of your game. It's not anyone specifically in that back line. It's, it's more as a unit. Collective. It's at yeah. a unit. It, and... We had the same issue with the Knights last year where, as a unit, they were just making too many errors. Um, you know, Payne Hass I thought was fantastic. Uh, I thought Keenan was a bit lacklustre, but that was more because it seemed like the, the eye that he got, he's like, I was like closed. He could barely see. Uh-huh. And so he's probably a bit underdone to play. I think the only reason they probably played him on the edge, obviously, because Ricky was injured. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'd rather Keenan in the middle, for sure. Yep. Keenan's got to be in the middle. Uh, devastating news. Paddy Carrigan from from a, a cannonball tackle, you know, does his MCL, looking like four to six weeks. Feel I, I just feel so sorry for him. I, ho- I hope he can get back for Origin because he deserves to play Origin. Yeah, he does. He deserves to play Origin. He does. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Broncos. It's 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 more of the same, really. It's, it's more unfortunately, of the same. yeah, yeah, it's getting a bit like that and. The next three weeks could be really dangerous. Really dangerous. If they, if they get done by 40 in two of those games or a few of those games, all of a sudden they could fall into old habits. Yeah. Oh, Very, I mean, they've already fallen they into old habits. Have, yeah. But if it starts to really reflect on the scoreboard... They could find themselves in some trouble very quickly. Absolutely. I think they're going to have to try Walters and Lee. I, th- I honestly do. They've got Brinko Lee there as well. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, Brinko Lee, he's, you know, i seen the player he was and then what he was when he came out of Melbourne. Mm. He he's, takes a great hit up. He's a big improver in defence. Like, yeah. I don't see them not putting him in really soon. And I think I would love to give Walters the keys and let him just have a proper crack. Yeah, well, I mean, he probably will this week for yeah. sure. Uh, and, you know, Kevy did say the reason why Albert Kelly got the jump was out of loyalty to him from the year before. Um, Fair. So Walters, you know, he gets he gets that crack this week with uh, Reynolds. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, Brenko Lee, I'd probably bring him in. Uh, just depends where Stags Where, where do you Stags play Brenko, though? That's well, the... in the centres, but it just depends where Stags head that. Because Herbie's not losing his spot. No way. I think Corey Oates has actually been playing really well. I think Selwyn Cobo needs to be... I'd put Jordan Pereira there before Lee. I just don't see yeah, Lee I as would a winner. Too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Pereira would be a great injection. Just give me someone who just wants to run there, as you would say, yeah. like a dick off, yeah. off the, out of the back end. Like, he's a, he can take a hit up. As I would say. <laughs> I'm not the only bloke that says that. Jesus. First bloke ever to say run his dick off. 
Jesus. It's a first for me in this. That's a pretty tough label there, Shandor. <laughs> just because I don't go to the gym as much as you. <laughs> Far out. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I'm having a chat to Katoni and asking where his head's at if I'm the coach, because like. This is a few weeks now where the, the, the really simple things of like, we need you to get in and take runs. He even came out himself and said, I need to take runs. And he hasn't done it. And I think that that's clearly, some, that clearly mentally something's not right with Katoni, whether it's just footy and he's not happy with the way things are being run. Um, but if I'm Kevy, I'm sitting down with Katoni and say, mate, you're, gonna, you're not going to get punished. You're not going to get in trouble. Tell me exactly what you're yeah. thinking and let's work. Because let's work. the other thing like, just off the eye test for me, and I could be wrong, maybe he's just a tough bastard, but it doesn't look like to me he's injured. When he does get his opportunities, he goes 100 miles an hour yeah. and he looks good, but he just... Yeah, it's, a, it's a disheartening. Yeah. He, he even like when, when he like jumped into 5'8", he got the ball down the left side and, and he took his first hit up and he knocked it on and just his face when he stood up, he just looked so defeated. Yeah. Mm. And I was, sort of, I, I was sort of waiting for the 12 other blokes to come in and really get around him, but it was sort of all just... Oh, and he sort of stood there on his own and then we moved on. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I love him. He's a feared player, but yeah. it's either – I think we've got one more week before we sweep maybe the switch of the, the interchange and centre bring yeah. it on him. I, uh, I totally agree. And he also looks probably a bit underdone physically. We have to remember he's coming back from he is, yeah, yeah. ACL. Yeah, right. Um, and he probably – he looks a bit heavy, too much – not – Bad muscle mass. I think he's probably got a bit too much muscle mass on. And some of these guys, you'd know Shander as well. They have a bigger impact than we're all thinking. For sure. Well. We're sort of disregarding. And blokes like that, as you know, can actually put too much muscle yeah, mass yeah. on because they're so big and thick mm. that they naturally just gain weight, like mm. physically. Mm. And it's not bad weight. We're not. You, you can tell he's fit. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's the muscle mass that mm. may be a little bit too much because he looked he looked like he was blowing sometimes. Yeah. No, like. like fully blown. Bad. Like full, like it was being mentioned by the yeah. commentators repeatedly. He's on his haunches. Yeah. How much? Do we have any insight as to how much weight he's potentially put on? I don't know. He looks bigger, though. He looks big. Because if you're talking the impact on your conditioning that three to four kilos of muscle has... You used to smash me. Massive. You used to smash me, bro. Like you you put me up to 88, 89 kilos, I'd be a different player. That's you, what I'm you're going to keep me down to like 85 max. So if with good intentions, he's decided to get more, like powerful and strong yep. and he's adjusting to that going, holy fuck, and then it's under fatigue, he's making errors. Now he's, you know, and then coupled with maybe something else going on, like that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So I don't know, I'm an adjustment that yeah. maybe needs to be looked at. Walters definitely needs to sit him definitely. down and just be like, mate, I'm here for you. You tell me exactly how you're feeling um, and we can work from there. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he signed there for, what, four more years? You have to make it work. Yeah, you yeah. want him in your team. There's, there's, you don't need to lay the law down with him. You don't need to set an example no. with him. No. You've just got to make it work. Uh, so fingers yeah. crossed, everything's all good for him. But yeah, very very disappointing for the boys. Um, the good thing is, the first two rounds they showed signs of being the Broncos that we have you know used to know. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can get back to that. Uh, Warriors, great win. I, I thought it was a great win by the Warriors. Mm. There were many moments in that game where Warriors usually would just explode like literally just implode yeah i thought it was a great game by the warriors i thought sj is such a good coming yeah. um he's so good for them so good that first ball where he hits arthur's on the short line like that's almost you know Corey Oates would have had to make a big play to stop that you know yeah. what i mean mm. whereas like tough to defend that. exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying like if he did defend it it wouldn't have been talked about but that's a big play it's almost like scoring a, a try around the post mm. or, or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. um but Sean Johnson just brings so much direction and confidence to that side. And what's really good for the Warriors is they weren't even close to their best. No way. 
Um, they're so far from their best. So like, far. Yeah. Another good sign is like a guy like Arthurs, who can't get a start at the Broncos, goes to the He's Warriors. He's back there, isn't he? Well, they want to, re- they want to sign him now, Warriors. Oh, he He's impressed yet. so much. Yeah, right. He's on loan. Goes oh, to the Warriors oh, and yeah, right. is playing career best footy. And that's a really good sign that the club's that well usually that a club's in a good spot. If it brings a player to it and the player you know goes really well, it's a, a sign that you know the coaching is correct. People are happy usually. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like what what I saw of the Warriors. What do you guys think, mate? I, I think we all had him in our team of the week. AFB. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was his oh, best game. He was a monster. He was. It was relentless. Yeah, yeah. relentless. I, I think from looking at his stats, I don't think he had a heap of offloads and stuff. He was just. No, just it was a real running. consistent game for a front row where mm. he just won the middle, which is when you got guys like SJ and Reese Walsh, it's all you have to do. Yeah, and um, it's that it's that relentless thing of like. A lot of forwards will come out 20 minutes and they're just crazy and it's like all we need to do is hold them for 20 minutes. Yeah. But every time you put your guard down, you, Adam Fenor Blake would somehow have the ball in his hands making 20 mm. metres and just blow sets apart. Mm. It's like a me versus you attitude too that he's yeah. got. You know what I mean? You know that he's directly taken on forwards going, He's taken on Haas. Let's he's, go. He's taken on Haas. Mm. And, and, I, and I think he, was, he went bang for bang with Haas. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, the other one, I, I thought Reese Walsh was great. Oh, um, one line so break, silky. one try assist, one line break assist, nine silk. tackle breaks, mm. 180 metres. Uh, I think you can start. And I like. I only think that the longer him and SJ play together, the longer they play together, the better yeah. it will okay. be for uh, him. So very excited about him. Obviously, you know, a big game for him playing against the Brisbane Broncos. I think you saw him before game, before the kickoff. They scanned to him and he sort of had a bit of a grin on his face and was sort of yeah. laughing at some of the, like You can tell, though, that he had his game face on. He was yeah. ready to go. So I love watching Reese Walsh. Well, He's one of my favourites. Another, I guess, concerning thing for the Broncos as a club, as an organisation, Matthew Lodge played outstanding. Reese Walsh played outstanding. Jesse Arthur's played outstanding. And that's a real reflection of like, these are the same players in a new organisation yep. that are being standout players in a new team. In an organisation that's got every reason to be underachieving. Yes. Let's look at the stats from Lodge. 47 minutes, 175 metres, five tackle breaks, 20 tackles. Like that's a fair knock. Yep. Fair knock. And that's yeah, comp- definitely one of his better games. And then you, you know, you compare that to, you know, our, uh, one of our other forwards, you've got 107 metres, in 58 minutes, 178 metres, 40 tackles light. Just on AFB, he had more post-contact metres than all but two of the Broncos' metres altogether. Wow. Wow. What? He had 98 post-contact. <laughs> AFB. 196 metres. When both your props go, f- like, take 18 hit-ups and yeah. basically are nearly at an average of 10 a run. Yeah. It's tough. You're it's going, tough to stop. It, yeah. And that, that roll-on. Both aggressive too. Yeah. Yeah. And that roll-on is just, it's, it just ruins your set like when i was watching the broncos i was like where's the line speed like we just had no aggressive line speed there was no you know Payne has is such a big body it mm. is hard for him to get off the line quickly so we need other players to lead that and mm. carrigan is usually the player but obviously got injured but yeah back to the warriors when your two front rollers are running for 196 meters and 175 meters that's a platform if Bro, I ever you give one. that platform to katoa Curran, and tavanga yeah that's a winning warriors team absolutely i um, love that that's the standard now, though. Yeah, absolutely. And be, you know what? Lodge and Fenor Blake have had games like this before. Lodge just has, you know, the, the brain errors. explosion, the errors and that. Mm. But if he plays cleanly and, and no errors in that, he, he actually is he's a great forward. He yeah, was a he big – coming through, he was, like, touted as the next big thing as yeah. a, a front rower. Still got to put Toe Harris back in this side. Oh, yeah, he's, like, he's their most consistent forward as well. So. And you've got Bunty Afoa coming off the bench, 97 metres. Uh, Montoya had a cracker. 
Yeah, interesting. He was solid. Yeah, he's been. Where's this come from? Montoya's yeah. come out of nowhere this year. He's aggressive. Aggressive, as. yes, isn't he? He's far out. I remember out. at the start of last preseason, Peter O'Sullivan came on my podcast and said, who's been the most impressive? And he said, Montoya. Yeah. He said, I don't know if he's going to get a spot in the team, but he's been the most impressive. So credit to him because, I mean, he left Canterbury with a lot of question marks mm. on him, Montoya. Mm. But, mate, once again, credit to the Warriors. These guys arrive there from other clubs and they get the very best out of them. Yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. Um Interesting, Josh Curran being moved to wide running forward. Yeah, they, they they did this a bit last year. I don't like it personally, but oh, I don't know. I'd say it's hard. I'd personally have him at thirteen over Tohu. I'd just sort of use him as a middle once he gets back. I thought this would happen when Harris came back. I was surprised to see it before Tohu even returns. Well, do you think Tavanga is a better ball player, and that's why they went that no, way? No, not even slightly. I, really, Tavanga plays hooker sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I. I yeah, and I think the Warriors don't look as good when he does play. I love Jazz. He's one of the hardest workers in rugby league. But, mate, the upside that Josh Curran's got, I can't believe they moved him. Mm. It's an interesting ploy. They must have seen something because it's a, like Curran, your best player, and you move. It's position. very out of the blue to move. Yeah, him. like very strange. I don't. I'd be keeping Curran at thirteen personally. Um, mm, it's a tough one. I, I mean, like they, the ball they running. Won. I like. I did like the ball running of yeah. Curran on the edge, but. They did win though, twenty to six. I know it's against the Broncos have struggled, but it's a, it's a win's a win. No games are easy in this competition. It was testing so. too. Like he had a couple of opportunities there. Maybe they like Tavunga in, in thirteen because he, he's defensive. So I, I think that's what it is. He's yeah, defensive. He's one of the best defenders in this competition. Yeah, he's a um, but yeah, I just think the upside in attack that Curran can bring. That's where I would have him. But um, interesting, uh, Adam Pompey, he flies under the radar, bro. Like yeah, he does. He's, he's solid he's player. I remember playing him in a few years ago, and he's, it was his first ever NRL trial, and I was like, "Fuck, this guy's pretty good." Like, yeah, big boy. He's, yeah, he's big body, you know. Yep. But he's skillful too. Yeah, I like him. I think he's developing really well. You I can think tell he's still trying to work out how to get himself into games. Mm. Though. Yes, That's yes, his, which is hard. Like, it's not well, I mean, just game. fall back on your fucking hit ups. Just well, yeah. look, twelve hit ups, one hundred and twenty-seven meters yep. as yep. a centre. Post contact seventy. I see still doing something right. I see tons of potential in Pompey. Like, I think that like. If I'm his manager, and let's say he does a few more years like this at the Warriors, mm. almost try to take him to one of the better, like imagine him at the Storm or the yep. Roosters or wh- wherever. He's one of yeah, one of those players in that. You just need just to get him in, and they just go crazy. Yep. So if I'm one of those big clubs and I'm looking for an outside back, like for example, GP. if I'm uh, the Eels, I'm trying to get him. I, I think Pompey has super amounts of its potential, mm. super amounts of potential. Yeah, um, look, great signs for Warriors. Great signs that that combo of Adam. When we spoke about it earlier, when they trialed against the Storm and they get on that roll-on through the middle, they're so hard to stop. And we saw the perfect example. Like, Broncos' defence had nothing for them. No. They had no line speed because Fenor Blake and Lodge were just so dominant. Yep. So dominant. I want to see them 15 and over every week and just watch the ripple effect it has on the rest of the forward pack. Yeah, for sure. Um, Reese Walsh. Now, there's, there's, there's constantly been murmurs and where there's smoke, there's fire. Also, uh, Warriors completing 80% helps a lot. Reese Walsh. <laughs> yes. Where do you see him landing? Now, apparently, there's a clause that he doesn't have to move back to New Zealand if he doesn't want to. That's a, allegedly the clause that's being reported. Really? Where do you see him ending up next year? I think he is a really good shot to be at the Dolphins. Um, obviously, when he signed there last year. And this is what I said last week. He's a classic example of a guy that had a conversation with Phil Gould and Peter O'Sullivan. Neither in the building anymore. He's a kid from... Up that way in Queensland, moving to New Zealand would be a big whack for him. I think I, 
That's good chat, Guru. No KP now signing as well. That gets even more. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Nicarima end up at the Dolphins, personally. Do they have money for him? Because Reese Walsh could probably demand about eight to a million dollars, eight hundred k to a million dollars right now. Even though I probably wouldn't pay. Yeah, I reckon there's clubs. Yeah, you pay for potential in this competition. That's the who's who's who can chuck him a million. Put it this way: If Broncos had have chucked him six hundred k before he left, would you say that was a bad decision? Now seeing how well he played, now he's gone on to you know. Really challenged Walker for Rookie of the Year. Some think that he should have won Rookie of the Year. He continues to play some really good footy. He, he played good against the Broncos. I think there are clubs that would pay 800 to, like, for example. You'd get, you'd, he's getting 800 for sure. Getting 800 for sure. But I even think, like, let's say the, the Bulldogs had a million dollars. I think they'd, they'd throw a million at him, even though they need a seven. I think the Tigers would probably consider it, especially you could have him at six. Uh, that's another thing. He can play six. I personally, though, I see him around the 800k mark. Seven, six to 800k is where I think he lands. And once again, Dolphins. if you're the Dolphins, he's a good billboard guy. Oh, yeah. He's a guy oh. that the Broncos let go. He's the like best the, billboard the, guy. The narrative's good that yeah. the Brisbane Broncos let him go. He's a gun. Like, it just, it fits into the whole narrative that would be perfect for the Dolphins. And as much as, you know, I keep coming back to the whole narrative thing, fuck, it matters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's so it's so underrated, especially in this year and now with, you know, social media and everything. To have a guy like him is massive. And, and a new club, and you're trying to move merch, yeah. like Reese Walsh yeah. is, is selling tickets and he's moving merch, like, mm. massively. I would argue even more than Munster just because he is that pin-up boy. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. For, like, for footy credibility, Munster's the Munster, guy. Yeah. But for, like, selling shit, like... Yeah. Billboards everywhere. And that young demographic. That young demographic, getting people through the gates. Like, Reese Walsh, he's, he's a star, man. Mm. That's the thing about Reese, you know, he's the best-looking bloke on the field, but he's also the first one to grab a front rower by the collar if they... You love it. You know, he's like competitive you, you, as. Yeah, yeah, you yeah love I love it, yeah. watching him, mate. Uh, so, look, I just think it's really interesting, though, that he has that clause in. It's almost saying, like, there's no way he's going to go. Do you think there's any chance that he does go with the Warriors if when they go back to New Zealand and lives there? Uh, you can never say... No, not a chance, but I'll be shocked if he goes back with them. What do you reckon, Chendall? <sighs> yeah, it's going to be hard to see. I mean, what would be the catalyst? Like, just a successful year, him just playing absolutely out of his skin, but then what's what sort of offers is he's coming also in got, he, He's got a child now, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's had a baby since and signing since there. Signing, yeah. He's a kid from South Queensland. I think there's too much giving him an exit yeah. to not. Yeah, it's tough because like it's not like the Warriors are going to throw 1.1 at him and he can't get a good dig, gig anywhere else. Mm. Nearly every club would try and have a crack at him other than, you know, what, Roosters, Storm, yeah, Storm that's yeah. it. Uh, so, yeah, interesting times. Hopefully they don't because like for them to lose RTS and Reese, that's, uh, that's a tough Tough day of the office. Yeah, that's uh, now on to the Manly Seagulls. Wow, what is with what is with the Manly Seagulls and starting so bad, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they looked like premiership threats on the weekend. Mate, I I, I I know that I was a little bit more high on them last week, but I thought they they looked so much better against Canterbury. It was just the wet weather that sort of held them back. Mm. I thought in this game they looked great. I've got no idea where the Raiders are at though, but mm. so this is about Manly. Last year, Turbo, he averaged 35 touches per game. Round one, they lost. He had 27 touches. Round two, they lost. He had 30. Round three, he had 36. They win. Last week, he had 42, and he had his <sighs> best game of the season. So if 35 is your magic number of how much Turbo needs to touch the ball, they win every time he's gone over it. <laughs> Do you reckon they've just told him that? Yes, right. 100%. They've said, you need to be selfish again and get yeah. your hands on the ball more. Yeah. Literally, 
it's what wins us games of football. Mm. Insane. What do you think, You never Chandler? know what he's going to do. Yeah, with Manly, I think if you're a Manly fan, credit to them, they're still not playing with a specific Manly style or executing the way we want to see, but they're winning on effort, yeah. on grit. So if I'm sitting back as a Manly fan, I'm, I'm okay with that. I still think there's a lot of upside, as you said. More times Turbo gets his hands on the ball, but I'd like to see it with effective shape, with a little bit more variation. I think we've harped on it for weeks. I love the fact that we're starting to see a better balance between mm. DCE and foreign. It's mm. having a huge impact on the game. But executing a style of play and strategically getting to certain points on the field and then giving Tommy Turbo really good ball off the back of some good shape, I'm not seeing that yet. But the upside is we haven't seen that and they're still getting by on effort and grit. I feel like they're moving on the up. So hopefully it's positive signs for Manly as well. I think the big gap though, and we speak about it all the time and how important the spine is, a really dynamic and creative nine. I feel like that's the gap for them in terms of directions, in terms of options and variation. I feel like that would have a big impact. Yeah, I, I think Lachlan Croker's done incredibly yeah. well. He's, he's probably one of the most Great player, but the best yeah. teams have a nine that also can steer around the park, yeah. make decisions, have a big impact. And I think you said it a few weeks ago, Kempi, it becomes even more obvious when everything runs through DCE. Mm. Like, you never even feel like Lachlan Croak has ever, even if he had a running game, it feels like he's never really going to take off. And credit to just, he had a cracking game on the weekend. Mm -hmm. He was unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, they... Manly, to me, as you said, we're not seeing that manly... Like, it's, it's, it's like they, they don't haven't found their identity or how yeah. they want to play. And mate, I think that the way they're playing at the moment was sort of how they played against the top teams last year. I think the identity that we addressed with Manly based on last year is when they were winning by 40 and 60. You can't do that anymore. Mm. And I think they're just struggling to find a way to get back into it. I love seeing them in the last two weeks. Just as much as this week, that, that, that they won 25-6. Like the week before that, they had to grind out a win. When was the last time you saw Manly actually grind out a win in, in reality? Yeah. Like all we've seen for two years is them win by 40 and 50 and just Tom just, just bully blokes because they're on the front foot with six agains. Uh, I think they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I love what I saw. What I love is the clear tactical change. So I think he usually scores most of his tries down the right. Yeah. Actually, the first half, they peppered the Raiders right there left. And that's, you know, I'm pretty sure that's foreign side that they go down. Yep. Um, apologies if I'm getting the sides mixed up. But if no, you watch no, the game, yeah, you'll side. see they peppered that left side, which is not usually their go-to side. And I think that that was them trying to change things up, trying to give foreign more chances to because what was interesting is that you saw in the first half they were really dangerous down their left side but it wasn't till the later in the game where dca really opened things up because all of a sudden the raiders have got to sit there and go oh they're not just a dca driven side we have to genuinely put the right numbers down for inside if 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 tommy's down there we have to defend there not just the other side with dc on that's going to kick it um and so i just think that they're really balancing their side a lot more and they're opening up their options for attack uh, and I just think the more that foreign gets involved, the more space is going to be afforded to DCE later in the games. Let DCE first 20 minutes, I just want to see him lay the platform and allow foreign to do all the attacking. And then later on in the game, as there's fatigue and less eyes are on DCE, that's when he can start to do what he needs to do. I love that, bro. Um, and I think they nailed it. I think they nailed it. And that's why by the end of the game, the, the, the difference between Manly and Raiders was substantial. Uh, it also gives DC more time to do the kicks that he did. Yes, yeah. which is which they have to have if they're going to have success. His kicking game was... That 2040 was incredible. Fuck yeah. That's one of the best kicking games I've ever yeah. seen. It's like 
top. It's up there with like Cleary's grand final kicking game. You Again, could even that's argue it's be better. The standard for him, bro. Oh man! Like if they want to win, that's that's what's necessary from yep. DCE. Absolutely. And so go left. Go to, go to fucking Colo. Yeah. Oh he's man, he's a gun. Cool. He was good. He was. Did good. you keep him in the side this week? So was Parker, Parker was injured out with COVID? With COVID, so oh, that yeah. changes it a it's little a tough bit. Tough one. Yeah. Oh look, I, but he's X Factor. He's X Factor, but look, how did um? There's been some reports too that Turbo's getting around in a knee brace, but he apparently said overnight that he would definitely be playing this week. Really? So. Oh, if I'm manly, I'm resting him. If there's even a doubt, yeah. it's like fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There, there was rumours going around he was in a knee brace. He came out and said that he's not even having scans or anything. So, hopefully, it's just precautionary. But as you said, it's not a punt I'm willing to take in no. round no. five. No way. But like cooler. 158 metres, one try assist, 56 post-contact, three tackle breaks, six tackles, one line break assist, one offload, no errors. Uh, Harper, uh, a try, 93 metres, uh, two tackle breaks, 18 tackles, uh, and two errors. Oh, sorry, Cooler had two errors as well. I was going to say, and one of Cooler's errors was he, th- he tried to throw an offload on his yeah. own 10 metre. Like, it's a shit error, but it's a confidence error that I'm stoked. Like, he backs himself. Yeah. To make, like, to be playing in your second game of first grade, stepping in there to be to, to have the confidence to do that sort of stuff. And that's the sort of confidence that will get cooler further than it'll put errors yeah. up on the board too. So, I, I love him. I, Is, uh, should Saab be concerned? Uh, six runs, 43 metres. Massively. Wowzers. Is this not who Saab is, though? Has he ever really uh, been a last huge... year? No, nah, last year he would get through metres. He'd get through his hit-ups. Okay. Six runs is as a winger in today's game is just like... He's got no reason to be worried about taking hit-ups either. Yeah, he's massive. He's fast as fuck. He's huge. Mm. The, the errors are another concern. Like, a guy that should be... You should be looking for him not only in attack but in defence mm. and for stability under the high ball. I think he needs to basically take a leaf out of the Staines book of like, mate, there's a guy called Cooler in your back line and if mm. you allow this kid to come in... Uh, I just think that Saab, he's such a – he's so unique because yes. he's so tall and fast that it's very hard to replace him as a player. But you can't rest on your laurels. Like, the, the, what's, what's going to make Saab be a 10-year player is going to be 15 carries a game, 100-plus metres. All that other stuff is going to be extra, you know, cream on the top that, that clubs love. But if he if – and it, may, it just may have been a one-off game where this just happened. You know, it, it may not be continued – but if it does continue like this, eventually the coach is going to be like, mate, we can go and get a winger that was probably going to cost less than you and is going to get through the work we need you to get. So I do think Saab probably needs to lift a little bit. Um, it's got to be a little hangover from last year, I mean. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, it, it hasn't been diabolical no. by any stretch of the imagination. But as you know, Shandor, like, coaches will be onto him. Like, mate, yeah, yeah, like six runs. We need more than six runs. I, right I'd be very interested to go and have a look back at the stats. I reckon a lot of his metres last year came off line breaks he was making. I've always sort of thought that he's a little bit unders when it comes to coming out of his own end. But So six runs, you'd have to say, what, at least three of them would have been kick returns? You'd have to assume so. So three yeah. runs, like, got to have more than that. Yeah. Got to have more than that. And that needs to change, especially, like, Garrick has a crack. Um, Harper, he actually does have a crack, but a smaller bloke. So they need someone like Saab. Saab has the ability to have an impact and make a dent on play one and two. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, it's a conversation just, yeah, for sure like Saab you, I would just I'd almost shake him like bro you can literally be the best winger in the competition yes. that's how incredibly gifted you are for sure uh, and we saw that last year with all the tries he scored I thought Josh Alloy had a cracking game back yep. a cracking game back 195 metres 81 post contact 2 tackle breaks man. 14 tackles uh, that front row is just I know they're important but I just feel like 
they're becoming even more important. Like you can, if your front rower isn't bending the line, it's almost like you're just no hope. Like you're just no hope. He's another guy, you know, we look at this long list of guys that the Tigers have let go that have come good after, mate. Once he just gets a good injury run, I think he's going to add himself to that list. He's yeah, such a he's good a gun. player. I really like him. Mm. Really like him as a player. Uh, I thought Tan- uh, Paseca was really good. 146 metres, three tackle breaks. I, look, I thought it was a really good performance by Manly. Are they going as well as they could? You know, maybe not. But we saw last year, you know, things take a little bit to come together. Mm. And it's weird because, like, Desi is a notorious bad uh, – not bad, slow starter to the year. Mm. So I, I think it's really good signs. I, I think that DC and Foran are fine in their mojo. Uh, and, you know, Tommy Trevojevic, 289 metres, seven tackle breaks, one line break, three tackles. Uh yeah, he's a gun. His so touch is going up every week is yep. what has me freak. interested. Yeah. Now, on to the Raiders. Sorry, it's not sub. It was 10 runs a game last year, according to Fox Sports. 10 runs a game. Yeah. See? So, like, you, you want to be over that 10 for sure. Yeah, That's want, what I'm saying. Like, he's you never – you, yeah, you want more out of him for no, sure. No, but 10's more than six, you know. For sure, but, I mean – It's yeah. his average, too. Yeah. That's his yeah. average. Yeah, that's – He had six runs on the weekend. And a winning team. Got to be more than that. Yeah. Got to be more than that. Uh, Raiders. What I don't know I don't know I don't know That's it This is my Raiders analyst I don't know I got one line Inconsistent Frustrating to watch No idea <laughs> Mate What's doing Like I don't It's youth It's immaturity That's that's what I'm saying Like it's really prevalent You're just You're not getting a lot From a lot of people Like your Whitens And your Rapanas Your old boys They're sort of leading the way With their actions And they're really Having a dig But outside of that I just I don't know where you put them what, what do you say They look like a team that Everyone is safe mm. Like they don't like And then you actually look at your depth And you're like None of you outside of Jack White Own your jersey Yeah None of you But they Don't seem to play like it I th- See I thought Tarpane was really good Yeah Tarpane <clears throat> so. I just I th- yeah, I don't know man I, I Hudson Young isn't playing anywhere Near the footy he was playing last year Um you know, I just don't know what to say because I don't. You look at this squad, you look at their forward pack, that's a quality, mm. quality forward pack, but they just don't have the same grunt as they had a couple of years ago. We talked about last year the Cowboys being the biggest swing team. Tell me it's not the Raiders. They can oh. win or lose by 13 each week, and I, I'm not going to be shocked either way. I, yeah, I honestly don't know where to put them. I oh. don't know where to put them. Look at their bench like Emre Gulak, uh, Starling, Elliott, and Horsburgh. Like, that's a fucking good bench. Yeah. That's a really good bench. And yet, they just... When you put those two lists together, outside of Tom Travojevic, is there anyone else that really dominates play-wise? Like, you know, for example, that, that Raiders forward pack compared to that Manly one, that Raiders forward pack on paper is much better than the Manly one. Heaps better. And they got dominated. It's... And there's another two or three guys that could come into this Raiders side and the pack wouldn't change that much. It's, it's really interesting. I don't know what's going on there. I just – do you think it's a disconnect between Ricky and the players? Or, well, there's got to be something going on here. How frustrated. Things haven't been the same since the implosion. Yeah. How yeah. frustrated you did know? Ricky look on the weekend? Oh. That was – And that implosion had an effect from top down. It was leadership. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, there's some work on this improvement around Schneider, which I think there's definitely some developing. You look at, I did think this, and I don't know what the, tactically it's like, give the ball to Whiten. It's like under sixes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just do your best. Corey uh, Naira and Elliot Whitehead, five and seven runs. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why? What? What are we missing where we're not linking up with the edges and and using them to our advantage? And like, Especially how much shape is there players. of Schneider when we're coming to that right side? Like, he can't just be give the ball to Whiten. You know what I mean? Something needs to be developed there. And Clockstad, you can't fold his effort. Yeah, he's oh, a yeah. player that just gets through a shit ton of work. But again, you you can't not have in this day and age. You can't have a fullback that is not a genuine option option outside the back of shape. So mm. I'm not seeing that either. There was a moment last week where it was um, Schneider that threw the ball to the left winger for the match win. And there was a moment there where the play the ball was sort of in front of the six and, and Schneider was he was sort of hanging behind the play the ball and Jack was at first receiver. And he screamed at Schneider, get out the back of me, get out the back of me. And Schneider ran over and Jack got the ball and the whole defence just went mm. on him. And it just opened up so much space for Schneider. He threw a great ball. But it's like I think they just need to help Jack more. Mm. You can't like he, he's a good six, but he's a manufactured six. They need to be putting the pieces around him. Do you think that Jack's communication is up there with like a Moses, a DCE? No, no I no. don't. But I mean, you've got all week to prepare. You know that Jack is that guy. Jack mm. is exactly who he tells yeah. you he is. He yeah. is every single week. You know he's not. Just get near him. You just get near. Just get around him. Just yeah. get off the mm. back of him. Yeah. Like. Mm. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, they are a team that we're four weeks in. They've lost their halfback and they've lost their hooker. So, it, like, it, it hasn't been great for them. Yeah. But they've got the pack to be doing better than what they are. Thoughts on the Frawley starting at nine? I understand what is is get the sting out of the game. I get that. But I'm kind of of the mind of, like, Starling's ready. If he's yeah. not ready now, he's never going to be ready. I agree, bro. And it's almost like... I'm giving him the reins. You got to. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, how do you go forward as a club if you're nine? Because, like, Starling's the nine. Yeah. But right now. treating him as an impact nine. Exactly. So it's kind of like you either need to go. Like, you got rid of Hodgson. So clearly you're not going that direction. You, it seems like the outside noise was we are going forward with Starling. But Starling's not starting. So it's almost like if, if he's not ready now, when is Starling ever going to be ready to be that? They don't have time to wait for him to be... I think he's ready. I think he's ready. I agree. From what I've heard, Ricky doesn't think this is a problem. So he thinks Frawley there at nine... But Frawley, like, Frawley's he's, not even a nine. He's complimented. It. Yeah, but he they, he trained him there all pre-season. He's... Uh, from well, what I just... Uh, uh, it's, oh, I, I agree with you both, Stability's not the direction but, right now. It's like they need... Let's fucking... And to bring Starling on. And when he comes on, there, there's a genuine impact being made, so... But, like, I just think that, okay, he's probably on... A decent wicket. He just resigned. Well, I'm pretty sure he resigned. It keeps getting like pushed back. Like Starling, close to resigning, and then six months later. And I just think that as a team and a club, you've got to make that choice. Like, yep. is he the guy going forward? Yes, there's going to be some growing pains, but you've already got a rookie seven. Now you've got a rookie Frawley, as in he's rookie in that position. I haven't seen him play much there at all. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah. You know, so you've got rookie six. Uh, sorry, rookie seven, rookie nine. Chance back from injury. Really, there's a that kind of explains the clunkiness of not getting around Whiten because you're not all playing together for long periods of time. Uh, I, yeah, it is a, a quite interesting decision that I'm not understanding. Maybe does, does, does uh, Starling want to be an impact player? I highly doubt he would. I, I, I'd assume he'd want to start. I think as well, now that you know, like, like if you said to me at the start of the season, Starling's an impact player, I'd go, okay, fair enough, you've got Hodgson there. He's injured, he's gone, he's not coming Gorsky's back. Forever. Go all in on Starling. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. He's going to be not for this year, next, for next year. year. Yeah. yeah, and like with all due respect to Frawley, he's also he's not a cheese. He's not a jazz where you can then chuck him on at thirteen to do it. Like nah. you can only use him in that role, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, it, like it seems like a bit of a wasted spot on on their bench when you use him for twenty minutes, and then he can go and have a shower. 
It's an interesting tactic, a very interesting tactic. I'm, oh, I, I assume yeah. Stuart must have information, like there must be something to it that we don't know. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Starling did play the first 21 game and, and really struggled that we missed. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. It's almost like they want to blow the club up, club up to rebuild, but they don't. Mm. I don't know, like, wh- where's that, the direction? What's yeah, going on here? With that back five, too, I just want I want the foundation. I want very simplify the role. Like, you look at Rapana, Valamai, Tomoko, Cottridge, Clockstad. I actually want to reduce Clockstad and say, bro, I love what you're doing, but mm. I need you supporting Whiten. Mm. I need you getting around the back of Shaper of Schneider. And your Cottridges and your Rapana, they need to get – they need to be the best – back three in the comp coming mm. out of red zone. Yeah. Like that just has to happen for them to have any success. And then just build the left and right side. Jack Whiten has the ability to dummy, to kick, to do whatever the fuck he wants, hit hit his centre on an out ball. But then Schneider and Corey Harawira and Ira, they need to create a creative combination ASAP, like yeah. yesterday. It's Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, look, long season, who knows? Uh, you know why they had success too, Kenby? They, they were the team... We started doing what Raiders were doing, getting tackled two metres out, kicking to corners. Like That's all they did. They were yeah. the best at it. Yeah. And everyone had to start their sets from there. So, mm. But Whiten can't just do that by himself. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, It almost feels like a sliding doors moment, the, the Aiden Caesar. You know, they were just such a better side with him in that seven role. Now, I know people would say, you know, George Williams is a better player and Fogarty may be a better player, but... I just think he complimented Wyden so well and so understood good. what Wyden needed. Uh, look, in Raiders' defence, Rapana has been fantastic. Yeah. He's such a punish. Like, from a, you know what I mean? From a so defensive, he's so – un- and it's always – you know, you can never, ever <laughs> sit still and be like, mate, just take the tackle. Like, I would hate to play him if I was in opposition. So, <laughs> Rapana's been really good. As you said, you can't knock um, Klukstad's, uh, you know, his effort. effort. Shining, you know, glass half full – They've still got an incredible squad. I don't think Schneider's playing poorly at all. I just think he's being no. solid. Um, it's just they need to find a way to get that Raiders mongrel back. they just got to find a way. I don't know how they do it, but they've got a great side. I look at that forward pack and I say, you sh- you're, a def- you're a top four forward pack. You know, obviously losing Hodgson's a massive loss in the nine roll, but yeah. If we're sitting in three weeks saying, oh yeah, they're a top eight team, are we going to be surprised? That's the sort of side they are. They've got so much potential, but they just... I don't know. It's just... I, I can't work... I can't work it I out I come back bro. to my first point. My one line. Inconsistent. Frustrating mm. side. Don't and Papa Lee, he needs to be having like an 8, 9, 10 out of 10 game every week. For them it's to be just successful. interesting. Like, Papa Lee is a perfect example. Two years ago, even halfway through last year, until the issue went down... Because he actually had a week off footy. Yep. For personal reasons. Mm. Um, and I I'm, you know, don't want to speculate or whatever and... I hope it's all good. But since that moment, it just hasn't been the same Papa Lee. Like, he was out and out the best front rower in the game, bar none. Like, he would win games by himself, Papa mm. Lee. There was a period there where he won the player of the year, uh, player of the year four years in a row, I think, mm. or yeah. three years in a row, mm. and there was one that was a joint. Whereas now, he just doesn't seem to have the same energy. So maybe his body is tired. Maybe well, he's that's big. The idea. Like, he's... Been you so think about much. his last few years, he went all the way to the grand final in 19, yep. came back in 2020, played the full season there, and then had to play Origin after that. Like, he just... He's played a lot a of It's a tough three. position to stay at the oh. top for this oh. long. Oh. He's done incredibly well, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, how old's... He must be 31, 32 by this He's been point. playing since a young Forever, age. and playing yeah. tough. Tough, yep. yeah. He's... Yeah. 
Yeah, his body has been through a lot. You almost I, like want to give him just have a year off, bro. Recover. I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't do you that. Couldn't, but he's thirty in May. Thirty in May. Okay, so yeah, it's still right. relatively. If you didn't young. have Naira and Whitehead, you'd be tempted to just drop it, drop drop a few kegs and sit him out on the edge. Yeah, interesting. I, I hope I Papali is honestly one of my favourite players oh, ever. Yeah. I believe legend, he's. Outside of Lazarus, he's probably their greatest. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, uh-huh. you were to pick their best today, and it's Papali and it's Lazarus. Yeah, Lazarus, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's yeah. including the dominant period they yeah. had. That's how much I rate Papali. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everything is good for him off the field. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just it's just a form thing. He was pretty good a couple of weeks ago, so that, that could oh, be. He can change a yeah, game. for sure, for There's sure. There's a couple of, you know, middles that they've got in their squad too that you're just waiting for one of them to just explode. Whether it's Horsburgh, whether it's Emre Gula, there's just a couple of guys there that you look at and you're like, fuck, you could be anything. Mm. And you're just waiting for Hunter one of those. Hunter yeah. like Gun, Hudson Young, Gun. Yeah, it's interesting. Something, something's not right. When all of these players are playing nowhere near their potential, there's, there's clearly a vibe that yeah, is off the there. The energy's you know? off. The energy's it? off. I don't no, know what it is. I don't know, you know, I don't know if it goes back to what, what happened in week one when he wasn't picked, but geez, I thought Ryan Sutton was bloody good for them last year. He was one of their best. It's like he's fallen mm. off the side well, of the Well, he's earth. signed with the doggies. Yeah. And then ever since then, he hasn't been back in the side. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's not the reason. Maybe he's not playing good footy, but I thought he was outstanding yeah. last uh, year. Nah, it's, I feel because, I mean, started this year, Hodgson had already signed with Parramatta. He was their starting nine. I just, I, th- I think, like, I, f- I feel like Sutton could be the sort of guy they need, but. He was good in their trial, too. Really he was good. great. He, uh, all things indicated to him being yeah. one of their first choice front row, well, their, their first guy off the bench anyway. Yeah. And now you can't even get a... You look at his numbers last year at 13. Like, I didn't think he was a 13. Then you look at his numbers and you're like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I was the same. Yeah. Um, now, uh, so hopefully the Raiders can bounce back. Good thing is, Whiten is killing it. So that's a, a shining light for you guys. And Rapana is still killing it. I mean, what an incredible journey for that bloke. Oh. He was out of the game. Dunskis. They couldn't afford to keep him. Comes back. He's one of their best outside backs. Well, is their best outside back. Now, on to Cowboys versus the Roosters. Uh, are the Roosters back? <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a turnaround. Massive. Like, I cannot believe how... Last week I'm sitting there going, oh, maybe... Because I predicted them to challenge for the, the grand final. Last week I'm sitting there going, mm, I reckon they're going to take a year to rebuild things. And then, boom. Week turnaround, they were unbelievable on the weekend. They're yeah. so good. Obviously, Trent Robinson, he had COVID, so he didn't get to go up there. Might have been a little blessing for them for the rest of the team to get together and go, fuck, we need to show him yeah. what, what we're about yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it might. I mean, I mentioned last week that I was so disappointed with Radley and Satili Tupanua's defence last week. Radley was unbelievable. Satili made 29 tackles. He missed one. Yeah. I think if you look at last year, Satili's averaged about four to five missed tackles a game. So um, I think that, as, as Robert said a few weeks ago, they're lacking a little bit in defence. I think they've all heard it. And um, he's getting the response out of his team whilst he's sitting in his lounge room. What do you think, Shandell? Yeah, I thought the big players stood up for the Roosters. That was yeah. the most impressive thing for me. Um, we, we were calling for a Radley bounce back. We got it. Uh, Manu's just going from strength to strength. His impact on the game is ridiculous. Even on the other side, like Momorowski and Tupo are forming a pretty lethal yep. combination, which I love. Tupo is so good. So good. Oh. And again, like you look at, we've spoke about this before, but Felt's a genuine freak, one of the yeah. best in the game in the air, and Tupo can still have an impact set up a try. So yeah, um, I just thought it was nice to see the reaction from the Roosters and yeah, we're going to be sitting here talking about why they're in contention for where they should be, which is at the top. How easy does Joey Manu make his job look? 
When it's he puts just, things together or he tries or his impact, it's, it is effortless. Bro. Even that pass he threw to Kevin Naguama, like, at oh, speed. That was it's just, it's insane. Yeah, he's so good. How many man. people are doing that? Nah, nah. <laughs> he's, he's just so good and he picks his moments. He, he always. I just you would love to sit back and get a proper highlight reel of his whole career because he would have he's what twenty four twenty five now his highlight reel would be crazy like crazy and he's so quiet and unassuming that he may not get the same raps as some of the biggest superstars in our game but in my opinion he's a superstar of our game he's a superstar of our game he just he has a class that I don't think any other center has outside of Latrell when he plays center. There's just he's just that just that step above yeah, those you know, touches. I agree. You just the way he moves, the way he has that extra meter, choosing the right moments. Mm. He does all the hard work really well, um, and we've spoken about it before. But like I think the center may not even be his best position. He every time he nah, plays fullback, you have you seen him play fullback? Yeah, he kills it mm. and six as well. I actually think it'd be a good six. Uh, that's how good of a player he is. Where you could make the argument that he's probably more suited to a fullback role. Center's than tough because you do get those limited touches. But yep. when he gets the touches, he's so silky. I feel like there was a bit of a transition period post Kronk. Yeah. Because I really think he developed a lot around Kronk, especially in defence. Mm. I, th- I think we've seen a bit of a drop off, but this year, and I always used to be very biased because there was always a bit of running battle between Jazzy Olam and yeah. Manu, and I always thought that you know Manu got a lot more credit than. Yeah. Olam was getting especially when they went up against those battles but I've you know been out of that biased opinion now being yeah. a third party mate I'm Manu's a gun and some of those touches like you said I only think he can do that at the moment yeah it's it's so silky uh I thought Kiri had his best game of the year I thought he was really good uh Lindsay Collins was yeah, you know yeah. back to his damaging best that was great to see he's too. a big boy uh interesting I want to ask you this has Radley's ball playing and the focus on that taken a little bit away from how good of a ball runner he is? Mm. Because I saw the, the line that Radley runs for his try, it's, it's very Cordner-like. And it's similar to Cordner's trajectory where he came into the grade as a devastating line runner scoring tries. And then he had to change the way he played because Robbo needed a, a workhorse in that. And I think with Radley, sometimes he focuses and it works. He's, I think he's the best ball playing Best lock at ball playing. Not the best lock, but the best lock at ball playing. Mm. Uh, but I think sometimes that they should create more opportunities for him to run his lines. Whereas we saw on the weekend, Manu hits him on that short ball. When else have we really seen being, Radley being put in a position where he can show off his good ball running? And I think it's a reflection of the hole that Kronk left a couple of years ago. Mm. That he has become, he's become, a, I don't know what you call it, like a middle third halfback, yeah. essentially, Radley. Um, yeah, I was, I mean... Stats from that game were incredible. A try, 163 metres, four tackle breaks, two line breaks, one offload, 37 tackles, one missed. It's just <laughs> tell me he didn't fucking watch Cam Murray run past him four or five times during Stinging. the week. Yeah. Stinging oh. him. It's a, and it's, you know, as much as they're both great blokes and they get along like a house on fire, he is the mascot kid that's going to captain South Sydney. He's the Cloverly Crocodile that's going to captain the Roosters. Radley... Would hate Cam Murray. Yeah, and Murray. Like, would they'd be, be good mates yeah, and stuff, yeah. but he would look at him and just go, "That's my. Yeah. That's, that's just my my ultimate opposite. Opposite in this universe. Yeah. And yeah. also, he <laughs> is so opposite to him as yeah. a human being. Like yes. Cam Murray, very soft spoken, demeanor, everything. Yeah. You know, whereas like Radley, outspoken, talks about getting on the beers and that. It's almost like a Joey Freddie kind of like they respected the shit of each other, but when they played each other, it was on. Mm. But and I, you know, I, I think Radley would be looking at Murray going. 
fuck this guy. He's got my Kangaroos jersey. Yep. He's got my New South Wales jersey. Yep. I'm mm. the one with two premiership rings. Mm. I played a crucial role in both of them. And it's injuries and just, you know, little little moments that he gets suspended for that are holding him back. I, I, it's a rivalry that I cannot – watching these two, because you, you know they're going to both retire at these clubs. Yeah. And they're going to butt heads over the next 10 yeah. years. Mm. It's going to be unreal. Yeah, can't wait. And also, every time they play, it's like a new chapter in the book that ramps up the tension. Like this game, you know, for example, Murray throwing the dummy try time, that stings Radley. So you know the next time they play, Radley's going to try and hit Murray yeah. and it's just going to go back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. And as much as you, you look at Murray and you're like, oh, he wouldn't buy into that stuff, bullshit. He's, an He's tough as nails. He's well is. aware of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. You t- like Murray would have been sitting there going, Radley's getting all these praises. I'm the New South Wales 13 or 11. I yeah. play for Australia. Rah, rah. Yeah, I-, I love it. And I think it's so good for our game to see these two great, great players and blokes coming um, and battling against each other. Uh, I thought Teddy probably played his best game of his career. Uh, not career. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Did bold. he have 400 tackle, uh, <laughs> 400 tackle breaks in the game? for a kilometre. Um, Best game this, this year, so far this year. I thought he was really good. And what I like about the Roosters is they always say good teams don't play two bad games. They mm. can play a really bad game, but very rarely, and we saw it with the Storm. Um, so true. But, yeah, I think uh, the Walker-Kiri uh, combination is growing. It's definitely growing. Uh, I think uh, Connor Watson was a bit better yep. as well. Yep. I thought he was a bit better. Um, but outside of that, I, I think we really confirmed that like, hold your horses. Roosters are still here. They're oh, yeah. still a, a big dogs club um, that demand respect, regardless of injuries or, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, really, really good signs for the Roosters. Really you, uh, good signs. You've got it written up there. That try assist from Teddy. Insane. Just that light yeah. touch. Just unbelievable. Oh, like, that was head. lovely. That was lovely. Like, wow. Uh, Tupu, another great try assist. I think Tupu, like, when I was speaking about Saab earlier, remember when Tupu came in and he was just a tall winger? And had a few errors in his game, would be inconsistent. I think he came into origin, then he got dropped. And it wasn't until he really rounded his game out that he's become, in my opinion, one of the best wingers of this generation. No doubt about it. And I see yep. Saab in the same light. Yeah, I, yeah, that's I think point. that if you want to be on a guy like Tupu's level, you've got to round your game out. Yeah. And, I, you know, Tupu's a classic because I look at him every week for Team of the Week and I go, he should be there, but... This guy that isn't normally as yeah. good was really yeah, good yeah, this yeah. week. You know, yeah. like you, I always write too, but then I delete it. I'm like, oh, someone was better, but fuck, he just played another eight out of ten. Yep, for sure. So totally consistent. agree. Uh, another obstruction call that was very strange. It didn't affect the play at all. Uh, and the late, the late shot sin bin thoughts. <laughs> Bruh, you know, come on, <laughs> what are we doing here? Come on. They're just the sin bins in general and then how we're justifying. But think about how desensitised we've been to this sin bin. The sin bin used to be like... That's what I mean. And that's what it should be. You're taking a player off the field for 10 minutes. Every time a player gets brought over, we're all sitting there going, oh, fuck, he might get sin bin. Back in the day, you didn't even think about it. They're just getting too crazy with it. I, I don't know why we as a game, we can't help ourselves. Like we bring something in and we just go so far with it. We swing, we react, we're so reactionary. Like we swing so far past 100%. where we're supposed to land. Right, to get Simbin, you would have had to coat hanger someone or, or like put them on their head. This was like pass, like pass the ball, boom, got hit like that. And also they got to stop playing it in slow-mo. Any, I believe that the NRL should reach out to the bunker or whatever and say any late shots are not allowed to be played to the public in slow motion. Matter mm. of fact, also in in house, do not play them in slow motion. Why are we judging them in slow motion? 
It's insane to me. There, there was a moment, and it, it, it's a different game, but just on the Simbins, in the Dragons game last night, there was a moment where Blake Laurie got called out. And I sort of went, oh, he's gone for sure. He'll get 10. And he didn't. And there was a moment that I got excited because he didn't. Yeah. And just when you reflect on that, you're just like, what the fuck? How, how far have we come? That's how far we've come. Yeah. That you're, sort of, you're a bit shocked when someone gets called over and they don't get put in the sim. And you could tell, like, as Laurie walked over, he, he almost didn't stop. He just thought, oh, I'll be gone. Gone. <laughs> yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's wild. 10 minutes it's a player man. down. Like, we are totally forgetting the impact that that used to have and does have today it's just bizarre well, games are lost in seconds now like, to literally lose to, to and you're for 10 minutes sending a bloke off for a tackle that is like that like the players if you want to run the ball into the line you have to be willing to get tackled without the ball because if you dummy and go through guess who's in trouble the guy that we yeah. go we go over at ad nauseum i it's going to get to a point where players are just going to con- what, what clubs are going to do is ask their ball players just to run into the line with like that and then get quick play the balls and just go again because mm. players are going to have to jockey them so much that they have to get a anyway okay, we don't I get thought it was Paul oh man I thought it was Paul um, so great news for the Roosters uh, on to the Cowboys just on the Cowboys Nanai just re-signed for a year boom Ooh, great yeah. news mm. great news for the club he's uh, he, was, he was pretty poor on the weekend but we can all see his he's his a young potential. player, though. Young yeah, player. Huge it's going to happen uh, great re-signing, really good thing. I mean, I know, I know it was quite a dominant loss, but I actually think Cowboys had three players sent off, so that's thirty minutes with one less player. I don't think this is. Uh, I actually think twenty-eight to four is a win for the Cowboys after three players yeah. getting sent for ten. Yeah, I, I think the Roosters were the better team by far and away, but yeah, tough gig for the Cowboys. Uh, Dearden, I think he's leading the conference. Lee Trice is, yeah, yeah, he is. Hey, how like he's just. We talk about competitive nature and aggression. I can't believe it. It's very noticeable. The way he gets around the field, I'm like, fuck, yeah. People were saying he was the problem at Brisbane last year. Mate, again, it's another example of a player leaving our club and going really well. The club, we are our own problem. We need to admit that as a club. We need to admit as a club, like, we're the problem right now. We need to fix ourselves. It's not the players that we're letting go. We can't, you know, put the blame. You know, it's it's us. We need Mm. to fix ourselves. Because uh, Dearden leading the comp for Trisis. He's coming second. Moses overtook him last night. Oh, overtook him last night? Yeah. Really? Moses is on seven, Dearden six, Dylan Brown, Ben Hunt five. Trisis, I read this. Did you read the same thing this morning that he was ahead? I thought I did. I yeah, thought I did too. He's on NRL.com. They, 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 they might have added one to Moses once they checked over it. Yeah. They do that, yeah, they do Monday, that all the time, so. actually. Regardless, six in four games in a guy that I didn't think was going to be in the team. Yeah, in a team I thought was going to finish last. And he's playing so well that you're not even. We're not even like, oh, drink water should still like. We're like, like it's you know, crazy. I yeah. can't put an argument for drink water to come into this side. Nah. Whereas I couldn't put an argument why he misses the side yeah. four weeks ago. Uh, if I'm a club, I'm sniffing around drink water. Holy moly! Oh man, get him to your ASAP. club. ASAP. I don't know why the Broncos haven't had a stab. Maybe they have, but like far out, he'd be good at the Broncos. Like. We could play him at fullback. Like, anyway. Um, Cowboys. Where do you... So, Peyton comes out, basically says that the top-tier clubs seem to get the 50-50 calls. Mm. Do you agree or disagree? Agree? Oh, yeah, but I... I, d- I mean, it's maybe just not, not worth saying. It's not worth saying. It's... it's your, your your team is doing well. I don't think you need to open that can nah, of worms yeah. and do that shit. Like, you're, you're a good footy side. You've proven that. It's just a shit look for me. I don't, I don't know. And ma- maybe it'll work in his favour. I, I just, I just don't think I would be doing it personally. No. It's just not worth it. It's not worth like, it. Because like, what does it get? It's not going to change anything. Yeah. Like, if it's true. Well, mate, as I just it? said, it might work in his favour. It definitely won't. 
Yeah. It, it's not going to fucking change. Absolutely anything. not. Like, do you really think that... In, uh, it's hard because Peyton, he's getting asked questions. So we have to remember that this is a response to a, yeah. a question that has led him down that path. Um, and he's, he's passionate, he's angry, he's just had players sent for 10, rah, rah. So very easy for us to say when we've got the yeah. emotion removed. Like, so, uh, but we're just talking best case scenario. Like, I can understand why Peyton would say it because what he's saying, it almost has to be true because superstars of any game, you talk about the NBA, always get the rub of the green because yeah. they're the superstars. It's only not, it's human nature yeah. for referees. If they're talking to Cam Smith or they're talking to fucking the beak coming on the wing, blowing up, who's getting more leeway? You know what I mean? Um, and so it's just a natural way of things. But in the perfect world, he gains absolutely nothing from that other than a massive fine from the NRL, most likely. I would argue they've potentially got the greatest forward we've ever seen. Mm. It's not like they're lacking guys that can play or that have a stature in our game. I just, I just don't think it has to be said. I don't think it does anything for the Cowboys. No, definitely. I just, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to be really clear, from the Cowboys' perspective, like the Roosters were a better side. Like you weren't winning. If you got every call in that game, the Roosters are probably still going to win because they were the better side on the night. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I, Stuff like that, though, it's so easy to say when you're in the moment. You've just walked yeah, off yeah. a loss I, at home. I just think for how the Cowboys have played this year, it's so off-brand. Mm. They've been so tough. They've been so tenacious. They've hung in there. It just sounded like a complaint for the sake of complaining, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that. So I think the journal goes. So Holbrook said last week that, you know, the best teams seem to get the rub of the green. So he kind of like led him Baited down the past. Him in. Which is again, that's still it's still Peyton's responsibility. Yeah, you've still got to be better, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but I'm uh, but I'm just trying to provide the context yeah, for yeah. people listening. Like it wasn't just out of nowhere. He's like, man, we get fucking we get rorted every single week. The best teams. It was kind of like led into it. But yeah, Peyton will learn from that. He's still a rookie coach. He's in his second. Exactly. Year. Right, He's yeah, in yeah. his second year, and we forget that. Uh, but yeah, for the Cowboys, I still don't believe they completed at seventy six percent. I believe that they're still looking good, and they should still be fighting for the eight. They still should be a team Definitely. that's Definitely. fighting for the eight. Similar to Newcastle's game this weekend, I'm not taking a heap out of it. They just played a really good footy side. Um, yeah, I'm not riding off the Cowboys after that. Not at all. Uh, I'll say this about the Cowboys. they It's round four. They haven't left Queensland yet. Oh, yes. Played at Suncorp last week. Maddie, can you just grab up the Cowboys draw? I think in the first nine weeks, they leave Queensland once. They wow. play the Warriors at Redcliffe. And I think they come to Sydney for one game. I think they play at Penrith, and that's it. I mean, you could argue, you know, with Todd complaining about the 50-50 calls, you'd be like, mate, your first yeah. 10 weeks are at home. Like, you got a bit of, you got a 50-50 call there. So I'm pretty sure it's one sure. game in the first so nine. It's yeah. two in the first nine because they go to uh, Canberra once and Darwin once. Yeah. yeah. And, like, Darwin is essentially, you'd argue it's more of a home game for them than anyone else because yeah. they're yeah. up north. Uh, yeah, look, I get... I, you, when you're caught up in emotion, you're always going to say things that, you know... But, I mean, like, traditionally, this has been the Cowboys' problem when they leave North Queensland. They can find themselves in trouble yeah. over the last year. So it's going to be interesting. You're assuming at the back end of the season they're going to play a shitload of games in yeah. Sydney and all over the place. So be interesting. I, I think, look, the positives for uh, Cowboys fans is you've got a young gun in a key position that's playing really well. And then you've got Townsend. Yep. You know what he's going to deliver. He's going to be solid. He's going to kick really well. He's going to be a good mentor for Dearden. So you just re-signed Nanai. You've still got Tamalolo, played front row on the weekend. Uh, I think Ruben Cotter is such – he's a good 13. I really like him there. Uh, we've already discussed that. So there's this – do not be worried. E even like, you know, Talangi 
he probably needs to work on his defense a bit. If he makes a few better decisions coming in off his wing, the game is very different. You know, two tries yeah, he saves in that first half yeah. or whatever. Uh, but, you know, Talangi in attack, really good. Just a few reads he needs to work out. That may be, you know, pairing with Valentine Holmes it's working on because it's relatively new. I think it's Holmes on that edge. Uh, I will say yes. Hamiso, four runs, 39 metres. Um, Hamiso is still so young. I think he's 20 years old now. But just like the Saab situation, these are the things where you really need to round your game out where if you have 15 runs and you get your hands on the ball more often, even in your bad games, you'll still have a solid game. Whereas situations like this where you don't touch the ball, you, you, your bad games go from like 7 out of 10 down to like, bro, you, you ran for 39 metres as you're, you're our fullback. Um, so I think Hamiso, Peyton probably needs to sit down with him and just go, mate, need 15 runs minimum, absolute minimum. Everything else out of that, don't even worry about it. Because mm. like we all know Hamiso... He's incredible. Gun. And given a player like that, Targets is going to pay huge dividends. Huge dividends. Give him purpose. Give him a focus. Define his role and just give him a target to chase in that game because just like maybe Turbo that we were talking about where he was probably pushed into having more of an impact on the game, Hamiso is one that's like, hey, let's get your hands on the ball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So don't read too much into that, Cowboys fans. I think they're still looking pretty solid now. On to (laughs) – Wow. Storm defeat the doggies. Jesus. 44-0. Uh, so going into this, I guess we'll go quickly through the doggies because there's not you know, really much to mm. say. Bizarre uh, bizarre decision. So Avrila gets brought in back into the side. So he goes back, plays six for reserve grade, gets brought back into the side as a centre. Uh, I don't know. It's just the whole thing. I don't understand. Like, I'm not understanding the thinking process here. They spent the whole preseason with Avarillo at seven, and then he got to week three and thought, a week two and thought, you know what? I'm going to throw in a new half back against Manly at Brookvale and then Melbourne at Melbourne. <laughs> I just don't Fuck, understand. Fuck, just, just sit through the next two weeks. Why, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems stupid to me. Why, why would this be the week after you've had Avarillo there? We spoke about it all last year. He was your guy last year. How do you get to round two? When I think their record was one and one or whatever. They're the best defensive start that they've had pretty much ever. And uh, and like I actually think Wakeham's been pretty decent. Yeah. I think he's been good. I think just I mean, this game forty four nil does not reflect this game at all for me. I thought that like Canterbury's first twenty minutes, I think there's a fair argument they might have been the, the better side for they the They were first the better 20. side, they just couldn't score. They just couldn't score and every time they turned the ball over, Melbourne just went see yeah. up. See ya. We'll kick a goal and, and you give it back to us. Yeah. Like yeah. it was it was twelve nil and I thought Canterbury were the better side, but I think there was at one point it was 12 nil. Melbourne had been tackled in their half five times. Mm. Like, I, what I'm not understanding, you know, from a Bulldogs perspective is everyone knows the Storm, especially this year, this is their defensive system. Jam in, but make sure that the cover behind is massive. So basically, basically what Storm do is go, we'll defend you twice. We, we will take space away from you. And our four in and three in will work super hard so that even if you do strip us, we're going to take you out over the sideline. And also we'll, we'll create the illusion of taking space away from you so that you don't play long and you, you, you've got this feeling of claustrophobia and you, you overthink things and we obviously saw that. I mean, I mean, I don't know why I'm fucking telling you. Is that correct or not correct? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> you've got no. a sky to play with the storm right here. Bloody <laughs> no, hell. In terms of edge defence, that's exactly right. But the triggers always stay the same. If your man gets held up, if the halfback gets held up, Go you in. jam. Yeah. If your centre gets held up, you jam. But to your point, consistently, religiously, doesn't matter what play it is, 
your, you'll see Husey does it the best, especially on that right side where it's so prevalent. Mm. But they'll go out the back hard. And their cover defence was unbelievable in that game. Like, genuinely stopped. Even that one where they stopped Josh, oh. like, that's a try all day. Every day. Everyone scores that. So, uh, but credit to Coates, credit to Smith. That right side defence is next level, if not some of the best. Can I just in interrupt call? to add on to that? Yes. You said about their cover defence. Uh, Melbourne missed 27 tackles. Canterbury missed 20. Melbourne yep. won 44 nil. Yeah. It's, it's kind of Bronco-ish of the early 2000s where you're okay with missing tackles. It's about how you scramble after yes. those missed tackles. Like, we're going to miss tackles. Yep. We want to be aggressive. We want to take time with them, but always scramble. But that's what I'm not understanding is if, if me, some idiot doing absolutely nothing, haven't played footy for years, if I can identify that, how come the doggies didn't go into that game plan going, let's just... Let's run across, drop blokes off, drop bloke off, get quick, play the balls, and go again. Um, that's how you beat up and in defence. Like you get Burton and you go, look, double drop off. We get Tavita Pangai Jr. on that second drop off. Hit your front, get up, and because they've screamed up, they've got to tr- now travel more distance to get back to their line. Then we get them on the next play. So we're not getting them on the first play. That's just a that's just to get a quick play the ball. And if Let's say they're a team that is up in slide. You don't want to do that because if they're up in slide, they're already sliding back to the goal. Let's say they're on their goal line. They're already sliding back to it. So by the time the tackle happens, they're on the trial line. They just go again. Whereas if you're up and in, the, the tackle happens, they've got to go back. They've got to do a 20-meter shuttle. And eventually that's going to fatigue them. Yep. Eventually they're going to make a mistake. And I'm not understanding why they didn't identify that. The doggies, they've got all the video in the world to go, we just need to drop off up the, up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. He's Just killing. to back you up, the three of the four teams that have missed the least tackles this year Tigers Bulldogs and Raiders yeah it's yeah, it's wow. all about that scramble you've got to win the scramble and like uh, the other thing that I didn't I, I, I don't like the move I, I like that Wakeham's there but I don't understand why you do it when, when he did it and tell me Jeremy Marshall King hasn't been their best player all year he cut him by 20 minutes the other night he was really really good mm. he, he was, was their only fine. dangerous guy yeah he really. played 50 minutes yeah if you said to me at the end of the trials what's their depth as far as halves I would have said Avril is the number one guy I would have said Beyond Iodos next then it's Wakeham mm. Wakeham's now the next man up and Beyond Iodos playing 30 minutes at hooker over Jeremy Marshall King it just made like I just don't understand it. Just to add to some of the stats, I mean, it's 44-0. The Dogs made 11 errors. Storm made 10. Post-contact metres, Storm ran for 463. Canterbury ran for 453. They were 10 metres behind. It's just like, it's such a bizarre game to have a 44-0 scoreline. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I want to be, don't want to be too harsh, but I do believe that at the moment, the spine is really letting down that forward pack. Because yep. that forward pack 100%. is going, to, going toe-to-toe. Like they, especially in that first half, they got them where they needed to get them. They got them up the field in good position, and the, you know, the spine and the backs didn't deliver. And it, their job is to score points, and they didn't. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm just I'm not understanding why they weren't aware that the storm were going to jam. It's almost like they got to their end and they were like, oh shit, storm are jamming. We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. I don't I don't get why yeah. they didn't mix it up a bit. Yeah, well, I just feel like. Dufty as well. Dufty is a very speed-based overs sort of player. He yeah. doesn't have a lot of straighten up and direction yeah. in him. But, like, I'm starting to see the – not little cracks in Burton, but Burton's trying his ass off but oh, just yeah. feeling, like, a little bit lost there. That's yeah. what, like, I think you know, they're scared to make mistakes too. Yeah, yeah I feel that's, yeah. that's like, super prevalent with the dogs. But 
also with the dogs, like you would have thought, just chase some consistency. A lot of new recruits, a team that didn't go well last year, like leave guys in positions, let some combinations develop, let them make mistakes, let's review and get lessons. But just the chopping and changing is not helping anyone at the dogs. You even look at Tevita Pango Jr. I mean, he's played edge, he's played middle, they name him on the edge, they Mm -hmm. move. It's like, you're not fucking fooling anyone. Mm. Just just pick a team and stick with it. Give them... I mean, like we said in the preseason, if you're going to pick Avrilo at seven, he has to have the jersey until Origin. Yeah, we said that. Week three, yeah, gone. Yeah, it. I, I don't understand. Like it makes, I don't get it. There must be more going on that we're aware of. You would have thought for all money because what's, it's not like, I'd understand this if let's say they're a top tier side that's fighting for like second, third, fourth, fifth because you've you're, you're basically playing in inches like you. you the 1%, the little, where can you find that 1%? This is a side that's a wooden spoon side that, to be frank, if you finish 10th or 12th, who cares? What We should be working towards when we're going to finish in the top eight. Yep. What What's the plan? The plan is to get in the top eight. Everything outside of that, it's like, who cares? Like, it, it doesn't really matter that much. Like, it, does, it really doesn't. Now, obviously, the spoon is much coveted. You don't want to win that, but... <laughs> In saying that, I, the, the plan has to be for the future. Like, if you think Avrilo is your long-term seven, you've got to stick with him for longer than three games. And you could argue, well, he stuck with him all last year. But it's like, if you're going to stick with him all last year, why get rid of him in the third game here? Like, mm. it, what if what? I mean, we spoke about this. I, I really felt like the Bulldogs last year should have had Flanagan at seven, uh, Avrilo at six or in the centres, and everything should have been built around planning towards when Burton and all those recruits get there. Let's build a game plan that's going to suit them. Who cares if we lose every match this year? Because next year is when we're going to, you know, deliver this kind of, I guess, style of footy. When yeah. you think about it from the wide shot, Wakeham has been in this system for three or four years. They sign Flanagan. He's our guy. He's our man. Flanagan couldn't buy his way into this football yeah, team. No, he's now. not getting a start. He's not getting a start. There's no not a hope in hell he can get a start. Yeah. They start this season, Avrilo's our man, he's our guy. It's round three, he's not in the team. And Wakeham, who's been there the entire time that you went and signed all these guys and turned your best centre into a halfback because you didnn't trust him, is now... It just gets stupid. Like, It's bizarre. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And and they've got the roster, man. They got the, And that, that forward pack, yeah. glass half full for doggies. The glass half full of the doggies is, I believe their four pack is delivering. delivering. And it sounds stupid because, like, oh, we got beat 44-0. When you look at all the key stats, the, the doggies went toe-to-toe with the, the Storm. The difference was that the Storm, whenever they had half a chance, they took it. Hey. And if, the, if the, the doggies, if they go up and deliver 12 points in that first 20 minutes, I believe this is a much different story. Yes. Yeah, a much great. different story. Yeah, and I'll the forwards did that. They delivered that. They get here's the platter. We got you here, boys. We worked our asses off first twenty minutes. We've dominated field position. We've dominated the contact. We've dominated uh, running meters. Now we need you to score points, and they didn't. Yeah, and I mean, if we're sitting here in twelve months' time and Reed Marnie's the starting hooker, which he will be, they still don't have a halfback. I'm not sure if Marnie is able to counter all these things. No, no. Like they need a seven. The gap between Marnie and Jeremy Marshall King so far this year isn't huge. Let's mm. be honest here. I would rather have Marnie, don't get me wrong. But if Marnie shows up there and they still don't have a seven and they've got no direction, they're in the same problem. They absolutely 100%. desperately need a seven. Like it is, I cannot express enough how much they need a seven. Uh, you know, Wakeman is a, is a good quality player uh, and hopefully he can develop into that. Yep. But getting pulled in and out of the side is not going to do that for him. And right now they seem very 
willing to pull Wakeham yeah, in and out of the side. Nothing says to me they're going to give him time. Give him no. time to grow into yeah. the player he needs to be. Uh, yeah, it, it's tough. I, again, the, the glass half full for the doggies is your forward pack, I believe, has been fantastic this year so far. Yeah. I think they've taken it to every forward pack, if not for the whole game, at least for the first half or first 60 minutes. Crack a forward pack. I don't believe they win the spoon this year as well. That's another glass. They're, they're a better side than they were last year. I know yeah, it's a, a tough – I know it's a really tough loss, but – they're definitely a better side. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can turn things around. Very tough night for the, the, the doggies. They ran up against a red-hot storm. The storm, wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Um, uh, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen just in that game, you know, it, it doesn't really mean a heap, but he scored 28 points. Um, he outscored 14 NRL clubs this weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he's and one of them that he didn't outscore is his team. He's ridiculous. He's so fast. Just yeah, he's so just electric. So that, competitive. Even that, even that Husey try, like, obviously one of the more simpler ones. It's but like he was in the backfield, back. ran around the player, yeah. and then was like cruising next to you. When you're ready, bro, just pass it to me. Like, Dufty's coming up. Like, he's so electric, so quick, and plays well above his weight. Mm. Like, he's so courageous. So what the things he does, but the development of his game from his involvements to his, to his efforts to now their shape, for me... I'm a big fan of Parramatta and their ability to shift and attack and their long passing. But the execution of shape for the Melbourne Storm, they look like worlds apart from mm. the Bulldogs. Like, I'm talking, they were hitting plays three to four times in a set. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. unbelievable. Their set plays and execution is, for that, best in the comp. Like, yeah. I love watching them play and running their shape and just putting teams under the pump. And, mm. fuck, they did that to the Dogs. Oh, incredible. Uh Want to give a, a massive rap to Dufty for chasing that, that yeah, play. Yeah, sure. You know, that's something that it will get overlooked. No one will care about it. But, you know, Dufty a few years ago probably wouldn't chase that. He's having a good season. He's Dufty. having a good yeah, – I think he's added quite a lot to the doggies. He um, has a lot. But, yeah, back to the storm. I can't tell you how important cheese is to that side. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Now, his quick play, the balls and his runs, Chains. everyone is damaging. Everyone's damaging. When cheese comes on – they blow them like it just blows the whole game apart because he constantly because all Harry does is throw a twenty meter cutout, hits cheese in the middle of the field. Cheese gets a quick play of the ball. Now you have both sides of the field completely bamboozled, yeah. and the the storm have a set play for both sides. So yeah. they just look up, they go, all right, boom, there we got you there, and then it's hard. Got time. all the time in the world, mate. It yeah, cheese is actually going to be one of the hardest play people to replace for the storm because yeah. when he doesn't play. The Storm don't have this kind of points in them, in my I opinion. I said it all last year. I've always – he's more valuable to the Melbourne Storm as a metres man than a hooker. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Especially with Grant. Fire out with Grant. Grant considering you've got Grant in the building, I mean, mate, I still go back to that grand final they won over the Panthers a couple of years ago. The impact that Cheese had in that game through the middle, oh, yeah. it flipped the narrative completely. It's mm. unbelievable. The way he runs, <laughs> like every run is as like 110%. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll just – we spoke about – who do we speak about? I think we spoke about Rapana being like unorthodox, but Cheese refuses to be tackled. And if he does, he's shaking you off. He's getting up, mm. leaving blokes on the floor. Yep. It's crazy. Well, it's almost, it's a better version because like Rapana's really good because he jumps across the field, which is great. It's Skittles defences. But Cheese is different because he hits you, gets down, yes. and a quick play the ball. And so he's it's, got it's that a, yeah. nugget. Um, Cheese's play the balls should be a try assist at times. Oh, man. It, just, <laughs> literally. it literally just leaves them literally. in disarray. He, he is honestly, he's the only player that... I would pay starting wages to put him on my bench. Yeah. Like I would bring him to the club for six, seven hundred K, probably seven hundred K, 
to come off the bench. That's how important I think he is to games. I think we've spoken about it before and you'll probably be able to touch on it too. That 2020 grand final, he came off the bench and I think he came on in three separate stints. Yeah. And every single one of them, he got a penalty that they kicked two points mm, of. And yeah. he sort of, the Fox League was doing one of those reviews at the grand final and Cheese was laughing going, every time I come on the field, I'm worth two points. You could see Bellamy sitting there going, Shut the fuck up! But you're spot on. Yeah, yeah, you're like bang I can't on. Argue with what you're saying. Because he's fighting for yeah. every play. every fight. I, I, he's so unique. Like I don't think there's any other nah. player that you'd play starting wages to, and and I think he should start at nine um, for the the Roosters. Yes. Uh, or even, yeah, start at nine for the Roosters. But I would still be happy. Like he still brings enough impact where you would happily put him on your bench and bring him off. Like he's just. No, no one has the impact that Cheese has. No. He changes games every game, every game, and there's nothing you can do about it. He's got ball playing as well. Like he's such a, he's such a unique individual. I, I can't remember a, a player that really plays like the Cheese. Like we've had, you know, every run, like every, every run. run is a quick play the ball, yep. and he's leaving men down. Like but tell me is, a forward or a nine crazy. that's ever been like the Cheese. That is crazy. When, when he arrives to the Chooks next year, are you seeing him being? an 80-minute hooker, are you seeing him... Like, will they use him the way that Melbourne used him, where he plays the first 20 minutes at nine, bring Watson on, and then you use him as a middle forward? Like, Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. He, oh, he, he can be a bigger minute player at nine. Like, if that's the mentality, you got to think, if he's playing lock, like, you've got to... He, he's not a big bloke, so yeah. he's got yeah. to give some time and effort and energy into that. But I think you're giving him the full reins at nine, but he definitely has a stint on the bench. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. I reckon you, um, you you start him at nine and you just you mate go for it. You bring on either if Verrills are still there or or you bring on Watson, and you just pick the tempo up. But then when you do bring him back on, you bring him back on uh, in the front row, just just, just in the middle, in the just middle, in the middle, yeah. just just peppering him. And that might even be optional, yeah. given where things are at. Maybe he's having a blinder, or maybe you just need hey, yeah. cheese, bro. We need four quick play the balls. Yeah. Like please yeah. go and then Radley off the run back of the yeah. through yeah. someone. Oh. Him in a Roosters jersey is scary. Yeah. Far out. That's what crazy. It does for, what it does for Grant, like what you're saying can be like every set he takes a run, it completely blows the whole set apart. And Grant is a great ball yeah. runner. He picks it up. He's off. I'm really starting to see the connection between Harry Grant and Paps. This is like yeah. two years in the making in Cup they played together. Yeah. But he's sniffing around Harry all the time now. It's exciting to watch. But back to your point, it all starts with a little fucking Mate, wheel he, of cheese. He's incredible. The, the cheese Freak, ball mate. just rolling down the middle. I love when you watch <laughs> him take a hit up and, and you can see the entire spine. They start to get on the yeah. advantage line. They just they, they, just, know. they know this tackle, we're going to have the advantage. We're on here. And you'll it's, see it storm strategically. What they do is off the back of a... F- watch next time they offload. Watch what happens. Yeah. No one does it better. Bang. Doesn't matter who it is. It could be Nelson. They'll instantly pass it to a half and they'll yeah, shift. Get it yeah, to a strike. It's amazing player. how yeah, they yeah. do that. It's so good. It's just yeah. They're so they just, just got details. the games figured out. They yeah. just got it figured out. Um, yeah. Back on Papi News. Uh, wow. I like. We all know how good he's in attack. I just think he's defence too. Like Billy Slater, the greatest defensive fullback of all time. That's what I had written. Mate, yeah. the urgency. It's the urgency. Oh. And you know he's working with Slats. Yeah, he's not 100%. like Slats builds his game on that. Can you imagine? I know Slater would sit there. You sometimes get a little whisper of it in commentary, mm. but you get these fullbacks who aren't in position. If you've seen this bloke train. Yeah. Bro, I've never seen anything like it. He's a psychopath. <laughs> but like, I'm talking like the loudest person at training. Yep. He's fucking everywhere. So you know that you're going to get a fullback that does not miss a beat. To mm. see that, some of that urgency stuff, like was it one time Paps got caught at 
Um, well, he, he got in the marker. line. He made he like basically made the tackle, and then came straight back out, and he was at the the ball got kicked. He back was right around, there. Yes. Um, yeah, he, his defense is so underrated. He's so he's just a. I'm just so happy for him. You know, a bloke that was basically there were some that were saying he was challenging for the one role, which I think Teddy should definitely keep it. But he had the 14 role locked. Origin debut locked. Gets the head knock. Whole year, it's almost like the fear of like, will I ever be back? You know, the way he plays, it's so reliant on being courageous. He's not like a player that can't, you can kind of uh, use his side to avoid that stuff. He has to get in and go in hard and quick. Um, he could never be number one origin. Like, what, what, Teddy, nothing yeah. he could yeah, do. Nothing he could do. There's nothing. And then Heinz comes in, kills it, Bruh. kills it. And at the first I was like, no, no, Pappy's got that spot, you know. Yeah. And then Pappy comes back in and he seems to struggle just a little bit, mm. you know, Brightly so, and I'm like, mm, maybe they should put Heinz back there because they've been playing so well. And then Pappy finds his feet, and then he, now this year he's come back even better, even better. What a journey! What an incredible person and player. Crazy. I think that's been the standout for me this year with Pappy is that he's got every reason to not go into as much contact as he yeah. does now. Like, yeah. how on earth he isn't seemingly at all rattled by last year? Crazy. I mean, like, I, I was scared for him watching him come back last year. To yeah. be honest with you, and yeah. it doesn't seem to impact him. At all. I think one good thing, bro, when you go into that, it's not like, so you do your knee and you're worried about stepping. Like, it's not him that has caused those issues. It's not yeah. his body. No. It's someone else. Like, they're going to have to hit him over the head. Now, don't get me wrong. You're still running these blokes every week, but at least you know it's not your body or yeah. you failing you. Yeah. It's like yeah. someone else doing something to you. So I feel like maybe from a mental perspective, yeah, you can fair. maybe move forward. Uh, yeah, so look, I thought Harry Grant was fantastic. He's so dangerous because he's so strong and nuggety too. So you can't back off and just let him run the ball. Uh, yeah, incredible performance by the Storm. Re- just just absolutely ruthless performance by the Storm. Uh, now onto the last game of the round. The Eels come out and absolutely fire a massive shot back at the Storm and say, hang on a sec, bro. Hang on a sec. We're still here. We beat you last week. We're going to put a big score on the Dragons. Uh, Dylan Brown was absolutely electric. Opens the game with a left foot step try. Mitchell Moses, arguably the best game of his career. I really like what I'm seeing with the Eels. And, I, and I, you know, I've spoken about it for quite a while, but I think Dylan Brown is can be the final piece of the puzzle for them. Just to back some numbers up with that, and I thought it was really interesting. When you look at this Parramatta side, you think it's Moses' team. 55 touches each for Moses and Dylan Brown yesterday. So good. So split evenly. Um, every single game that they've lost this year, and th- this isn't anything against Moses. I think it just shows how important it is to have the balance. Every game they've lost this year, Moses has had more touches than Brown. Mm. It's like the DCE foreign situation. It's exactly like that situation. Mm. Um, you look at last week, very impressive. Brown had 52 touches. Moses had 45. Wow. It's commendable how they're working this partnership out. Like yeah. that's not easy. I and think I think it's like Moses Brown has earned his stripes with Moses. Like oh yeah, you, you know, know what I mean. Yeah, now, let him have the ball. You know he's going to do something. Hundred percent. Yeah. Whereas like the first year, it's like, well, mate, like you knew in first grade. Can I trust you? I don't right. know if I can trust you. Whereas I feel like now Moses is like, no, I trust this bloke. I'm willing to step back and let, allow him to do his thing. And credit to Moses because he's always been the guy. It's always yeah. been on his shoulders. Credit to him for. For yeah, letting go knows. of some of that ball, like yeah. it, it sounds easy to do, but it's it's hard to let go of 
Like that, that team has Moses DNA all over. A lot it. of maturity now yeah. from Moses. Yeah. That's what I'm loving. Like he was always a good player, could yeah. break a game, but now you're just seeing this like calmness and comfortability yep. and confidence. And the best they play the best when they get to a field position. Brown's got the shorter field position and can do what he wants. Mm. And Moses, those long plays, they're yeah. shifting the long passing. Fuck Eels look good. I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Western that, Sydney grand final, bro. Yeah, absolutely. They're looking the best <laughs> easily that they've looked and. What's, what's interesting is like when Moses takes that step back, just like the DCE thing, so the opening of the match, Foran is the guy. By the end of the match, Moses is the guy because it's released him and allowed him to have that extra meter that he wouldn't have if he was dominant from the start. Mm. Uh, and so Moses, two tries, two tries, 605 meters, uh, one tackle break, two line breaks. This is Dylan Brown's stats though. One try, one try assist, 162 metres, five tackle breaks, two line breaks, one line break assist, two offloads, 26 tackles, zero misses. It's elite. Wow. Are we shocked? Oh, far out. Not anymore. This is a, this is a standard. This isn't the thing. Mate, that's what he does. Yeah. He's, um, and what's really interesting with him as well is like, right now, if you could like sculpt the perfect physique for a six in today's game, oh. he would be it. Like he's... The fastest six in the game, in my opinion. He's as strong as any other six. Maybe only Whiten is, is stronger. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Whiten, yeah. Um, his footwork, he's got probably the him and Munster, the best footwork. Like, he's got everything that you would want from a six. Mm. And he's delivering. Like, he's delivering week in, week out. I thought, I think Gutho has, like, matured so much as well. Just getting through his work. Just he, always delivering eight to nine out of tens. Uh, Wonga Blake at wing. I think he's a winger. I think yeah, he's found yeah, his position. Has to. He looked great. Um, their, 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 their connection there can be as, as to what you're saying. Like yeah. people are willing. It's almost like that's why I feel like this is it for the Eels, bro. Yeah. This is the year. But they people are willing to take a back seat to other players at the right time. Like even yeah. Gutho. Like I thought he had a much more, uh, much bigger impact in this game than previous weeks. Yeah. But like. There's no competition. There's no battle, which maybe there previously was. They're all just working in synergy. It's lovely. Yeah. Gutho. One thing I love about Gutho is that. He plays the role that needs to be played by him in every game, depending yeah. on what it is. Mm, like yeah, that's if, good. If he's the guy, if he needs to roll his sleeves up and run for 280 metres, he'll do it. If he needs to ball play out the back and just play the supporting cast too, Moses, like, like they're, they're young guys that have come through has always been the stars, but there just seems to be no egos there at the moment. 100%. They're just happy to get the job done, which is great to see. Mate, they've got the roster. Yeah. Their roster well, is... Well, that's, yeah. Dylan Brown only 21 still. Is he? 21. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, I thought their back row was outstanding. Uh, Yeah. The Eels back row was outstanding. I thought it was best. Ryan Madison's best game in a long time. Uh, I thought Isaiah Papali, as always, delivers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nathan Nathan Brown was fantastic. I actually thought their their back row really stood up and took some workload off Regan Campbell-Gillard and and Junior Bolo. Um, Hold and uh, can we talk about Bryce, please? That flick pass. <laughs> that's his whole life has been leading up to that minute. He's got it in him. He was wow. in the air and went from his left hand to his right in one flick. motion. Just and Moses is wrapping around. Incredible, incredible. So, look, great signs for the Eels. Um, uh, Makatoa, what a find he's been, isn't he? Like he's older, barely played in a like very inexperienced for our oldies. He's like twenty nine or whatever. One hundred and twenty one meters, eighteen tackles, no misses. He just brings, just adds that extra dimension that they need when he comes on. Um, look, look, really exciting he's times. He's got a bit of like Manu Mao about him too. Yeah. yeah. Like you just, you don't want to fuck <laughs> around with him. No thanks. Uh, I thought uh, Will Pensini was really good. Yeah. Um, 
Bailey Simonson had some decent... I mean, look, all of them. Opacek was solid. It was just an incredibly good game for every Panthers player. Like, oh, sorry, Eels player. I don't think really anyone had a poor game. No. I think it was good to see uh, Penasini have that game. It's probably been a little bit underwhelming. Well, for me yeah. anyway, if the expectations I had of Penasini, it's probably been a little bit underwhelming to start the season. Uh, but he's come up with, with a couple of good plays and I thought that was his best game. Yeah, agree, bro. That's what I was supposed to do. Let's get the shit out what of here. <laughs> No, it's supposed to be like, well, it got me too. I thought it was like did it by itself. They want us to Netflix and chill. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll try to cut going. us off, bro. Anyone Jesus. get my reaction time there? Um, Not bad. Okay. Uh, now, just quickly, uh, we'll get through the last game. Of, uh, the last team. So, Dragons. Uh, oh, great for Eels. I think that this is the best they've looked in a very long time. Thoughts on the Dragons? I'll just give one quickly. Uh, Hook has a tendency to do this, and I, I just he does it. Everywhere he's at, he does this, but he'll like move players around and drop them. I, dropping Sloan and Amone in one foul swoop, the concern I have with that is like the message you're sending to the team essentially is that they are the reason that you, you I know that that may not be the case, but what I get from that is like, they're your two weakest points. And when you've got two guys you're trying to build a club around, Amone and Sloan have not been bad by any stretch, no. in my opinion. And then to put a guy like, you know, Moses, who had a fair crack back there, but Sloan's an out-and-out fullback. Like, he is one of the better young fullbacks in the competition. I thought this was a poor... Uh, I think it, it evidence showed this was an incorrect decision. Clearly, Sloan and Amon were not the problem. Why would you drop Amon and then at least not send him back to Reggie's? Once again, like you guys said, tell him what he needs to work on. Played him off the bench. I think he played 12 minutes. What's the point? Mm. Uh, unfortunately, Guru, we're talking about that. That comment we were making was a perfect world. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. No. <laughs> yeah, that would be a perfect world. That's that'd be great. I feel like you'd see the well, relationships he, and buy-ins and the development yeah. of players would be completely different. But he, he he sent Sloan back though. He played reserve grade yesterday afternoon. I don't understand why you wouldn't send a moan back. I don't know. It's it just I don't get it. Well, I, and I just think that. You, you did that to kind of that, – like, that's sending a big message. Like, these are two guns, young guns. You did that and you lost 48-14. I think that Hook, maybe he will or won't, you know, and this is just my opinion, but I think he has to admit that it was the wrong call. It was the wrong call. It didn't change anything. Mm. If anything, they, you know, they went worse. Mm. Yeah, and this is, you know, Hook's done a lot of things over the years that I cannot fathom, but quite often he does turn out to come out with a good result. But yep. this one, I don't know, it just felt wrong to me. The entire time. Now, I've loved Hook's approach. Or, like his money money ball approach. I think he's been really smart with the signing. They've got the salary cap in balance. Like there's a lot that I like that Hook has done. Yep. But I think in this specific situation, uh, it wasn't the right call. Like you need to give these guys longer than three games, especially when yes, your first game exactly. you played really well. And exactly, it, it, you know, it's just been a couple games where, you know, you got unfortunate against the Panthers, played really well, and then you had a really poor performance against the Sharks. So essentially what you're saying is, is that like he had two poor games or one and a half poor games, those two players, and they're getting dropped as young players. They, they've also – like they played the Panthers, they played the Sharks. They're going to be two top four teams yeah. for me. They had Sinbins, Jaden Sewer in both of those games. Yeah. It's tough conditions for young guys like this to stand up. I Yeah, I, I don't agree with it and I hope that he flips on it. But. Well, but that's the thing. It's a, have you like built yourself like put yourself in a corner really you know mm. bringing him back straight away is almost admitting like oh shit we stuffed up here yeah i don't know that I'll, doesn't usually happen no. we'll say this credit <laughs> credit to ben hunt oh. like he's playing unbelievable for yeah, you at the moment really good i you know we, we, we I, I i think he is a very similar player to what jack whiten is for the Canberraiders. ben mm. hunt is just mm. everything in attack and defense 
he's been sensational for the Dragons, and I think he, I, I think like, like you, Hunt had seventy touches, Bird had forty touches at say half and five eight. It just, I think you need that, that bit of a wild card in a moan next to him to mm. help Ben Hunt as well. I just, yeah, I, I can't agree with the decisions Hook made there. Yeah, uh, very surprising. Look, I thought um, Sully coming out of there and was so damaging. He's a oh man, he's when, a fucking beast. When he when he wants to, he's unbelievable, like unstoppable. The amount of times they would be under the pump in t- sets, he would come in, take a carry, and it would just change the whole set. Um, yeah, but very disappointing for for the Dragons. Um, the problem now is is like okay, so you've moved Demone out and you put Bird in six. You've kind of created a problem now of like who's our halves pairing, who's yeah. our spine. Like you've made, you, you've changed your six and you've changed your one. Like that's half your spine now that has changed. Now it's like, are we going to spend the whole season pl- doing this dance? Yeah, you do not want to get caught in you that trap. Don't want to. I mean, look what happened to the Broncos. We got yep. caught in that trap and we had like 10 different it's halves bad. pairings. I just thought it was a bit way too early to be, you know, Sloan and Amon. They're young. You guys are, Dragons had started really well except for one bad game. Mm. Both their first two games, I thought they were good. Yeah, agreed. One bad game, and all of a sudden, we want to change our whole spine. I just don't know if it's going to pay dividends. If I said to you it was round four and, and Bai was your fullback and Bird was your five-eight, you'd assume they'd had a terrible injury run. You'd, you'd be like, "What's something bad's happened to the yeah. club. Especially um, those positions where it's not like a forward where they can just go back and lean on yep. their tackles and their defence yep. and you know their hit-ups. Like, these are guys are confidence players. You can't just chop and change. And you're building for the future. Uh I thought, you know, I thought Fagai, he, he is so sharp, man. It's just, I can just see the mm. class in Fagai. He just needs, um, you know, to stay in first grade for a substantial amount of time. I actually thought their backs were pretty good, to be honest. Um, Dragons backs. But just their, the, the Eels forward pack, just too dominant. Wow. They're just, so good. They're so big and in powerful. Um, so, look, is it worrying signs for the Dragons? No, but... Those decisions concern me because I, I worry that they will go down and get caught in this Bit of a pattern, yeah. pattern of like bloke in, bloke out in key positions. Key positions. You're heading in the direction of worrying though. Yeah. For sure. Oh, absolutely heading in the yeah. direction. That was a, a, a sound beating, but again, it, it's one of those – you want to like walk up every game and like have less questions and, and have the answers to the questions you have. I kind of feel like – you dropped two players and you actually have more questions than what you came into the game. You're more unsure as to what is the plan going forward. Whereas like, let's say Sloan and Amon play this game and they lose by the same amount, you can at least go, okay, again, they've played poorly. You've got more evidence to suggest that maybe they're not ready for first grade. I think they are ready for first grade, mm. but... Look at Ilias. I mean, yeah. South Sydney could have made that change in the first four weeks. They haven't now, you're starting to see it. Didn't. Like the Cowboys have backed him in. Yep. Knights have backed in Clifford. Yeah, I, I think this will do more harm than good to these young fellas. Because can you really see them getting selected next week, regardless of how well? Like Amon getting 12 minutes, that's not good for him. He needs to be playing 80 yeah, minutes of I, footy. Yeah, I can't see Hook falling on his sword. Yeah, depending. After, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Depending on the conversation, though, you, you, you just got to bring Sloan back in. Surely. Surely he brings Sloan back in, and like that's the the firing message that he sends him of like, mate, you got to be on your toes. This yeah, is first yeah, grade, yeah, exactly. Um, because like Mo Zembai, although I thought he had some really good touches, mm. um, he's not a fullback, not a fullback. Yep. Uh, but yeah, positive signs. I thought Suli was a beast. Uh, obviously, Ravalawa, two hundred meters. Um, yeah, I think Andrew McCulloch 
you know, it was his first game back. That's only going to build that uh, uh, partnership with Hunt. I actually thought Francis Molo was really good. Yeah, Very I, good. I love Molo. Yeah, Molo was really good. He's having a cracky. Yeah. He's the only forward like that they've got who's only yeah. middle forward. Like, you look at the rest of them, Laurie, Woods, they're all the same sort of footballer. Yeah. He, he brings a good little point yeah, of difference. I'm a big Mola. fan of Molo. Uh, Aaron Woods' pass was fucking gun. That pass for yeah, that, that try, that nice. was a good. Uh, he was enjoying himself. See a bit more of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, so look. Not not panic stations at all for the Dragons yet. Uh, again, the problem is is you don't know where you when a, when you have this big of a loss and you've made changes before the loss. You don't know where the problem lies now. Like you don't know. Like is it's like oh shit? Should it's we bring Sloan in? Should we not bring anyway? Uh, but not panic stations at all. The good thing is you've got a guy like Benny Hunt, just rips and tears two tries this in a game like that. When you're getting towed up, that's pretty bloody good. Yeah, pretty pretty bloody good. Um, any other uh, closing remarks, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, I mean, we spoke about last week about how much closer all these games have been. A few more scores opening up this week. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the yeah, next will. two weeks or yeah. so. I'm very keen yeah. to watch it. It's going to be interesting to see whether injuries start playing yeah. a factor. A few and little cracks of separation yeah. between yeah. the comp, but yeah, we'll see. See how these teams react, and, and some do need a reaction. Yeah. Or whether this was just a week of the right matchups. Yeah. For, mm. Yeah, I'm very keen and to Simbins see how it as plays well. out. Yeah. Well, a couple of struggling teams have a bit of a run of some top-tier teams as well, so that may see. Tough kick, Broncos. going to be tough. going to be tough. But gatekeepers. going to be all good. Uh, make sure to follow Sandor on Instagram, at Sandor, the Rugby League Guru a podcast. Uh, subscribe on all good podcasting apps. Grab a case of Bloke and a Bar. Bloke Shorts, they are available on Wednesday, 6 p.m., and I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you.